Ladies and gentlemen, grab a seat. The show will start in five minutes. You better grab a seat now. The show will start in two minutes.
you better grab a seat now. The show is about to start. Some days it feels like it's never gonna stop. It's kind of a, a mental war. Sometimes you just feel like it's not gonna get any better. Lo primero que le pregunté a mi papá fue, papi, yo me voy a morir. When you go through suffering, you learn a lot about yourself. Good stuff comes out of every bad situation dark circles all around my eyes. I was just out of it. In one moment, those three words, you have cancer, and my whole life changed. Without cancer, who am I? I feel like I could do anything. I could go to college be a nurse, be a doctor, anything. I'm a straight A student, focusing on getting my bachelor's degree in journalism. I'm just doing one step at a time. I would like to go in the filming industry. It's kind of always been something awesome to me, but it's gonna take some work. While I was going through chemo, I learned how to read greens. I chipped and putted, I worked on sand shots, stuff that I would need to know. The best score I've had is an 86, but I really want to get down to 85 or less. I've been working at it, and I think that that's achievable now. I'm not the same person I was when I first went into this. I'm a better human being and individual because I went through St. Jude. It wasn't like a hospital, it was like a fun, loving community, a family. You and I have vowed that we will do everything in our power to bring about the defeat of these catastrophic diseases. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, world-renowned. I need your help. Advancements in pediatric science. I can't do it alone. And clinical care. Please help me. We're going to treat children of every creed, nationality, and color. And by the grace of God, it shall be done.
from Relay FM, from London, and from Memphis. This is the third annual podcast-a-thon for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined across the airwaves by Stephen Hackett. Hello, Michael Hurley. How are you? I'm very excited. Do you know why, Stephen? Because it's the podcast-a-thon and you have a because cool jacket on? I have a cool jacket on. You have a cool jacket on. There's a cool jacket beside you, I think, that people are going to get to see soon. Mm-hmm. We have tons of activities. We have fun stuff. We have, I think, a bit scary stuff for me and Stephen. And a lot, tons <laughs> of guests that are going to entertain you over the next eight hours. Eight hours. Eight yes. hours. Biggest. Was it boldest? Baddest mm-hmm. in a good way. This is the podcast-a-thon for St. Jude. As we start right now, we are at $373,924 raised this year. We are currently, have raised more money at the start of the podcast-a-thon than we did at the end of last year. Stephen, can you talk about how incredible that is? It really has been an amazing September so far to see everyone getting involved and giving and giving early. Uh, there's also been a lot of challenges. Uh, the other night in the Relay Discord, you had to donate, I think, $10 for every domain name you owned. That was expensive for some of us. But... I think I had 73, I think was yeah. my issue. It was uh, bad I news. didn't know that. <laughs> I pledged to do it before I opened my Hover account. <laughs> it was bad, everyone. It was bad. Uh, and so, yeah, it has been absolutely fantastic. We're going to keep everybody updated uh, on the giving. On the screen in the stream, you can see at the bottom and the top as gifts come in. And as gifts come in, some fun things are going to happen. And uh, so we've got some some milestones we're going to be doing. Uh, of course, if you donate $100 or more, you can get a sticker of thanks pack, which includes these stickers that are on Mike's desk right now, which is just my face over and over. Luckily, you only get one. I have hundreds of these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honor at home. I left them at home. Uh, and I should mention, I am on the St. Jude campus. Uh, we've got an amazing support staff here today. Uh, we're all wearing masks, staying socially distant. Everyone is being safe, uh, which I really appreciate. So $100 of stickers, $500, a gift of $500 or more. I will attempt to hula hoop. There's some hula hoops over here. I haven't done that since I was about six. And so we'll see how that goes. And Mike, what happens to you uh, for a gift of $1,000 or more? People last year may have remembered, but we're bringing it back. I will eat bean boozled beans. This is a, uh, it's a pick and mix kind of scenario. Some of them taste good. Some of them taste absolutely disgusting. And if you donate a single gift of $1,000 or more, you get to make me eat one of those things. Perfect. But we also have many other things going on. So for, yes. they are the individual donations. You donate $100, you get a sticker of thanks pack. You donate $500 or more, you get the hula hoop from Steven. Well, you don't get it, but you get to watch Steven attempt to do it, which I think is probably more fun, and $1,000 <laughs> or more, and I eat a bean boozled bean. But for every $100 that's raised, two things will happen. One, mm-hmm. Steven will be adding a Lego brick, or no, wait, a plastic generic brick, I should say. A, a, a building brick. A plastic building block. Let's yes. go and see what they look like. Steven, could okay. you show people what they look like? So for every $100, one will be added to a, what is it? Well, it used to be an iMac G3. Okay. Uh, now the top of it comes off. 
and oh, we will we will be feel, filling it with uh building blocks. Maybe we generic do a little plastic sample. blocks. Yeah, generic Please. plastic blocks. Yeah, we just we just had some donations coming. Get them in there. All right, so I got a, a ice scooper here, and they just get uh, poured in. I'll stick the microphone in there. Okay. Get us some ASMR action. This is what the people want. Oh yeah, that's it. That'll, See, that'll that's what good. you gotta do. Give what the so, people want. Yeah, so we we will fill this machine up. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't smell as burny and melty as the bouncy ball computer did last year. Nice. But let me show you what may be my favorite thing on this side. Just before you do, also with every $100, another balloon gets added to the balloon room. The balloon room will be making its triumphant return a little bit later on uh, in the show. Uh, but I think that there's a balloon coming at me right now if you want to see what they look like. The balloon. There we go. There you go. Let me show you this. We have two games we can play, okay? Okay. So every $2,500... I will spin the wheel of adventure. Now, Mike, this wheel, it may look fun. It may look colorful and bright, but this wheel has a secret. Every other number is a good thing. You can see them on the screen now, but every other number also brings something bad. So maybe we do a demo of this and see what happens. How does that sound? Okay, by the way, I just want to call out that there is a $500 donation from Alex, give me that hula cox. So okay. you've got that coming your way, my friend, Great. very Thanks. soon. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Steven, please, and I'm going to do this a lot. Spin the wheel! Look at it go. Where will it stop? Nobody knows. See what this it comes down on. Thing. Where are we going to land? It is number eight. What does number eight say? Steven donation match. <laughs> yeah. All right. My favorite. Yeah. Let's pretend it was an odd one, though. No, for no, sake of, no, no, sake wait. of example. We can also do that, but I think we also need to yes. begin number eight, Steven donation match. Yes. So, so, so we have Zach in the, uh, the office back there, and he is keeping up with some of the things that we have to do uh, that, that will unfold. Uh, we haven't really settled, I think, on what the donation match is yet. So it's just going to be choose. one point in that column. You I choose? choose. Yeah, okay. so I, I, you choose. Say how much money you want to match, and you'll okay. match the next X amount. Don't well, do it, it for a time. I was thinking about this, because that could get real bad, right? Don't <laughs> say for the next 10 minutes, because you don't know what's going to happen. Then someone donates uh, $22,000, and I'm in uh -huh. trouble. Uh, so it landed on eight. So I would say the next $80 uh, I will match. All right. Okay, but let's say that it landed on seven. Okay. So what does that mean? Well... This is not the whole story. It has a sibling right here. So if we land on an odd number, we come to, uh, I forget what we called it, but I'm going to call it the, the board, board of peril. destruction. Oh, no, per peril, destruction. It's going to get a lot of different names. That's right. Peril. So uh, this, I have a chip. I have a board. And you may imagine how this works. And I'm going to let you hear it because... This thing makes the best sound I've ever heard. Number nine. Number nine. So what is number nine on the board of peril, Mike? This is a good one. We have to update our profile photos. Okay, so what we're going to do, we have our phones. Edina, can I have my phone, please? My glamorous <laughs> assistant has just passed me my phone. Yeah. And right, we so... have to update our Twitter profile picture with a selfie we're taking right now. Which is really painful for both of us because we're too old to think selfies are cool. 
But Thank you. I'm going to get the board in there. Use photo. And that Done. will be my Twitter profile picture for a while. Oh, do you want to update your followers? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> oh, I didn't do that. Now every uh, that's good. Every time, oh, we got another five hundred dollar donation from the pen addict. You okay. got a lot of hula hoops to do, my friend. Okay, so I'm gonna. I guess I should attempt a hula hoop. Uh, I there really are, think you should. They're EMTs, right? I'm, I'm hearing they're EMTs here, just in case <laughs> this goes wrong. Standing by. Okay. Standing yeah, by. Nick is giving me the thumbs up. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna set the Bob Barker mic down. That's probably a good idea. You know, this is one of those things. So I think people know we've been talking about this. This takes months of planning, and there's lots of people involved. And we were having mm -hmm. a meeting about things that should go on the board of peril. Mm -hmm. And I blurted out, or no, we're looking for things to do. And I was blurted out hula hooping. And as soon as I said it, as soon as it left my mouth, I wish that I could retract it. But everybody a, on our, I think, 12 person Zoom call just started screaming at the same time. Yeah, but so. I'm a, a man of my word and, and a man of the people, as you know, uh, from our podcast. And so um, we're going to attempt this. Remember that I'm very old. So we'll see Have if you my ever bones done break. this before. When I was like six, I don't know. Do you know how to do? <laughs> Oh, keep you know the how mic. to do this? <laughs> Ooh, wow! Look at that thing. Yeah, so you can get a good look at that. It's very shiny. Okay, do Man. me a favor. Make sure uh -huh. you are well away from all of our very expensive, very yes. beautiful props. <laughs> I'll come up here. I'm standing yeah. on what will be another challenge later. Okay. Okay. You want me to do this holding the microphone? You understand that this microphone breaks? The show's over. I would okay. put the microphone. Grace is going to help me here. Thank you, Grace. Grace told me earlier she would not. Hula here we go. You ready? Oh, look at this. I, I can commentate on this. We've got a boom mic and everything. Look how beautiful this is. All right. All right, here he goes. You ready? You ready? Okay, ready? Go. Okay, didn't even get one. All right, we're going to have to do some serious. No, you didn't get one. That was not one. That wasn't one. It wasn't even one. So we. Okay. Yeah, I guess you do have two to do. Right, so. You could have had a much better Friday at work. All right. And I got to spin it faster, right? Faster? Yeah, but I think you shouldn't move so quickly. You've got to try and match the motion. I got to move my hips. That's really. You got to move your hips. That's a definite. All right. Thank Don't put you. one out, old man. Ugh. Okay. You still have not got one. No, that was no. No, no. If. Oh, $1,000 donation came in from the provost, Stan Provost, Katrina Bakesi. Thank you so much. Thank you, Provost family. So does that mean, this is, I don't think we cleared this up. Oh, I'm part I, of I the hula hoop now. I know that's been for me, but is that another two hula hoops for you? No. It sure is. I'm being told in my ear right now. Yeah. Let's get one more hula hoop from you. Come one on. more hula hoop. Come on, yeah, do one more, and I'll get the bean. The bean we got eight hours, ready. man. I'm gonna throw my back out in the first ten minutes. Yeah, Eat that's a, bean. a good point. We'll give you a break. All right, I need to get my special box of of stuff. I have a portable box of things, which will make sense later on. Here's my things. We are at three hundred and seventy-eight thousand dollars for the kids of St. Jude. The reason we do this, Mike, we haven't really said what we're doing. We just assume people know that this is what Relay FM does. Part of what we do. Part of what we do. St. Jude is a really important organization to us. And it's an important organization to a lot of people around the world. They treat kids with cancer from all around the world without charging their families a dime. 
And that may sound incredible, and it is, but add to that some things. Add to that travel. Add to that food. Anything that a family needs during their journey with pediatric cancer, St. Jude is there meeting those needs. And as a parent of a cancer survivor, a St. Jude patient, I can tell you it is an amazing thing to be able to focus on your family, focus on your kids' health without worrying about the financial impact. And that's why we do this because they're, they keep these doors open. They keep these treatments rolling because of people like you and me with hula hoops and jelly beans and people donating. So thank you all. Please go to stjude.org slash relay. Uh, we will be mentioning that uh, many, many times because that is the donation page. Mike, do you have a bean? I will apologize if you saw me making strange faces during your beautiful uh, sentiment there. Because just opening the box <laughs> let out an aroma <laughs> into the studio here, which is... That's good. It's not pleasant. All right, so I'm going to spin the wheel. The wheel has landed on. It oh, your wheel's so be. small. Does it even light up like mine? You got short. You got shorted on the wheel. I mean, I look how cool my wheel is. Well, Yours is you tiny. To, you wait until you see what I've got over there, and okay. then we can have a conversation. All right, so I landed on peach or barf. Peach or barf? Yeah, not like a bathtub, like a vomit. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? I uh, well, are you ready? Is the question? Nope. We're good. It was Peach. Peach. All right. That's good news. There's this moment when I bite into it. I'm never completely sure because mm -hmm. it takes a second, you know? Yeah. All right. So we'll be coming back to being boozled, I'm sure, later on in the show. Yes. Many, uh, many times, I am sure. Uh, $378,789 raised. That is 95%. To our current goal of four hundred thousand and one dollars, we are just twenty-one thousand one hundred forty-two dollars away now. That is absolutely amazing, uh, Mike. Are you in a position where you can give a tour of your space, or do you want to hold off on that? I can do that. Okay, I gave a tour of, of mine. You know, so we have the desk. You're going to see the desk, uh huh, a bit during the show today. But that's not all. <laughs> so you <can> follow me. <laughs> I have my wonderful assistant, Adina, helping me. This is Balloon Room 2.0. We oh, have received good. some upgrades to Balloon this year. One okay. is some lighting, so you can actually see me. <laughs> and two is this beautiful table and chair that I have just here. That's a very tiny table. Well, the plan is, you see, as the evening progresses, I want to be sitting at this table with balloons right up to here. Now, wonderful assistant, Adina, I believe that we have now hit a point throughout the day. We started tracking earlier today. I think we're at a point to actually add some balloons, a bag of balloons to the balloon room. You're going to have to walk past the camera. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Adina is pulling a lot of work here. I only have one person <laughs> uh, here in Mega Studio. We've been, well, Adina's been inflating balloons up for the last week. And so we're going to get, uh, we've also, one of the big upgrades as well this year is we removed the roof of the balloon. So mm. it's not really a room yeah, if it doesn't is. have a roof. Though. Sure it is. There we go. So this is another set of balloons. 
This is because of how much did we say? Uh, you add a balloon for every one hundred dollars, and that was two thousand five hundred dollars worth of balloons. I actually think if that's how much, we can put another one in. Yeah, I'd say go for it. Let's keep going. I, we're at three seven. We're at, how much have we raised, Jill? Six thousand. We can get another one in. Are they twenty. Yeah. Is that another twenty-five? Yes, it, it is. There. Awesome. Thank you. So think about it. Every time another hundred dollars is donated, this will happen. And I want this entire thing full up. I also have a, a tripod here where I'm going to be presenting from inside Balloon later on today. I want to spend time in here. I want to get in amongst it. This is your donations. So as this balloon room fills, you can see all this incredible money has been donated to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Absolutely now, amazing. St. Mike, I, I, did, I did just have a moment where I thought, if Mike's landlord comes in his office right now, I'd be very confused. <laughs> Oh, well, so there is a window on our door. Mm -hmm. And if people were just to look through the window on our door for the past week, they would have just seen tens of ba those huge bags of balloons. I don't know what people think I do for a living <laughs> in this building, <laughs> but I guarantee it's not what they think it is. Yeah. Oh, we've got some new donations. Uh, thank you, Jim. Thank you, Adam, Anthony, and Thomas for your donations. Uh, it's fantastic to see them roll in. Uh, join the fun at stjude.org slash relay. We want to uh, drown Mike in balloons today. Isn't that what we've always wanted, you know? That's what I've wanted for the whole 11 years I've known you. No, you didn't like it last time when I was getting in amongst it, so you've got well, that to contend with. I, I've, I've grown as a person since last year. We'll see. Okay. We got $380,000. We have hit oh. $380,000. Awesome. Uh, we haven't done uh, one milestone, which is the button of hype, which I have here. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let me get back to my desk. Okay. I didn't bring everything with me because this was, this was not planned. You hold don't on. have the, uh, the button of hype sewn into your jacket? Probably. Probably should. Seven. We, we have just we been told seven. we own seven. So we're going to do those in a row. And we'll see what, that, see what that feels like. <laughs> yeah. All right. Coming back to my desk. Here we go. We got our button of hype. Man, look at that. Tweet, tweet, uh, bokeh. So we're going to do seven of these in a row, right? Yes. Okay, I'm going to put ready? it over here. Yep. You ready? Three, two, one. Your money did this. I hope you're happy. <laughs> that may dissuade people from donating, actually. I'm actually now concerned about the fact that it's not as late here as I thought it was. And there's definitely place people in this building. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. All right. So, uh, so we've seen Mike's space. We've seen, uh, we've seen this space, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, I think that we should... Um, you know, oh, thank you, wow, Mike, Mike and, and Rachel. Rachel. $1,500 donated to support the kids of St. Jude. Thank you so much. Okay, so that is, um, that's a hype button. <laughs> and <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> uh, and I, th I think it's also a bean and a hula hoop, isn't it? Oh, no. Yeah, it is. All right, then. Okay. Let me go first. You get yeah. yourself ready. Thank you. 
Well, we're so just... we can give three more attempts. Uh, maybe, maybe in those three attempts, you might actually succeed with one. <laughs> oh, there you go. Thank you. Five hundred dollar donation. Now, now being, it's either going to be tutti frutti or stinky socks. Hmm. Tutti frutti, I think. That's good no. news. No. 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 I was wrong. Hmm. Okay. All right. Oh man, it's weird because it has a little bit of tutti frutti to it. Hmm. Tutti frutti socks. Maybe they just mix this one up. Maybe it's both. I don't know. Wow. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that's bad. So we need to do our... Uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you want to try it again? Okay. Okay, so about? we... Uh, I got a hula hoop, I guess. Yeah. Or... Yeah, I got a hula hoop. Okay. Yeah, there's no or about this. You've got to commit. You said you were a man of your word, a man of the people. There's no or. Thank you. I tell you one of the really bad things about these jelly beans. Sometimes a piece of it gets stuck in my teeth. So. Oh, no. Another one? All right. Thank you, Dustin. All right. Oh, man. Okay. Strawberry banana smoothie. Sounds nice. Or it, will also, or it could also be a dead fish. So, that'll be fun. Mm. Oh! No. Oh! Oh my god, it, oh my god, it gets worse. Oh god. <laughs> Thank you. Do you need a you need medical attention, Mike? Oh man, that one's so bad. I I didn't have that one last time. Dead fish? Yeah. I'm so sorry. I mean, I'm not really sorry, but I'm Okay. You're going to have to cut to Stephen for a second cuz I got to get some of this out of my teeth. I I can't <laughs> and you can't you can't look at that. No one no one should see this. No one should see this. All right, we're going to do some hula hooping. Without hurting anybody. Oh, Mike! Mike is falling down. He's laying on the ground now. You don't want to see me get jelly bean out of my teeth. Full. All right. You ready? Let's go. Hey! I, did I didn't know how many that was. None of them were around the hip, but it is getting better. It's like five. I'm getting so good at this. All right. Maybe I need to start higher up. Oh, like. You start around the neck. Not around the neck? Is that what you said? Around the neck? Yeah, I said around the neck. Yeah. I said around the neck. I don't know. All right. Maybe that was a later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An hour seven. Watch me try that. You're getting there, buddy. Done. See? I told you you could do I knew you could do this. I had faith Man in you. Man of my word. Yep. See, you're getting better at it all the time. Thank you. Mike, Very are you good. okay? Do you need a moment? It's real bad, man. I'm not going to lie. Bad? Yeah, it's real bad. It's, the taste is lingering. I wonder in this, you know, I guess this company that uh, makes these, the, um, the I guess they have meetings, right? They try to come up with the new flavors. Yep. Who raised their hand in that meeting and said, you know what we need? Dead fish. 
I wouldn't would meet you like that person. No. Would you like to know the what I'm dealing with here? The whole bad range. Uh, I say read as a select few. Old bandage. Old band. Oh. Stink bug. <laughs> toothpaste, which doesn't sound too bad. If I get toothpaste, I think I can it, live with that. It's you know, minty. it's just mint, surely. Mm-hmm. Surely, you'd hope so. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you recovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to sit down at my desk now. Yeah, you should. And do that. Uh, we got something special coming up. You know, I should have got. I should have brought some breath mints. That's what I should have done. I had nothing to ba- bounce this, balance this against this, this flavor. And I think I'm, I'm, like, I'm really sorry about that, man. I'm really, yeah. really sorry about that. I don't think you are. I feel like you say that, but I, I actually don't believe you. Okay. Uh, well, we've got uh, something really special coming up. One of my favorite things to do when we're raising money for St. Jude is meeting patients uh, and their families. Getting to know these kids to know their parents, their aunts and uncles, their grandparents. It is such um, it's such an amazing thing. I really love being able to hear their stories and just get to know them a little bit because each of these kids is really special and they're some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet. Um, and I got a chance to sit down uh, with uh, a patient named Azalea and being able to talk with her and her mom about their journey what brought them to St. Jude. And so I think we're going to uh, roll that now. Life in Jamaica, it's a laid back type of thing. It's always sunny. And so this is Azalea. Azalea is my heart. Azalea is such a happy child. Nothing keeps her down ever. And she absolutely loves the beach. Azalea is a social butterfly, and Azalea has changed my entire perspective on life. Azalea, at two years old, she was diagnosed with cancer, and everything just changed just like that. Her oncologist sent in a referral. We packed her bags and we moved to another country. And the best thing to ever happen was coming to St. Jude. In Jamaica, our resources are a little different, so when I heard the news that she had a tumor, all I was seeing was darkness, and St. Jude kind of brought me back to life. As a father, the simple stuff that we take for granted, St. Jude gave me back all of that. Why are you riding in circles? <laughs> she calls St. Jude her home now. That's so funny. It made us feel like we had no worries at all. (laughs) (laughs) Azalea has made me so strong because she's so strong. She is never sad and she is never down. And I'm just so grateful to her for it. And here we are today. She's happy. She's healthy. She sees St. Jude as her next home. And it makes my heart smile. Azela, Simone, how are y'all? We are good. Thank you. Thank you for, for joining me. Simone, how are y'all? We are good. Thank you. 
Thank you for for joining me. Thank you for being part of this this wacky event. Uh, it's always fun to to meet other St. Jude families and talk about your story. So thank you so much for coming on today. Absolutely. And thank you, Stephen, for all that you do. We're happy to be here. You bet. Um, so tell us a little bit about your family, y'all's background, where you're from. Okay. Well, we are from Jamaica. We're from the beautiful island of Jamaica. And we came to St. Jude in January of 2016. Um, Azalea has a little sister, baby sister. We call her St. Jude baby because she was almost born on the halls of St. Jude. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, her sister Hadley. And of course, I have a husband, Ricardo, who is Azalea's, um, Azalea's dad. And we are... A Memphis family, you could say. And we've been a Memphis and St. Jude family since January of 2016 when we got here for Azalea's um, treatment for rhabdomyosarcoma. Uh, so I'm from Memphis. I was born and raised here. I've got a poster back there. that Memphis on it. Uh, <laughs> what was it like making that journey? Man, I want to talk about St. Jude in a second, but as a Memphian, I'm just curious, like what, I'd imagine there's some culture shock there. Um, a little bit. Yes, yes. We have been to the, we had been to the United States before Azalea's diagnosis, but we have family that is down there in Florida and the, um, the whole atmosphere and weather and everything in Florida is a little bit similar to Jamaica. So we were familiar with that before, but then we heard that we were coming to Tennessee. We had never been to Tennessee before. We had never been to um you know anywhere above florida really and we when we heard that we were coming here i literally had to look on the map of the united states to have an idea <laughs> <laughs> of where tennessee was much less memphis you know so it was it was it was bittersweet coming here because it was good to experience a new type of culture but it wasn't sweet in terms of the circumstances that we needed to be here there are no yeah. direct flights from Jamaica to come to Memphis. So we had to take two flights to get here and we had long layovers. So we had to travel for almost, uh, I think it was between 12 to 14 hours in total oh, to gosh. actually get here between flights. But it was a good experience. Memphis is rich in culture and we, we appreciated that. And I would imagine that that first journey, I mean, ours was a drive across town and I remember being terrified mm -hmm. the whole way. Um, could you tell us a little bit about uh, diag the diagnosis journey and how you ended up coming to St. Jude? Well, Azalea was only two years old when she was diagnosed. She was a baby. Um, being an observant mother, I saw something that I was not comfortable with and I couldn't explain it. So we had several follow-ups with our local pediatrician who eventually referred us to a pediatric surgeon who decided that she needed to do a biopsy and that's when we got her diagnosis. But just before we got her formal diagnosis, <clears throat> excuse me, just before we got her formal diagnosis, she suspected that this could be rhabdomyosarcoma. And when she said it, it rolls off my tongue now but when she said it at the time, I was like, huh, what? Sure, <laughs> yeah, said, there, 
<laughs> I, I have mean, it typed out here and it's really long. There's a lot, exactly. <laughs> a lot of letters in there. <laughs> My exact words to her were, could you write that down for me, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she had to write it down. I still have that little piece of paper that she gave me. And she mm-hmm. wrote it down and I had no idea what it meant. She just said, I think it could be rhabdomyosarcoma. And I went home and I did my research and my gut feeling told me that even before we got the results, that this is what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And when I satisfied, you know, my curiosity to say, this is what it's going to be. Um, I said, if this is what it is, then we have to find the best treatment plan for her. It doesn't matter what we have to do, but we have to, death is not an option. It wasn't an option. This was our first child. It wasn't going to happen. Whatever we needed to do, we're going to do to fix her. So I went online, I did my research. And at that time it was a thanks and giving campaign. So there were St. Jude commercials all over our TV in Jamaica. Um, mm-hmm. the commercials are just there back to back to back. And, and, you know, I just looked and I said, they seem to be in the business of saving lives. So, you know, this is where she needs to be. And I wrote to St. Jude even before I got the formal diagnosis that it was rhabdomyosarcoma. And they wrote back in less than two hours. And they said, when you get the diagnosis, just let the doctor send a referral and we will see what we can do. And that's wow. exactly what happened. Yeah, when we got the formal diagnosis and I said to the doctor, how do we get her to St. Jude? And she looked at me kind of bright eyed because she was saying, you know, how did we move from diagnosis to you saying that? And I said, how do we get her there? Could you please send them a a referral? And she did it within 10 minutes. She sent them the referral. She went on her computer and um, less than two hours from her sending it, we were sitting in our car, lost, not knowing what to do. She was such a bouncy, happy child at the time. She was in the back seat of the car, laughing and talking. And her father and I was just sitting in the front, holding each other's hand, feeling very lost. You know, yeah. we we didn't know we didn't even know if we were supposed to drive home. We just got the worst news we could possibly get, and we were just sitting there wondering what's the next step. And the phone rang while we were in the car and the doctor said St. Jude wrote back and they said how soon can you get here wow yeah and and that's where our journey started we packed our bags and we decided that we were moving to another country to fix our child that's how it all started that's, that's amazing uh one of the the true honors I have is to talk to a lot of different patient families and one thing that is uh I think it's universal with all of us is the idea that St. Jude is this, this beacon of light, this beacon of hope that when you're in that car with your husband and your baby and you get this, this terrible news that there is that light on the horizon. And, um, do you remember like your first impressions of, of arriving at St. Jude about kind of stepping into this world? Yeah. Well, we, we arrived, at nighttime, I think it was almost midnight when we actually, when we finally got to Memphis. Um, first of all, when we were at the airport, you know, when you are a parent and you're thinking about the well-being of your child, everything else is blocked out. Yeah. So, I mean, they told us that they would pick us up at the airport, but for some reason, when we got there, we were expecting like a cab to be there or, you know, we didn't know what to expect. They said, somebody will get you. But when we got there, there was somebody warm. 
from the bus driver, you know, they had their sign up. They took our bags from us and they welcomed us and they said, I'm sorry that you're here, but we're here to take you. And we just felt comfortable from that car ride. And I remember driving from the airport to the hospital and I was just, you know, looking around in the dark with all the lights because the, the, it's not, Jamaica is a very small island, so we don't have all of that. And deep down, I was terrified. But then the level of comfort that I had from the, just the experience of them picking us up and driving through those gates of St. Jude, I knew she was going to be okay. And we went through the doors of those hospitals and we were welcomed with open arms. And we, you know, we had all our papers and everything in one bag and we, we were worried. My husband and I were thinking, I wonder if they'll take our insurance. We don't know. I wonder how much this is going to cost us. We don't know. You know, I wonder where we're going to stay. We don't know. <laughs> you know, um, did we have enough food with us that she needed? Did we have enough clothes? Should we have taken some bed sheets? You know, we were just uncertain as to what was going to happen, but we were just happy that we were in a place that said that they were going to take care of her. And that night, you know, they took the information just to, to check her in and they made sure to check her to make sure she didn't have any immediate need, needs at the time, no medical needs. And they said, okay, you know, we have everything in place. You need a good night's rest. Um, do you need to go get something to eat? And they just took us to the Tri-Delta and we were in awe. We were like, is this real? Should we pinch ourselves? Is, is this really mm -hmm. happening? Are they really providing all of this comfort just to take care of our child? You know, we were just in awe. But we were in awe, but then we also felt that level of comfort that we needed. We, we just knew from then on that everything was going to be okay. You know, they made sure that they took care of our needs so that they could take care of Azalea's needs. And I think that is what we appreciated more than anything else. Yeah, for people out there watching who who may not know, St. Jude, in addition to taking care of medical needs without billing the parents a dime, all the needs that surround that are taken care care of as well you know most families aren't like mine where we were local most people right. travel great distances and so mm -hmm. things like housing and transportation and meals uh, that's all part of this this care that saint jude gives um one thing that i absolutely love and so you've been through the memphis airport you know it's not the biggest airport <laughs> it's it's uh you there are much bigger ones across the united right. states but one of my favorite things to do when I'm in the airport traveling for work is I just kind of keep my eye out for St. Jude families and mm -hmm. you see people coming and going and St. Jude is, is taking care of all of that stuff and dealing with all of these logistical problems that uh, I think you said it earlier, your focus is on your child, right? right. You're not thinking about, I've got to book this flight. I got to find a hotel. You don't, you don't right. need to be thinking about those things in that moment. Right. And right. so when, when people support St. Jude, they're also supporting this sort of 360 degree sphere of care around us. Right. Um, I always say to persons, whenever I wear, I make sure when I'm going through an airport, I wear my St. Jude gear, something yep. that says St. Jude, because it's almost as if I want somebody to ask me about St. Jude. I'm always so excited to tell the story. And I tell persons all the time, I said, you see that? 30 second commercial on TV, 
but I can tell you that the this hospital provides so much more than what you could possibly imagine. You know, they give so much to the families and the children and they extend themselves to make sure that the children that they're taking care of is okay. When we sat with Azalea's doctor for the very first time after that first night that we were there and we sat with her, we still weren't sure at that time what was gonna happen because, you know, we were prepared to sell our house and both our cars and everything back home to, to finance this treatment that she was about to get. We knew it was gonna be the best and we knew that it, you know, it had to be at some cost to us, even though the commercials say persons never see a bill. They're like, there must be something we have to pay for. This right. cannot be real. You're looking for the catch, right? It's yeah, like, okay, we're looking what, for the catch. <laughs> what's the fine print? <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, the first time that we saw, sat with Dr. Stewart, which was her doctor, um, she said, you know, she put her hands on mine and she said, before we go any further, I need to tell you two things. I said, you never, she said, you never have to worry about a bill from St. Jude, housing, travel, or food. And I was like, huh? It's like, I almost didn't understand what she was saying. And she said, the second thing I need to tell you is that what Azalea has, we can fix this. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, we have never worried from that point on. Wow. We knew that everything was going to be okay. And it was a lot of comfort for my husband as well, because we're an international family. You know, clearly I couldn't work. Azalea can't travel. We were going to be here for 13 months. Um, so somebody had to work and he had to travel back and forth. Hmm. And he was comforted by the fact that we were going to be okay because he was worried as well as a father and a provider and a protector that he, you know, wasn't going to be able to um, protect us the way that he should, being that he's not going to be here. So he had that level of comfort to know that his family was going to be okay when he wasn't going to be there. And we, we, ne we were in need for nothing. We were housed. We were fed. Um, the social worker, I found out that I was pregnant the day after I got Azalea's diagnosis. Oh, <laughs> um, what yeah. a week. <laughs> exactly i mean we found out we were pregnant with our second child and then we heard that we have to move to another country yeah um even then the social worker there helped me to find a gynecologist um i'm sorry an OBGYN off campus you know they they made sure that they took care of our every need and helped us to um to address all of the needs that we had so that we could zoom in and focus on azalea and taking care of her so there is so much more that is provided and so much more that is involved in taking care of a child with critical illnesses and St. Jude ensures that they think of all of that. Uh, I was uh, told that I should ask Azalea about the first time she saw snow. Could I, could I hear about that story? Do you remember? No. <laughs> she probably didn't remember because she was all of two years old. But okay. this child has been obsessed with snow <laughs> since as long as I can remember. So it was her most exciting thing. Even now, when we do checkups, she's always she always wants to know the time of year that we do checkups because she wants to be here when it is snowing. So if we were here in February when you had that... Um, huge snowstorm yeah. um, back in February we had several inches of snow and 
Can you tell her excitement? She was so excited. <laughs> she wanted to be out there every day. Yeah. She wanted to play with it. You know, it's her favorite time of year um, when it is snowing. It's just, it's just her thing. She's just in love with it. And it was one of her comfort things as well, just knowing that she could be out there in the snow. All of her movies that she used to watch and she used to see it in, you know, just to see it now in person and to play with it. It really made her happy and it still does make her happy. It makes her think of St. Jude and Memphis all the time. So it, 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 it was just sweet and a pleasure watching her playing in snow all the time. And the first time that she saw it, her dad and I were almost brought to tears because it was the, the excitement that she saw. Of course, we were never going to ever see anything like that in Jamaica. So just <laughs> right. from their excitement of seeing all of that and playing with it, it, yeah. was, it was really heartfelt for us to see it. <laughs> My uh, my kids are the same way. We don't get a lot of snow here. Yeah. It sounds like y'all have gotten really lucky when the times we've had it. Right. Uh, but my kids are the same way. You know, the night before they're asking, they want to go outside and and sled and throw snowballs. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand that excitement. I share it too. <laughs> um. Well, lastly, and then I'll, I'll let you guys get back to your day. Um. If you could tell all the fundraisers and donors who support St. Jude just one thing, what would it be? You know, I don't think they understand the impact of their donations to St. Jude. And, you know, I would always say to someone that donates to St. Jude, I say, look at Azalea. Look at Azalea. This is what you're helping to do. Mm-hmm. This life that is sitting here and thriving and surviving, this is what you're helping to do. You're helping to save a life because your donations literally help to save her life. The surgery that was done, to help to um, in her in her treatment, it's it's the first of its kind ever done in the United States. Oh, wow! And yes, it was the first of its kind, and it has since been a part of the protocol to treat her particular type of rhabdomyosarcoma. And Saint Jude freely shares their research all over the world, all over the country, and because of um, your type of donations. It is helping to save children like Azalea, not just in the United States, but all over the world. And we can attest to that. So this is what your donations are helping to do. You are literally saving lives and children like her all over the world. And we are forever grateful for every penny that you donate to St. Jude, no matter how small. It adds up. It adds up to giving life. Thank you. Wow, I, I can't say it any better. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, I hope you guys uh, make it back to Memphis next time we have a snowstorm. Ah, I hope so too. Thank <laughs> you so much, Stephen. I'll save a snowball Thank for you. you. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Hello and welcome back. How are you, Michael? I'm in the balloon room. Yes, I'm in a shiny jacket. So we forgot for you to put on your jacket earlier. This is Stephen's very special spinning the wheel presenter's jacket. That's right. right. Now, can you believe I just owned this already? It's kind of incredible, but it is. I guess not enough people have not spent time with you in nightclubs. <laughs> I have seen it before. All right, we got to spin the wheel, Stephen Hackett. Come on, what All are right, you doing let's over do there? It. All right, here it goes. Here it goes. We're on the wheel of adventure. Where are we going to land, Stephen Hackett? Number 10. Okay, what is number 10? I'm bringing what is up number 10? 
Number 10 is... Oh. Take a swing at PC Junior. Now, Stephen, what on earth does this mean? So, I have an IBM PC Junior. And I have Which a people are going to find out a little bit more about later on, right? Yes, a little bit later in a few hours. Uh, Quinn Nelson, my ghost on Flashback, is going to join me. And we're going to talk about this computer and why I thought that it would be a good one to smash. So we're going to take, smash, I guess we're gonna take the first swing. Go for it. I want to okay. see it. Come All on, right, what have you it. got? What equipment do you have? I have, I have the computer itself. I have the keyboard. Mm-hmm. And I have a wooden baseball bat. Ah, okay. So you're going to use the keyboard? <laughs> you're going to use the keyboard? Hey, there it is. There Look it at is. that. How picturesque. I know, right? Isn't that nice? Okay. Do you have protection? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I need to uh, hand out some protection, actually. So I'm going to set the microphone down. Okay. So obviously this is a very delicate maneuver that we've got going on here. So uh, we've taken all necessary precautions so that pieces of PC Junior didn't find their way. Uh, into the eyes of others. As you can see, Stephen Hackett now has some very fetching eye protection. Um, this is a very professional set. It's a closed set. Uh, this is something that you should not try at home with your own PC Junior. Uh, if you have a PC Junior at home, please do not smash it to pieces like Stephen. Uh, do not do what Stephen does. Just enjoy watching what he does. Go on, then. Here we go. Batter up. Oh my god, did you break the bat? What happened there? I could it looked it like something flew off. What on earth happened there? Is PC Junior dead? Oh my god. Well a corner of it's missing, that's for sure. Steven! I had no idea you had it in you. Someone's been working out over the pandemic. I do. I don't think we put enough tarp down. Uh Wow. There's plastic all over the studio. You see, uh, this is old technology. You were not ready for the brittleness of old technology. Yeah. Sorry, y'all, everybody. Good. Uh, Can we get a confirmation really, yeah. that everybody in the studio does not have PC Junior as part of their lives now? <laughs> yeah, everyone's, everyone is okay. Uh, so, give another the, spin? Huh? You want to do another spin? Oh. Yeah, let's do okay. another spin. Come on. Let's do another spin. See what we got. Ooh, that was a good spin. You're, you're using your batter's arms now. Where is it gonna land? Where is it gonna land? <laughs> oh. Look, well, <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine. <laughs> um, definitely not cheating. So we're gonna definitely go to the board of peril now. Board because I don't think peril. anyone can take another PC Junior swing immediately. Let's see what happens. You're gonna drop into the board of peril. Don't forget the audio. This is terrible things to happen to me and Steven. Number eight. TikTok challenge. Okay, now, so, so we need I to should explain. I should explain some of the this stuff that's going on here. So there are many things on the board of peril that cannot be completed immediately. We are continuing to raise money for Saint Jude throughout all of September. So there are many things that you can see on the board of peril list, which Stephen can now highlight to you. Wait, should just move your arm up and down, Stephen. Nope. Other one. There we go. You'll see there's many things there that wouldn't make sense for immediate. So, for example, a day of phone case use or a day of Android use. So these are things that are going to happen when, Stephen? Uh, Starting after the podcast-a-thon. And so we will be raising money all month. We also have some streams coming up after the podcast-a-thon sometime next week. So keep an eye on Relay Twitter account and on the Tiltify page at stjude.org slash relay, and we will be explaining those as we go. And so the TikTok challenge 
there mm-hmm. are some you. uh, young people in the social media team over at St. Jude yes. who are going to instruct us on some TikTok challenges that we need to complete. And That's we'll right. be posting those after the podcast thon. That's right, because we're too old to know how TikTok works. Indeed. <laughs> we have many meetings and we don't understand it, but we will be doing it <laughs> later on. Do we, what, what's the time right now? Do we want to do one more spin before we bring in our first special guest of the evening? One more spin? All right, let's see what happens. Maybe we're going to take another bat to PC Junior because that seems to be all the board wants to do right now. There's part of it way up here. Yeah, (laughs) see? It's almost like it was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't. You ready? Yeah, give it another go. Wow, you really give that some. Around and around it goes. Wobbling. Number seven. Back, back to the to Board the of board. Peril, my friend. I don't like the Board of Peril. Well, n- luckily, I guess so far, none of the really bad things have happened. But we'll That's find true. Out. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Number nine again. Update let's... profile picks. Okay, let's do it. All right, I need my phone again. I feel like I need to start it further over next time. Yeah, I feel like you're, you're not giving it a fair shake. Okay. Maybe I just all like right. changing my Twitter picture a bunch and annoying all my followers. Edit get profile. In the blue. All right, are you ready, Mike? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm going to get some of that gold jacket in there. I am going to tell... Uh... My followers. Tweet it. There we go. I'm also gonna I'm gonna include the uh, the the donation page. Oh, that would have been good to do. So, so it's a bit of context. Yeah, uh, mine is contextless. I have to do some live tweeting now. Next time. Http. <laughs> I never know whether I need to include that. Do I need to I, write I, the http myself? N- no, you do not. Okay. Well, I've done it anyway. Handcrafted. Let's hope that I spelled it correctly. With me, you never know. Ooh, there we go. I'm up. We're being told, we're being told we can do some more things. Uh, Stephen, I would like to see you, now you've got your jacket off, uh, attempt another hula hoop. Come on. You can do it. Fine. I believe in you. This could be the time. It could be right now where okay. you actually... Like, get a real sustained hula hoop action going on. Oh, you have a little stand for the microphone now. I've got an upgrade in the studio. People were nervous standing near me. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Here we go. So, can you do it? Stephen Hackett uh, competing for the US of A in the uh, Olympic Challenge for hula hooping. He has so far been unsuccessful in his attempts. Hey, look, this is drama. I'm setting drama. Because, yeah, I know, but then when you do it, I can give you a gold medal. Just, like, chill. All right, so there we go. He's stepping up to the plate, and he's got a hard difficulty, and, oh, he's got the, and he went for the special knee trick. That's gold for the US of A. (laughs) That was an interesting move, Stephen. I'm not going to lie. I've never seen someone do it on their knees before. I'm not very good at it, okay? You know what you could try? You could try it on the arm. Too, you know, you like you put the arm out and you like spin it around. We've got loads of options for you. 
We are currently at $392,014 raised for the kids of St. Jude. Thank we you We are so now much. less than $10,000, less than $8,000 away from our first milestone goal of the evening, which is $400,001. And that $1 is actually pretty special, that singular dollar. That singular dollar, it represents the soul and the essence of just one man. One beautiful man with the greatest smile anyone has ever seen. I think many people know him as the most memorable host of the Accidental Tech Podcast. The most beautiful, with the greatest voice, the warmest smile. The thing is, I can see him right now, which is great because I get to watch his face getting more increasingly red. Of course, I am talking about Casey Liss, and we have cooked up something really special, Casey and I. We're going to put Stephen Hackett to the test. Uh, over the last year or so, Casey and I have really gotten back into Formula One because of the Netflix documentary Drive to Survive, which I recommend people watch. And we know Stephen has not. So what we want to do is, and what we're going to do, is we want to see if Stephen can guess the names of a selection of F1 drivers. Oh, we put no. together a little PowerPoint presentation for Stephen, and he's going oh, to have three options. We're going to give him the person and three options. And all he has to do is guess which name is the correct name. Now, I think we have Casey standing by. And if we do, there he is. Hi, hey, Casey. Casey. Hello. Hello. How are you? All right, I'm making my way out of the balloon room right now because I need to drive the presentation. Yes, please. Casey, that thank you for joining us. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure to be here. That introduction, I hope I live up to it. But uh, I am extremely excited to be a part of this and to be the first guest. Uh, clearly, you saved the best for first is, is what yep. I'm hearing. And That's so how here I am. Uh, we need to no. pop the ratings early, Casey, so we <laughs> have to bring you in. Yeah, understand. Understand. I am very excited for this. Uh, as you said, Mike, I have been getting very into F1 this last year or two. And you and I have spent a fair bit of time working on this, especially you, Mike. And uh, I, I really am enthusiastic about this. This should be a barrel of laughs. And if it isn't, uh, you can make yourself feel better about it by donating and going to stjude.org slash relay, which is something you should do right now. You know, I think it's not my show, so forgive me. But I think it would be cool if we passed $400,000 during this segment. So we only have like maybe 10, 15 minutes. I think we can do it. I think we can challenge the viewers and the listeners to do it. I think we can get there. So let's see what happens. I like it. All right. I have the presentation ready. Excellent. If it, but I think we're just getting in the production room. We're just rearranging a lot of windows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is Sounds very complicated. Like... This is a very complicated situation we've got going on here. Understood. Stephen, I will kill time while this is going on. That jacket is very loud. The gold one? Yes, it is. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about it, and I texted you, and you showed me a picture of your silver one. And I said, well, I can do a did gold I? one. We can be did I, though? Friends. You did. <laughs> Pretty sure that's not made up on the spot. No, definitely not. Also, you realize you are destroying the what is basically my childhood. I am the child of an IBMer, an almost lifelong IBMer, and I'm watching you destroy that poor PC Junior, and it's, it's breaking my heart. What, you don't, very what you don't know is your dad sent it to me. It's actually your old one. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> that's even worse. Why are sure. you so mean to me? Well, You're that's all right. I'm going to pay you back here in a second. Okay, I can mail you pieces of it because they're <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Magnificent. All technology breaks beautifully. Thank you. True. Oh, dangerously. Gracious. Well, that right, has, uh, what, like 40 I, years of wear on it? So yeah, it's just going to shatter old. always. Thank you, Matthew, for your donation of $700. Thank you so much. 
Somebody has also donated one hundred and eleven dollars. That says, "Meet me at the People Mover, Casey." So, oh, ooh, well done. That, that is on. a Disney sounds, World reference. I dig that it. Sounds I, like I that totally sounds like a that. fun evening. Go. <laughs> moving around the park at four miles an hour that's right that's right the pres- maybe the maybe space mountains be lights will be on you never know shortly we're just uh handling some technical okay. May- maybe uh, i put some lego in the imac that sounds yeah, like that's a great idea. idea why don't you do that wait don't forget the foley work steven come on that's the best part there we go now we're cooking with gas Take the top off. Oh no, there's IBM parts in the <laughs> box of Lego back here. <laughs> well, isn't it kind of beautiful to add pieces of the IBM to the iMac? It's true, yeah. So we're just gonna. Oh, this is going terribly. I don't know if you can see it. Their Lego just. I mean, plastic. Plastic. Plas- generic blocks. plastic block. Generic plastic building block. Just use your hand. Let's just go. Let's just go wild here. You know, we'll just. You're not keeping track. Yeah, you're not. That's not keeping there. track. Well, you, it's not you a have real more than that, right? Instrument. I hope you have more than that because you've just oh, used all of them. There are five thousand of them. Okay, you got more. Yeah. Do you know you can buy plastic building blocks in uh, bulk? It's great. Didn't know that. Okay. All right. I think we're ready. So, this is going to be very simple for you, Stephen. You're going to see a picture and three names. And all you have to do is guess the name of the individual. Um, we don't think we have the presentation visible right now. We are uh, working on that as we speak. Uh, I will imagine. quickly draw a picture of an individual. Now, while we're waiting, you know, I know it's plastered all over the screen, but I used this as a visual aid on, on something that will be happening maybe later today. You, is this backwards? No, it's not. All right. That's where you Very should go good. and donate right now. We are at th- almost $394,000. I really think we can get to 400000 And at the rate we're going, by the time the presentation is ready, we might be there. So <laughs> we're good to go. <laughs> I thought F1 racing was supposed to be fast. What are you all doing? <laughs> You clearly didn't see a, uh, a couple of races ago when it was very rainy, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, that's I have okay. not. Now, Stephen, to fill some space here, are you a NASCAR fan? Are you saying that because I live in Tennessee? I would never make that sort of suggestion, but yes, yes, that's exactly why I asked. Uh, no, I'm not a big race fan. I, I should be. I like cars. I like football and basketball and a bunch of other <laughs> stuff, but I've never really made the connection with the motorsport. Yeah, you know, for me, it never really clicked either until uh, I guess we're going to plug a Netflix series because they really need any more money. But uh, Drive to Survive is a very good documentary series where they talk about kind of the the people within F1 and, and the mm-hmm. teams behind it. And, and I think I had read some rumors that they're going to be doing something similar for NASCAR in the next couple of years and maybe we'll be into it. Uh, Richmond, Virginia, which is where I am, has a racetrack here where NASCAR races. And I have heard it is a heck of a fun time. Uh, I've never been, and I would like to go at some point. If nothing else, I, my understanding is the people watching is just fantastic. Sure. Oh, there's a presentation. Okay. Look at us. All, All right. right. Uh, how would you like to handle this? Mike, am I am I kind of moving this along, or are you doing this, or are we going to tag team it? Why don't we do one each? All right. Uh, shall shall I start? start? Just read the three names. <laughs> okay. Steven so this. Yes, you tell him if he's right or wrong. Okay. So on screen, you see an individual. Is this individual's name... Cuckoo Marlin, Nikita Mazepin, or Papa Moneybag Steven? 
I mean, the third one sounds right to me. <laughs> well, there's some truth to it, which we'll explain. But in a minute. I'm gonna go with number two. That is correct. Well done, Steve. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I need a bell for himself. Of course, yeah, for, for, for yourself. That's right. It's self bell. Yeah, that's that's quite right. So uh, there's an argument that Nikita Mazepin has earned his race seat by his parents donating or giving or buying a whole bunch of shares of the the team in which he races. I'm getting the details wrong here, but you get the you idea. You are getting them very wrong, but it's but money right. related. It's money no, related. That's not, so. that's, Stephen doesn't need to know, but no, is, I don't this, care. This, Really amazing. <laughs> we were really honest. <laughs> That's quite all right. right. So, driver number two is this Mick Schumacher, Prince Racing, <laughs> or Maximilian Meyer? Well, uh, Prince Racing would be an excellent title, like Prince Prince Flexi on Connected. <laughs> but I know uh, Schumacher Schumacher is a racing family, so I'm going to go with number one. You may that is hit correct. the bell. Good work. I'm, do you know? I mean, obviously, you know Michael Schumacher. That's why I didn't know you knew he was a racing family. Hence, I didn't Prince know that. Racing, because he is the son of one of the most uh, successful Formula mm -hmm. One drivers of all time. So now we're on to driver number three. Okay. Excellent. Is this individual's <laughs> name Federico Vitici, Antonio Giovinazzi, or Carlo Orlin? Number one is definitely a made up name. How could it not be? So I'm is how it uh, translates yeah. into English. So I'm going to go with number two, Antonio. Very well done, Stephen. You are wow. three for three. Wow, you're killing this. Did you cheat? Have you been cheating? No, I think he's I been not. researching. Even wow, in our we'll tech see. rehearsal yesterday, this was on screen. And <laughs> this is the, true. <laughs> and I turned my face away and covered it so I, I couldn't see that. it. I did hear about yeah, that. It was very funny to watch. It was, okay, so it was the next good. driver. Okay. Here he is. Is this... Kimi Raikkonen, John Force, or Valtteri Bottas? I'm going to go... Mm, this one's harder. It's not number two. John Force sounds like some sort of knockoff like spy, but not on like a good TV show. <laughs> okay. Um, and thank you, Ed, for your donation of $1,000. That is incredible. Ooh, thank you, Ed. Oh, well done. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with number one. Kimi Raikkonen? unstoppable. Look at that you. is correct. By the way, John Force is a real person. Was an actual... <laughs> uh, was he a NASCAR driver, Casey? I think that's right. NASCAR or, uh, or drag racing. I forget exactly where we sourced that Real name, driver. Real driver. We, we sprinkled some real but hilarious driver names in, uh, okay. typically mm -hmm. from either drag racing or NASCAR. Cuckoo Marlin was another one, by the way. Yep. Oh, real name. okay. Here is our next driver, Casey. All right. Are you looking at Will Power... Mitchell Tremblay or Nicholas Latifi? You know what? Yeah. I've been right so far. My gut's probably going to let me down now, but I'm going to go with number three. Stephen, you Latifi. are oh unstopable. Well done, sir. Again, also Will Power, real driver's name. Real name. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this individual here is this William Williams. <laughs> George Russell or Russell George? Wow. It's uh, number one, William Williams. <laughs> you are incorrect, and you fell right into my trap. Oh, it's on his shirt. Exactly. That was the trap. <laughs> Finally, we got one on him, so Casey. Okay. All right. Still this doing well, though. Russell, one of my faves. Still, still, still doing well. All right. 
Are you looking at Dagger or Dag Run, Mace Walk, or Lance Stroll? <laughs> Hopefully you're detecting the theme here. Like <laughs> we, the theme. Were, we were very proud of the theme. Oh, we were so honest. excited. We were so proud of ourselves in that moment when we came up with it. Mace Walk sounds like a, uh, a Sith Lord in Star Wars. <laughs> Mace Windu, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mace Walk was his father. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. I don't know how that works. In Jedi, they take the first name? I think the first name. <laughs> well, that works. Well, the Sis do things differently. Uh, I'm going to go with Dag Run. I'm sorry, but that is incorrect. It is no. Lance Stroll is the correct answer. Oh, right answer. into our trap there. So, this, mm-hmm. so we put Dag in to particularly trick you. So mm. you fell right into it. All right, here's Indeed. our next individual. Is this Fantastian Sebel, Sebastian Vettel, or Fonty Flock? <laughs> <laughs> number two sebastian sebastian vettel yes you were correct mm-hmm. was that purely from instinct yes the first one doesn't sound like a first name and the third one sounds like a release of ubuntu so I went with number two. <laughs> again that's very good but again real driver's name fonty flock, yeah, fonty really flock. oh but that is an absolutely perfect description uh okay. let me just take a very quick pause and say we are almost at three hundred ninety six thousand dollars. we are most of the way through our drivers so now is the time if you're holding out listeners yeah. uh, viewers please put your foot on the gas four thousand dollars away from we can do four hundred thousand dollar master we can okay. do it okay Moving right along, is this driver Esteban Ocon, Ocon Esteban Este, or Pastoral Edge? Uh, so you tricked me with the name earlier. Uh huh. And Castrol is a type of engine oil, I believe. That is correct. Is it? Could Esteban, I mean, I mean, what? 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 Family? Esteban, yes, his family's oil company. Uh-huh. Uh, Esteban <laughs> is my name in Spanish. Hmm. Which is interesting. So here's the thing. You tricked me with the name before. So this time, either it's not a trick, and you want me to think it's a trick again, or it is a trick, you want me to think it's not a trick, but then it really is a trick. We're in his head, Mike. We've got him. Right, but we want him. And then there's the (laughs) second one, which is just uh, an unusual name to me. But you know, Stevens have to stay together, so I'm going to go with number one. Esteban Ocon? Yeah. Casey, is he correct? That is correct, I am sad to say. However, he is French, not Spanish, interestingly. But uh, but yes, Esteban Ocon. Look, Esteban's no, no bounds. It's often said about <laughs> Something us. Something like that. Okay. Is this Fernando Alonso, also Federico, or <laughs> Alonso Ferdinando? Number one. Correct. That is Fernando Alonso. I was I'm really good at this Formula game you made up. Reminded me of Federico. This is the second. It's hmm. interesting. Maybe I just think yeah. about him a lot. Who knows? <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who's Moving this? right along, is this Federic Petroli, Pierre Gasly, or Arnold Hybrizio? I'm going to go with number three, Arnold. I'm sorry to say that is incorrect. It is Pierre Gasly. Also, do you see the theme to this driver? Yes, it's all uh, methods of propulsion. Yes, yep. indeed. This is uh, all Gasly. Mike. This was very well done. I, one of my favorites. However, my absolute favorite is coming up perhaps next even. So, Mike, would you take no, it away? I don't think this oh, no, is not going. next. Not next, but it's coming. All right. Is this Kinoda Yutsi, Tsuki Yunoda, sorry, Suki Yunoda, or Yuki Sonoda? 
<laughs> Can you say those all again really quickly? <laughs> Kinoda Yutsi, Suki Yonoda, Yuki Sonoda. Number three. Correct. That is Yuki Sonoda. Man. You are doing very well. I should have been keeping a tally. Obviously, we did not prepare. No one keeping someone, score? No. Someone well, must be somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, somewhere. Yeah. Someone right. keeping score. Moving along. Is this driver that you see on the screen Carlos Sainz, Federico Ferriol, or Enzo Ferrari? Choose carefully. Number one. Correct. I'm disappointed to say that Sainz. is correct. Yes, that is. Enzo Ferrari is way older than that dude. Uh, I think <laughs> well, he's passed away. Federico Ferriol. Come on. Is this Charlie Ferrari, <laughs> <laughs> Charles Leclerc, or Chuck Monaco? Thank you. Let's see. Number two. That is Charles Leclerc. This is very well done. Wow. Another you know, one of our favorite well. trios. Mm -hmm. the, theme, the theme here made us very happy. Hey, thank you, Chris, for your donation of $5.01. And $500.01. $500. Five hundred. <laughs> what did I say? $5. $5.01, cent, Chris. Was, come on. It was just a smidge more than that. Just, yeah. a, just a teeny bit. Um, All right. Is this driver that you are seeing here Bruce Shane, Will Power, or Daniel Ricardo? Will Power. That is a real name. However, you are looking at Daniel Ricardo. Oh. And I just he realized Australian. he used Will Power twice. In That's yeah, why I, I thought maybe he, was, <laughs> maybe he was coming back for a second round. But That is Daniel Ricardo. He just won a race this weekend. That's, That's true. Good That's for true. Daniel. Okay, mm -hmm. is this individual here Lando Norris, Bobby Carizian, <laughs> or Frederick Mandalorian? <laughs> All Star Wars names, very good. Mm -hmm. Number one. That is indeed Lando Norris. Ah. <sighs> Very well done. Uh, again, the themes wow. made us incredibly happy. Wow, look together. at this third name. All right, we have lost the presentation, but um, so there, there we go. Is. Okay, we've got Sergio Perez. How did I end up with this one? Uh, Chaco Honda or Wolfgang Alexander Albert Ed Edward Maximilian Reichsgraf Berg von Trips. I will not be saying that again, so please don't. Ask. The third one is so specific. It, I, I lean towards that one. We're in I'm sorry, Mike. gentlemen. I must stop right now because the creator of Emoji, the owner of the smiley face, has yes! just donated $3,000. Yes! And what yes! that means is... Thank you, Jeremy. $400,000. Oh, yeah. Let's mash on that button. That's what I'm talking about. Jude. See? And we will be... Once uh, <laughs> there's a lot happening right now. Once uh, <laughs> we have finished our little slideshow presentation here, we'll talk about what is next mm -hmm. for Indeed. our campaign. So please keep donating. We're not done. Thank not you, Jeremy. Bars, thank you, Jeremy. Mr. Emoji. Jeremy, well done. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All I'm right, moving right along. Number three, Wolfgang. I am sorry to say that is incorrect. It is actually Sergio Perez. The third but one again, was so specific. Wolfgang <laughs> it's a real name. Alba Edward Maximilian Reichgraf Berg von Trips was a Formula One driver many, many years ago. Okay. He just Thanks, went Wolfgang. Trips. <laughs> okay. Is this, this... is easily the best one. Easily the best one. <laughs> <laughs> is this Mini Verstappen, Pro Verstappen, or Max Verstappen? Is his father Pro Max? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> um... 
Number yeah, number number three. If you name your child Minnie, is like you're kind of setting him up for some some heartache. So I'm gonna go with number does, three. Uh, Stephen, he does come from a racing family. That is true. Minnie is a car, but his name is Max Verstappen. I'd also like to thank Sunit, the original Upgradian, as calling themselves, because they've said it. I have to say it. One thousand dollars. So we're now over four hundred one thousand dollars raised for St. Jude. Well done. And we have just, I think, two more on our presentation here. Okay. This driver, are you looking at Leo Finisbin, Valtteri Bottas, or Harold Petronas? Choose carefully. So the first time it wasn't, the name wasn't on it. And the second time the name wasn't on it. So maybe the third time the name is on it. But those are usually sponsor or team names, not the name of the driver, I would suspect. I will tell you that the driver's name is on every single suit. Yeah, but is it across the belly button? Who could know? <laughs> Depends how important they are, I suppose. I'm going to go with number three. <laughs> and this is... Casey, who is this? This is Valtteri Bottas, I am sorry to say. We're really kind of pleased, if I'm honest, but it is Valtteri mm -hmm. Bottas. Mm. Uh, as it turns out, a little behind the scenes here, uh, when we were putting this together, I don't remember if it was me or Mike, but one of us realized that their names actually are on their waistlines. So yes, Mike had to crop everything in a little bit <laughs> to make sure the that everyone could get all The original version of this presentation had every single driver's name visible. If Casey <laughs> wouldn't have caught it, this would have been an absolute disaster. But you've done well anyway. But here I is feel like I've done really one. well. Yes, indeed. is this Hamill Lewiston, Lewis Hamilton, or Tony Hamilton? Number two, Lewis Hamilton. That is correct. You knew that one, right? You yeah, knew it's, a, it's like a household name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he sure is because he is Sir Lewis Hamilton and he is the best. Oh, That's gosh, why, please, isn't it, I, Casey? Uh, yeah, I enjoy <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, but oh man, if there's any human being that enjoys Lewis Hamilton, it is Michael Hurley because. You know, My word. you know how many people will know Casey is a very USA, USA person when <laughs> yes. it comes to Formula One. I am that guy to him. Oh, yes, it is so true. Every mm -hmm. we have a group chat. We have a group chat, the wives and us. And every Sunday it, go, it gets it gets crazy in there. And all we hear about is Lewis Hamilton. It is super fun. Well, that is absolutely fantastic thank do we have i don't have any like chat rooms in front of me do we have a final tally i sh if i was a professional i would have tallied them myself someone has to know somewhere we can always come back to it it's fine. what we can but say is he did well we know you that did, did very well. well i am very impressed and thanks again to mike for doing most of the heavy lifting on the names there i thought they were fantastic uh mini max and pro verstappen were easily my favorites but i thought all of them were very very good and more important than anything else we all of us, all of us, all of us viewing, all of us, all of us listening, we have crossed $401,000. Well done. Absolutely amazing. Very, K very well done indeed. Casey, thank you for joining us. Of yeah, course. Thank you, thank you for having thank me. For everything I'm going to go spin the wheel a couple times. Yes, please. Campaign, Best indeed. of luck, everyone. Please keep donating. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, good luck for the rest of the rest of the time, y'all. Thank you. Thank you, Casey. All right, bye, guys. All right, back to the wheel, I believe. I think it might be. I actually don't have my uh, uh, my box of stuff, but I, I believe I can get that, or it can okay. be passed to me. But go, go spin the wheel, and we're going to see what happens right now. I'm excited. Ooh. Oh, here comes the very special jacket. It's jacket time.
Here he goes. I'm excited to see where we're going to land now. We Me have too. another guest coming soon, too, but we're going to do some wheel spins. Don't forget, your donations make this wheel spin, and your donations will mean that me and Steven have to do things. Some are good things, most are not. So you can go and spin, you can donate. Every single donation adds towards the wheel spins. Every time we pass another $2,500 donated, we will add up the wheel spins. I think we have a few in the bank. Don't worry, we will get to them. Steven, spin that wheel. And it's slowing down. At least it's not number 10. Number six. Number six is buy a URL of chat's choice. So, okay. I don't know if we decided who is going to buy the URL, though. One of us has to. Oh, yeah, that's a flaw I tell you what, plan. You, you have a break next. Let's do it that way. Well, I guess it has to be bought immediately. Someone has to not buy it. So we all have to agree here, chat, when we pick this domain, <laughs> you can't all go and buy it. So right. what we're going to do now is we want people in the chat to start throwing out some suggestions for domains. And then our wonderful production team is going to pick one for us and it will be told to us. And we will come back with the domain that has been purchased after our next break. How does that okay. sound? You want to do one more wheel spin? Please give another wheel spin. I'm just going to keep spinning it until the voice in my ear tells me to stop. Mm-hmm. Ooh, here it goes. Here it goes. Number one. The Board of get, Peril. The Board of Peril. Time we go back to the board. Steven, okay. from the left-hand side this time. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Oh, oh! Number one. This is generic building brick of plastic. Walk. Oh no! This is a Stephen-related challenge, wherein yeah. plastic generic Lego bricks of various sizes—not Lego, sorry—building block plastic generic bricks <laughs> will be poured over the ground. And Stephen, as a dad, is very used to what this must feel like of uh, plastic generic building blocks on the ground. They are being poured. I believe that is Grace who is helping us out there yes. over in Memphis. Thank you, Grace. Oh, look at that. Now, Stephen, get those shoes off. Please keep your socks on. This is a family show. And, uh, <laughs> and I want to see you walking across the, the floor there. Okay. You know, in the episode of The Office where they do the fire walk and Dwight like falls into it? Yep. That could happen to me. Yep. Oh, you're going to go the whole way? Oh, look at that beautiful camera work. Oh, yeah. Our camera crew is just on top of it. Okay. Yeah, come on. Go the whole way. You can do this. Oh! There he goes. There <laughs> he goes. It's look so at this. Oh, I drug him. There's Pain a for your money, everyone. It hurts us. This oh, is that true. One, that one is actually sharp. True. <laughs> there he goes. I Good work, Steven. Oh. That's All right, terrible. should we get one more spin in before we move to our next special guest of the evening? Sure. Or the afternoon? Do one more spin. Is it daytime still for you? I don't know. Okay. Yes, it's, it's definitely evening for me. It's half past six for me here in London. Okay, are we ready? Mm-hmm. I haven't put my shoes back on just in case.
Here we go. Number 16. Number 16. That is Stephen Reed's An Apple History Fact. Okay. This is so, exciting. I know that this is one you were particularly excited about because you get yes. to show off your great knowledge. Yes. Uh, as a big calendar boy. Big calendar energy. Mm-hmm. So this is one of my Kickstarter calendars. One of the proofs that I cut up, which really was a painful situation. Mm-hmm. And I have all of the dates that are on my hardware calendar, all inside this uh, Mac Pro case. And I'm going to pick one. Is that the good Mac Pro? No. January 24th, 1984. The first Macintosh... Macintosh. Uh, what? So if sorry? I, if, I find, if I find a Excuse typo me? one of these, I'm going to die. Can you, can you, can you call that... What was the computer called? The Macintosh? <laughs> the, the, the Macintosh. The first Macintosh warned crowd not to trust computers they couldn't lift. There we go. That's a pretty good one to start yeah. with, actually. Start at the beginning, you know? Uh, Stephen, before we get going here... Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I have some... There's just some fantastic domains being put in the chat, so I'm going to look forward to you picking okay, one out at the Thank end. you to Boston and Eric for their donation of $500. Should we talk about wh- where we want our goal to be next? Should we just do it? Should we just say it? It's big stuff. Yeah. Can y'all just do really it? get in, like, right... Just, like... Right here. Adina, can you please help with... Apparently, there's a zooming situation going Adina is going to have to physically move the... No, no, this is a good camera. Whoop, you got to zoom, fix my there pin we, here. There okay, go. you see there us here? Go. Ooh, look at that. God, look how handsome you are. Look at you, but you look at you with your shiny jacket. We want to do half a million dollars this year for the kids of St. Jude. So come on. Yeah, can we some applause in the studio? $1,000. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. By the end of September. Well, and one, of course, five hundred thousand one dollar. You got to go <laughs> yeah. over. Just to That's put right. this into perspective, this year we passed a million dollars total raised over three years, which is an incredible amount because of your support. But this year we want to go that next level. We don't just want to pass a million total. We want to raise half a million this year. So go to stjude.org/relay. It is a truly huge number, but we believe in our community that we can get there together. So go and donate right now at stjude.org slash relay. Share on social media, share in Discord, share everywhere. That's where we want to get to, and we believe you can make it happen for us. That's right. Do you want me to read some of these domain names? If you think that you can trust the chat not to buy them. Okay, so I'll pick one, and then I'll come back. How about that? Yeah, that's, okay. I think that's a great idea. Because I believe that we're now uh, going to be having our next guest. Is that correct? I think so. All right. So, Stephen, we're going to say goodbye to you for a bit. You go catch a breath and buy some domain names, and we'll catch you in a little while. Sounds good. Adina, would you mind zooming out? The drama is over. (laughs) There we go. Back to set. All right. So I think we're going to be joined very shortly by our next guest, who is one of the very wonderful hosts of the Material Podcast here on Relay FM. Uh, and I'm very excited to talk to her. It is Flo Ion. Flo, can you hear me? Hi. Hi. Oh, I can look hear at you that. Just fine. We are I can part hear you just of fine. the Z Flip gang. 
I have the purple one. You have one of the great yeah. cases. I, I've been, I, I Have you seen the case that they have with the strap that goes around the back? I have, but I don't, I don't have it. They didn't send it to me. They sent me this one and the beige one. Buy. Ooh, I like yes. it. All right, so I want, this yes. is what we're going to talk about today. Because okay, I think that folding phones seem quite clear to be one of the very next things in technology. Samsung, they're really pushing the envelope out. But as somebody that I know I've read, uh, you'd re really fantastic review. Was it for Gizmodo, the review? Yes, it was. That's right. It's a really great review that I recommend that everybody goes and checks out. Uh, you can Thank read you. Flo's thoughts in detail about the Z Flip 3. But what do you like about flip phones in general? Uh, I like the versatility. I know that's like a real standard sort of tritely overused answer. But listen, I'm from the camp of the two-in-one. I went over to a two-in-one when Chrome OS started doing it, and now I want it for my Android life. Uh, but the thing is, this isn't my phone. I have to send this back. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to go back to the to just like the regular slate phone life after this and basically wait and see what's next. Um, because although Samsung did a really great job with the Z Flip, Z Flip 3, I should say, there's a bunch of other stuff that we're waiting to come out. I'm waiting for some options. I'm not quite yeah. there yet. Even with even with all the wonderful things that I have enjoyed about this phone, that I'm going to be sad to not have anymore when I have to send it back to Samsung. What are some of those things? What are some of the features, I think, specifically of the Z Flip 3 that have set it apart for you from other phones that you've tried and maybe other Z Flips? Uh, pocketability. Pocket pocketability. We can call it pocketability. I like that. that yes, pocketability. <laughs> just the ability to put it into a bag and not have it take up all the space or a pocket of which, you know, us us wearing the the feminine array of clothing that is out there, we don't really have pockets in those things. Mm -hmm. So, and even when they do give us pockets, they're not very big. So, that's one thing. But the other thing is also just So, you asked me what I like about it. To be quite frank with you, there's still a lot of work that also needs to be done yep. before I could fully transition over to this form factor. Because as much as I love the ability to just sort of like do this and maybe do a selfie confessional or my favorite thing, and this is so vain, but I don't care. This is why they put it on these phones is I love to do a little confessional with the cameras, have it have this on a stand and just sit there and like talk to myself through the viewfinder. You know, you got to document things the way yep. that you possibly can. And I know Samsung put it on there because they're really trying to sell this to the youths, of which I am not. I am no mm -hmm. longer a youth. So there's but still a couple is, things that need to be. Yeah. I think that this is the most, and again, like maybe I sound silly here, but I think this is the most fashionable phone. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree i'm gonna see this pop up it's already popping up on like aesthetic reels everywhere yeah. uh in the video tinge social media channels but like usability the colors as well right so like you have that oh, is it yes. is your green is that a green one that you've got no i have actually got this khaki variant right here okay That's what they sent me mine is mm -hmm. this really beautiful lilac purple it's actually kind of funny really i just realized that apple just brought out the ipad mini and has a purple one samsung beat them to the purple i think so mm -hmm. I, I really, I, I think it just looks so great. And also you're saying about the pocketability thing. What I also just love is just when it's closed, just 
how holdable it is. More than any other phone. It just, just, I've just got it now and and it becomes like a little fidget toy. And in case maybe people will be able to see this, one of the things Flo was talking about is that you can, let me see if I can do this. Double tap the power button. Double tap the power button. And now I am filming the webcam. There you go. (laughs) You might be able to see it there. That's now looking back at you. So you can, you can stand it up like this. Take yeah. a little picture of yourself. Very obviously for a particular kind of user. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to say about usability is that my use case is I'm running after a toddler trying to capture every essence of her life because yep. that's why they put cameras on our phones. And this form factor is still the best. And it's all because of this darn pop socket, I'm telling you. Okay. I have a big so... pop socket person too. On my iPhone, mm-hmm. I have a pop socket po- like permanently. I don't care. I don't want MagSafe. Yep. I want a pop socket. Yep. Same here. Um, I will say I do take this off at night to put it on the wireless charger because I do mm. want that capability. But that's why I get like a nice little soft case to be able to make it easy. Did but you ever absolutely. see the donut, the donut charger? PopSockets donut charger? They made a, yes, a with the little hole in it. I bought one of those. Yes, it did not work. <laughs> it would really? Because you've got to, you also have to ha- choose to put your pop socket exactly where it needs to be to still hit the contacts of the charger. And I just put mine in a place where I guess it doesn't work. I wanted to ask you what art, so you mentioned like running around and that kind of stuff. What, what is it that's not working for you with this device? For the camera situation, for instance, if I'm chasing yep. after a little one, I'm not gonna double tap this and just like follow her like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, these are the cameras that I wanna use. These, yep. these are technically the rear cameras that we're talking about here. Instead, I have to do this whole mechanism, open it up. I have it locked all the time. So Mm -hmm. I put extra security on there. I think I have face unlock. Yeah, just, no, I didn't put it on. Um, But even with face unlock, it takes that extra second to get into the camera app to fire it up. And by then the moment is lost. So there's still like, there's these little considerations that we have to make. And I think this is going to pop up with the uh, the next batch of, foldables and dual screen devices that are coming our way. I think there's yep. going to be a usability that people have to really take into consideration. I do think that we'll get there though. Like I think it, yes. a lot of people, they, they say like, you know, one of the things that really seems to have been mostly solved, Samsung has done a great job this time, durability. Mm-hmm. I have no concerns about this phone. They, take it into they, the shower. Yep, it's not, and that's a big thing. I because I take my phone into the shower to listen to podcasts. I do too. Bless you, right. by the way. <laughs> just put it inside. It's fine. Who needs a speaker? You just put it inside. It's These not directly underneath the stream. It's just a exactly. little bit over here, so you can do a little reading while you know your back gets wet. It's yeah. And that's one of the. I think that's a big, big thing that they've done this time is making this thing waterproof, which I could mm-hmm. not believe when they announced it. It's like, hang on a minute. These things that get killed when you blow on them, right? That was my understanding before, but now they've they've made it work, which is really cool. I mean, they figured out how to stuff in all that all the foam and how to seal the parts necessary to keep water out at least for up to half an hour. Mm-hmm. It's only resistant; right. it's not proof. That would be a super long shower. Uh, you mentioned about other devices, and yes. obviously, I know material. You very frequently talk about Pixel devices. So, could you imagine? Google going in this direction, the foldable yes. direction? What do you think? That I'm already imagining at? it based on what I've been reading about rumors, which by the way, I'm not like, 
I don't see them as, you know, truth or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't, I don't see it as a look ahead. Well, excuse me. I do see it as a look ahead. That's why I'm bringing it up there. I have seen some leaks that are leading me to believe the possibility of a foldable plus. And just to bring in another brand name here, Microsoft is supposedly going to launch mm-hmm. its Surface Duo 2 next week. So that's supposed to be an Android device. It's not a foldable in the sense that the flip and the fold are foldables with the actual screen that creases in the middle. You can actually, on mm-hmm. the video, you can kind of see the little crease with the light touching it. It's there. It's a concession you have to make. But it does bring to mind like all these new form factors that are coming through. And I have to say, on the Android side of things, that makes things exciting. The Did you ever spend time with the Duo, the first Microsoft Duo? Unfortunately, no. I that phone looks so friggin' cool. Like, just looked so cool. But mm-hmm. I really hope, I know that there was like, you know, the resounding reviews from everybody in the space was just, the hardware is amazing, the software can't hold up. I really hope if they're going to do this, they're going to take another run at it and really try and make their version, their flavor of Android, that little bit more responsive because that device just looks so cool. Well, it was also, they pitted it as a phone, which I'm still not completely on board with. I'm just not on board with the idea. I know that the idea of the phone is going away for a lot of us. A lot of us talk we you know retweet the memes of how we don't mm-hmm. like talking on the phone but the fact of the matter is that i still think of a phone in a very like finite sense of it's a thing you hold up to your ear and so when i don't have that out of a device it just completely throws me off balance and the surface duo didn't have some of the things that make a phone a phone like contactless payments which everybody's I mean, moving toward this year even a decent camera which is like table stakes right Oh my God, that was like a big thing. And the problem with the camera is you had to orient the duo in a certain way to actually take a picture, which as the example I provided with this flip, that's just not, it's not feasible. It's not feasible. It's just not feasible. How far away do you think a Pixel folding phone could be? This year, year. next year, a a, a year from now? You think it's a 2022 product? Yeah, I do, because I think Google's going to try and reestablish itself with this Pixel 6 that they're bringing forth, which is already, apparently, you can go see it in the window in New York City, anybody who that. lives in New York City. I have such a, it's like, it's not bad, it's just different. It's such a different way of unveiling their devices now, right? Like, it, the way that they is like, hey, here's the Pixel 6, we'll tell you more about it in like three months. It's a very interesting method of putting their announcements out there. And not just like putting the phone in a window that you can go see physically. Also, the, you know, the little interviews that they've done about like, here's what the hardware is going to be like, what you have to look forward to. We're doing our own TPUs. We're doing this and that. So it's like we already know about this phone. And I think it's because, again, they really want to reestablish themselves. Look, we have a flagship. If this does really well, maybe we'll finally put in that order for all those uh, foldable displays from Samsung. And see what comes in 2022. Do you think they have a chance of it doing really well, the Pixel 6? Based on the buzz I am seeing, I mean, it's a really different device from the, I'm sorry to say this to the last two Pixel phones, but they were, let's say, lackluster. Like, mm-hmm. perfectly fine phones, great camera yeah. hardware, yeah. but 
nothing particularly stand out in terms of design. And with this Android 12 is supposed to bring Material U, this whole new design paradigm. And I think this is just, you know, it, it's like those of us who reinvented ourselves during the pandemic, like we, we really <laughs> had time to sit down and think about what it was that was missing from our lives, what we wanted to do for ourselves. And I feel like Google did that. Google went and got a nice haircut when the salons reopened, and now, yep. but they they have leaned into something with Material U, which is really interesting. You know, it was like iOS fourteen started all of the i like this big trend. It actually, mm -hmm. funnily enough, happened during the podcastathon last year. Was That's when right. Widget Smith by David Smith blew up. That happened while we were uh, while we were live last year, and then it's it set this trend around again of like more people discovering customization stuff. And it seemed like, really, honestly, Google is the company that's picked that up. And they were like, hey, you can do even more here on Android 12. I'm pretty excited to, to play around with that, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I, I've been a little dubious just because what I saw from the beta felt very, again, half-baked. But then they just launched that beta five last week on September 8th and the widgets are coming together. And finally, I'm starting mm. to see what, what it's going to be like. I'm excited. It's been a while since I've been excited. We've been in a lot of darkness. So, you know, yeah. it's like, why not? Some colorful new interfaces coming through. Let's see what wallpapers I can try and spoof the UI with. <laughs> Flo, thank you so much. Extract color. Yes, thank this you guys. So great to talk to you. I'm so <laughs> pleased. I actually think you may be popping up a little later on in the podcast-a-thon as well. We've got, mm. we've got a, a wonderful segment mm -hmm. that's coming up a little later on, mm -hmm. so you might see more of Flo. But Flo, where can people listen to you, hear you, see you on the internet? Oh my gosh. Okay. So first of all, if you want to go read me at gizmodo.com, which is where I work, uh, you can go to flowrights.tech. That is my special little domain name that I have oh, uh, for one. my... That's <laughs> some it? good branding flow. I like it. <laughs> and that's my author page at Gizmodo. So you'll just get the whole reel of everything I've written. The last thing I writ wrote. Uh, and then you can go to florenceion.com if you'd like links to my social media. I've also got my own little Discord. We have a, we have a nice little community made up of listeners from um, Material as well as All About Android, which is the other podcast that I'm on. So, thank you guys. Motsumesk. Motsumesk. Pare bine. I'm showing off my Romanian. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> you sound a lot better than a lot of Americans that try it, I'm just going to say. I'm I have like four say. words, and I do a good job with them. That's Thank all, you, Flo. That's all you need. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right, so uh, back over in Memphis, setting up for something really special, something that we've been uh, super excited about, which we're going to get to in a bit. So you're going to hang out together for a little while, and I'm going to thank some of the people that have donated crazy, wonderful, incredible amounts of money, like Daniel, who just donated $500. We have a $250 donation from the, I'm going to give this a go, I apologize if I butcher this, the Schatzenschneider family. Thank you for $250 donation. Um, we have a $1,000 donation from JD. So JD, just for you right now, I'm going to eat one of these bean boozle beans. All right, JD, let's see what you got me going on here. This is either going to be, oh dear, buttered popcorn or a rotten egg. Now, 
I am just going to say I'm preparing here. I have a cup that was sent to me here from St. Jude. And if it's just too bad, it's going to have to go in the cup. But I will at least get the flavor. Let's see where we go. So, butter popcorn, rotten egg. Oh, God. No, I can do this. Oh, boy. Mm. Mm. Oh, boy. It's not going. Um, I would like to uh, point out Tobias, who donated $140.87, has said it's spelled, it's spelled Schumacher. So I must have spelled the name Schumacher incorrectly. I apologize. I knew there was going to be a spelling error in there somewhere. Oh, my God. I can't get rid of the flavor. Oh, boy. Oh, yes, we have procured some of these. This is not a branded thing. I like this chocolate very much. It's mint-flavored, so it is significantly assisting with the removal. Woo! Oh, boy. So thank you so much for your donation so far. Um... We're at $407,075, which puts us 81% of the way towards our now half a million dollars we are trying to raise together as a community to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I just want to thank, seriously, not only everybody who's donated, but also for all of you that are, uh, that are here and, and watching. I was able to peek at one point during a break about how, to see the viewer numbers, and I... I'm absolutely blown away by just how many of you are here hanging out with us. I really hope that you're having a good time so far. We have so much more left for the show today. We really tons of great guests, tons of great segments, and loads of wheel spins. Uh, I think that right now we have a short video that we want to play that will give you an idea of why we're doing what we're doing here for the kids of St. Jude and why this work is so important and what it means to so many people. So... Um, I think we're going to take that away right now. Cole, he's my miracle child. I've had 10 miscarriages, and I was never able to have any more children. So how does your miracle child get cancer? How does that happen? So it started off with vomiting for no reason. He was also getting headaches, and it was getting to the point where he couldn't even walk home from school because he was in so much pain. We went to urgent care. Uh, we really pushed for a CT scan. There was a, uh, a mass, uh, basically a tennis ball-sized tumor at the, the base, of his, uh, base of his brain. Uh, we were then rushed over to our local children's hospital, and they did the recession there. And that's when he told us that he had cancer. Those are the worst words you can ever hear as a parent, is that your child has cancer. Our oncologist reached out to St. Jude. St. Jude knew exactly what was happening. They already had a clinical trial going on, so he wasn't overtreated. He did 30 rounds of radiation. 
and then he had four rounds of chemo. What exactly is it that you're doing here? When we got here, we signed up for just about every research trial there was. The discoveries that St. Jude makes are shared freely around the world. What was important to me was knowing that anything that we did would help future kids. Because no child should die of cancer ever. Nice, huh? So we had busy days. <laughs> but get out the door, you don't get chemo anymore. They saved his life. They gave him a life to live. After everything, I feel a lot better, like a lot better. Good boy. I have my dog, and I have my family, and now I'm here. Our family motto is family together strong. One for St. Jude's and the people who, who donate and give money. I, I wouldn't have my boy. So, yeah, it, absolutely the people who give to St. Jude are part of our family together strong, by far. I'm a teacher, and kids are my life. And there's so many great things that you can do in the classroom. But I think it's important to teach the children about childhood cancer and St. Jude because through doing that, you teach compassion, and you teach empathy, and you show them how to care for people who are struggling, who are fighting for their lives. You can show them what they can do to help other children. Nobody expects their child to get diagnosed with cancer, but then when they are, you are so grateful that there's a place like St. Jude. Hello. Welcome back to the balloon room. How many balloons do we have in here, Adina? 325 balloons are now occupying the balloon room. And that is because of your incredible donation at stjude.org slash relay. Uh, right now, I cannot see my screen, so I have to ask my incredibly hardworking assistant. I have a car in front of me, a, a trolley, an Ikea trolley. Now on that trolley, I have a PC, which is powering this whole stream. I have a big screen so I can see myself, and I get a view uh, back into Memphis while they're setting up, which I'm really genuinely excited. I'm going to be watching it along with all of you. Uh, I think I'm a little low, so I'm just going to... You know what I can do? I'm just sit in here with you. So <laughs> you can go to stjude.org slash relay right now, and you can donate. When you donate, so many wonderful things happen. Not only are you helping the kids of St. Jude, you're also going to make us do lots of incredible, wild, and wonderful things. I get to run around in balloons. Look, it's only, we've only been going for a couple of hours, I think, at this point. Two hours, and look how many are in here. Can you imagine what this is going to be like in another six hours' time? I want it up here. I want it so I have to go on my tiptoes. Maybe I even need to stand on this chair. This table won't hold me. And then you'll be able to see... Uh, okay, I think we're doing, I'm being told, I have a, I have a earpiece.
real professional. And we're going to be reviewing rewards and incentives. I don't exactly know <laughs> what that means right now. I think we're talking about the things that we're going to be doing and what we're going to be giving. So, ah, this is what we're going to So, $100. So, if you donate a gift of $100 or more, you will be able to get a sticker of thanks pack after the, after the campaign is over. So, what that means is you're going to get a wonderful sheet of stickers, and there's going to be a selection of things. There's going to be one of my face and one of Steven's face. We have a beautiful uh, Relay FM logo in the St. Jude, uh, sorry, in the Childhood Cancer Awareness Month colors. We have a St. Jude sticker and a sticker of the Fever Fighter, the Fever Fighter you're seeing right there on the screen. Fever Fighter was created by a St. Jude patient by the name of Ethan. And this is the superhero that fights the fevers and the sickness uh, to make sure that these kids get better, which is an incredible thing. You'll also note here that donation, you'll see some of these donations pop up. That one, if you donate $100, so I'll tell you something $100 can do at St. Jude. It can, it can pay for a red wagon. And you think, why would they? Well, at St. Jude, they want kids to feel like they're having a fun time for as much as they can. And that's one of the incredible things about that place is they truly try and make it a welcoming place for those children who have to be there. So if they need to move stuff around, if kids need to go from place to place, they'll do what they can to have a red wagon help escort them. Isn't that incredible? It's just something a little fun. And it's one of the things that's so beautiful when you get to go to St. Jude. I've been lucky enough to go there a few times myself. If you donate $500 or more, Stephen will complete a hula hoop. And we've been seeing over the evening already, just in these last couple of hours, just how much he has been improving. Imagine what he's going to be like. He's really going to get that gold medal by the time we're done today. And at $1,000, I if you donate $1,000 or more, I have to eat one of those really, surely, horribly disgusting bean boozled beans. Well, i got like a 50-50 chance, I think, of one being good and one being bad. The real sad thing, the, uh, the rotten egg one that I just ate a moment ago, is could also be butter popcorn, which is one of my favorite flavors those types of jelly beans so we also have some fundraising milestones so every 100 dollars Stephen will put yet another generic plastic brick inside of his hollowed out imac and then more balloons will be added here to the balloon room hundreds and hundreds of balloons are here we have hundreds and hundreds of balloons over there there's a balloon blowing machine over here we have enough balloons to fill this whole thing right up to the top but to do that, we need your donations. So go to stjude.org slash relay and donate today. Also, uh, every $1,000, we're going to hit that button of hype. Uh, I haven't done that in a while. Can I please have my button of hype? We're going to do a mobile button of hype here in the balloons. Uh, on the table. What would it sound like if it was under the balloons? It's down there now. Well, kind of sounded like how you'd expect, really. So I want, seriously, again, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Um, I'm really, really pleased that we're all here together today. Um, we, just, we have a few more minutes, at least, before we're going to hand over back to Memphis. Uh, but I just wanted to, again, talk about, talk about some of the things that I've seen uh, in my time visit in St. Jude. Because I got, I've been, I think, on two or three tours now. Uh, I went during our first year of the podcast, I thought, when me and Stephen were together. And I also was able to visit a few years prior, um, just as a personal visit. St. Jude actually has done in the past tours. So you can go as an individual and see kind of what they're about and everything that they've got going on over there. One of the things that really strikes me uh, about St. Jude 
about the the hospital itself, which I would not have expected, is how kind of fun and welcoming and warm the place is. Because you wouldn't necessarily expect it, right? It's it is a hospital for one, but it is focused on pediatric cancer, which is just an incredibly sad, uh, heartbreaking thing that children have to go through, but anyone have to go through, but especially a child. But I have always come away from there with this feeling of hope, and it's definitely perpetuated in what goes on at St. Jude. You know, that they have all of these activities for children. They try and do their best to make sure that they are taken care of and that they're able to have these full lives in the time that they're spending there. You know, when a child is done with chemotherapy, they have a thing called a nomo chemo party. You may have seen that pop up on the stream, actually. Um, there is a donation amount that if you donate, it will pay for one of these parties. And it's a celebration of the fact that that child has been through chemotherapy, which is, you know, again, like for an adult, chemotherapy is an incredibly hard thing if you have to go through it. And again, imagine a child having to go through that stuff. It's upsetting. It's sad, right? But what we're able to do here together is provide help, provide awareness to an institution, to a place like St. Jude, who is not just treating the children when they need that help, but also learning from it. Right? St. Jude is a research hospital. And what that means is they're able to learn, they treat, and they're able to take that knowledge and turn it into cures. You know, in the time that St. Jude has been around, the childhood cancer survival rate has gone from 20% to 80%. They flipped it on its head, right? St. Jude's whole thing is that no child should die in the dawn of life. That was something that Danny Thomas, the founder of St. Jude, said. And it's such a simple thing, but it's just so beautiful as an idea, right? No child should die in the dawn of life. Everybody deserves to live a full life. Why should we not put the effort that we have, the money that we have into science to help find these cures for cancer? Because we can do it. It's happened. Later on today, I, we're going to hear me. I was talking to uh, a doctor, Dr. Ferlaghi, and we're going to talk to uh, them a little bit later on. And we're going to talk about some of the work that happens when a cure is actually found for a type of cancer. So, you know, it's, it, we've, we've been able, we've been lucky enough in previous years to be able to talk to some of the incredible researchers and doctors uh, who work on this stuff at St. Jude. And it tends to be like, okay, we're still trying to work this out. We're still trying to find a cure. But what about when you do, when, when a cancer can be completely treated, then what happens and what can we learn from it and what happens after that? So I'm really excited for you to get to hear that later on because it's another example of why these donations are so important from what they enable St. Jude to be able to complete. And again, you've heard Stephen talk about this, especially if you were in uh, the first podcast-a-thon where I was a very lucky to get to talk to Stephen's incredible partner, Mary. And we were able to talk about what their family life had been like. We have this personal connection to St. Jude because of Stephen's oldest son. And, you know, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor very early on in and St. Jude have been able to get to the, like this incredible kid to the point where he is able to live a full life. You know, like his chances were not great. And it was because of the wonderful, incredible work of St. Jude that he is around this happy, incredible kid to this day. You know, like 
we were talking about this uh, earlier on today. Like, Josiah loves doctors. And you think, how could that be? He spent his entire life around doctors. It's like, because these doctors at St. Jude are so good, and they believe in this so much, that it changes the view that you would have on it. And it creates this incredible chance for these children to live and also to have a different perspective on their own lives as they move forward. It, it tr- I cannot say enough good things about this institution, like, just from a what it does for the world, but also what it has done for my best friend's family. Like That's why we are here, because of this connection that we have to this place. And the incredible work that they do just changes lives. And so that's why we want you to raise. So I want you all right now to go to stjude.org slash relay and donate what you can. Uh, but right now over in Memphis, we have something really special that we've been looking forward to because there's a lot of really incredible things going on now uh, when you think about St. Jude and see what they're up to. So I'm going to hand over back to Stephen Hackett, who's over there in the studio, and uh, we're going to have that interview for you. Just give us a few seconds. <laughs> so as you can see, Stephen, there he is, looking really handsome. And uh, look at the wheel behind him. <laughs> it looks like it's emanating from him. How special is that? Look at him. He looks so great right now. Oh, it's back. We're back to me. So uh, just some technical difficulties there. This is what happens when you're trying to put on something across uh, the entire globe. We're spanning here. So we have me obviously in London, Stephen in Memphis. I think we mentioned this earlier on, but Stephen is actually in the St. Jude campus. They have these incredible facilities there that we were able to be at uh, together in the first year. Uh, and that's where Stephen is right now. And uh, he's going to be broadcasting from there for the rest of the evening. Um, and I'm just waiting to find out if we've got, if we've got audio back for Stephen, and then hopefully we can get this underway. We are rebooting the soundboard, is what I'm being told right now, which sounds horrifically scary. Go to stjude.org slash relay, and you can donate right now. Um, we've got some, as I say, we've got tons of great stuff for you over the next few hours. Um, we have many more guests and challenges to complete. Uh, I think challenge number one is <laughs> getting back to the studio uh, over there. Um, but look, you can see we're going to do a quick test here. You might hear Stephen's voice. If he can hear me, I don't think he can. Stephen's looking around. Nope, he doesn't know. He doesn't know we're looking for him. He's now explaining to somebody and pointing at the board. Um, and so we're, 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 we're going to make this work, and it's going to be worth it. I promise you of that. Look, who thought that this was going to be flawless? Of course. What are we? We're a couple of podcasters. What do we know? All right, we're ready to go now. I'm going to hand it back. to give another go. A big round of applause if we can get it, everyone. Stephen Hackett over in the studio. Hello, it's me again. Remember me? 
Hi, I'm the British one. <laughs> I'm the one that you keep hearing from when you're not expecting it. We're hello, it's me again. All right, this is going to be worth it. I promise. I promise this is going to be worth it. We're just working on microphones. You know, you know those things, right? Microphones. They're uh, it could be tricky beasts. Um, I have a view of what's happening in the studio. I'm watching Stephen run around right now. Uh, what can we do in this moment? What can we do? Oh, you see? Now I hear in my ear, you know what you should do, Mike? You should eat a bean boozled bean. Yeah, sure. That's what I want to do. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> okay, so. All right, we're going to spin the bean boozled wheel. All right, we are on, oh dear, juicy pear or booger. I don't like the sound of that. I don't even like saying it, to be honest. Yeah. All right, here we go. I taste like a pear. To be honest, I actually don't like the pear flavor. So, I don't know what would be worse, to be honest. But, I'm assuming that's a juicy pear. Hello, Mike. Oh, hey, there he is. Thank you can hear me now? I can hear you. I don't want to tell you what was wrong because it's embarrassing to me, but, but we're good. Oh, we just got a wonderful donation from Robot MLG. Is that like Major League Gaming? Of $1,024. Stephen, I don't know if you know, but that brings us up to $411,000. That's Praise awesome. for the kids of St. Jude. Thank you, now, Mr. Robot. I believe I can safely pass over to you. Yes, third time's going to be the charm. Goodbye. Hello. Oh, Mike's gone. Well, we're back. I think everyone can hear me now. I have to confess that was my fault because I had muted my laptop when I got up. So my bad, everybody who ran around. My fault, okay? Uh, I'm joined today. It's a real honor to talk with you. Uh, Rick Shadiak, the CEO of AllSack. Good to see you, Stephen. You thank too. You, thank you for having me here. Thank you for joining. I'm really sorry about what we've done to your room here. I think it looks really cool. Yeah. I think it looks really cool. Well, so. you, can keep a, you can pick a bouncy ball. Okay. To take home with you. I'd like that. Okay. Um, we're both vaccinated. We're safely uh, apart, so uh, we can do without I'm masks. Va I'm vaccinated. You say you're vaccinated. Yes, sir. I, you know, and I, we're, more, we're socially distanced. Let's do this. Okay. Conversation. All tangled up here. There we go. Okay, so I've got uh, a few questions I want to ask. I have index cards because I'm a professional. Okay. Even though I was I, the one use, who screwed up the audio a second ago. It's all good, man. I use <laughs> index cards too. It's yeah, good. It's yeah. all good. Um, so my history with St. Jude's Long, uh, I've got a survivor uh, son. He's getting ready to be 13. Was, Josiah. Josiah, that's right. Yeah, I love it. Um, he was diagnosed as a six-month-old. And uh, we've learned over the years that St. Jude's a really special place. And I think for different families and different people, that word special may mean different things. Um, what about St. Jude is special to you? Well, certainly the families that I get the privilege to meet every day. Um, you know, what I think is particularly special for me is the whole founding story um, and, and why St. Jude was brought into existence and why it was put in Memphis, Tennessee. You know, it's a story, Stephen, that I'm familiar with because my father was one of those persons mm -hmm. that before there was a St. Jude that Danny Thomas talked to. So. I reflect back on that and the decisions that those guys made back in the 50s, uh, and I wonder what decision I would have made back in mm. those days. So that's something that I think about, and I think about also all the families that have passed through our doors and all the families that are going to still come. So 
There's a lot on my brain when it comes yeah. to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm a native Memphian, so okay. St. Jude's always been in my backyard. Okay. Um, and I wonder if you could tell a little bit about that that founding story, because 1950s is a very different time yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, so how did St. Jude end up here? Yeah, so, um, you know, the story as recounted by my father, and I, I did have the privilege of also getting to know Danny Thomas. And so, look, they were going to build a specialty children's hospital, so they had gotten word that they didn't want to build another general children's hospital. They wanted to build a specialty children's hospital. Um, they decided that they wanted to tackle an incurable disease, and that's why they decided to take on leukemia, which mm -hmm. had a survival rate of 4% back wow. in the 50s, right? Wow. So 96 out of 100 kids that would be diagnosed would pass away. and you know, it was so bad back in those days that moms and dads were told to celebrate half birthdays. So just oh, imagine gosh. hearing those that news. Uh, and, and then, you know, there was this idea that, that we wanted to make sure that we were providing access to quality specialty health care to all kids, regardless of race, regardless of economic status. And unfortunately, uh, our wonderful city, Memphis, Tennessee, like much of the South, mm -hmm. was a segregated city right. in the 1950s. And we said, you know what? We're going to put it right here, Danny Thomas said. We're going to put it right here in Memphis, Tennessee. And when we open our doors, we're going to welcome kids from all backgrounds, mm -hmm. races, creeds, religions, and economics, economic backgrounds. And uh, that's the story. And yeah. Cardinal Stritch was really instrumental in guiding Danny Thomas here as well. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I, I can, it's hard to imagine how radical that must have been. Um, and, and I think in a sort of a similar vein, St. Jude is still a radical place because all these families that come to the doors, like you said, uh, those kids are all treated without being billed. No, absolutely. To show you how radical it was, the community didn't like this idea, hmm. okay? The community actually said, uh, yeah, you guys may be able to open your doors, but, you know, where's the separate bathrooms? Where's the separate water fountains? Then we didn't have housing facilities back in those days. So, you know, we had to use hotels. And the hotel said, well, we'll take your white families, but we're not going to take your black families. Mm. And, you know, Danny Thomas and Dr. Pinkle were like, what are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> and then they said, well, maybe they can stay here, but they can't eat in the same dining rooms. And so, well, what don't you get about this? Right. right. You know, so, it, but ultimately they capitulated. We were instrumental in helping to integrate the hospitality industry. Hmm. There were never any separate bathrooms or anything like right. that. And from day one, no family received a bill from St. Jude. Yeah. And as someone who's been on the receiving end of that, it's, it's an amazing thing. I remember when we uh, first came over to St. Jude and, you know, I had heard that, right? Grew up around here my whole life. I've had family in and out of here as employees over the decades, but when you're at the, the, the end of a, of a gift like that, of a blessing like that, it really is life-changing. Yeah, it, it, I, I've heard that from many, many families. And, uh, you know, we're blessed. That's all due to the public support, right? right. This model is so unique, right? Uh, so the fact that the public has continued to support us now for almost 60 years, when you <laughs> think about that, um, it, it's just an incredible mission. Yeah. We're blessed. So you've spent quite a few years around St. Jude, uh, talked about your dad. Do you have a, a favorite story or memory that that comes to mind in thinking about your time here? Look, there, there's a couple, if you don't mind. I mean, sure. look, there was one just the other night, uh, you know, when Haley Arsenault and three other people took <laughs> off to outer space. Uh, you know, I, I, said, I said this to a couple of my team members. I wonder what my dad and Danny Thomas would have thought about <laughs> us joining, you know, hands to do a, a mission to space. So it was definitely that. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I will never forget uh, my father's retirement party, probably for a very weird reason. <laughs> but, 
You know, my, my dad has literally given 50 plus years of his life to St. Jude before um, he passed away. And, and his retirement party was not very long. He, he, he died not that long afterwards. Mm. And so many families like you came up to me and my brother that night and said, thank you for sharing your father with me. Mm. Um, and you know, dad, dad missed some stuff. There's no question about that. Sure. That's cool. That's totally cool, <laughs> right? Um, but you know, he did always try to make it back for our Tuesday or Friday basketball games and when we were in high school and things like that. But so many families just said, mm. your father was a father to me when, or a grandfather to me when you know, I was going through all of this. Wow. Just total strangers. I hadn't met him before, okay? Right. So as a son, you know, I saw my father in a different light. And then there's also uh, special moments, Stephen, of, of families or one in, individuals that you spend particularly critical periods of time with them during their cancer journey, sitting with young Markel the, the day before, just shortly before he was going in to get his leg amputated or sitting, sitting with Bridget and her amazing mother, um, right after she got her leg amputated. Mm. I mean, these are memories that will be forever yeah. um, burned into to my brain. And, and I feel so, I feel so blessed mm. to have had those experiences because it's made me a better human being and a better father and a better yeah. husband and just a better person. Yeah, that's been my experience as well. I, I'm, I would not be the person I am today without this place. Yeah. Um, so that was the past. Let's talk about the present a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I went to journalism school so I can do clever things like past, present, and then future is going to be next. Okay. Pretty good, I right? I got it. Pretty okay. good. You're um, really logical. I, I do what I can. Okay. Uh, not all journalists are logical. Well, that's a topic for a okay. different I'm, interview. I'm probably not supposed to uh, say that, so okay. <laughs> uh, so obviously in 2021, the world's a different place than it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, what have some of the challenges been in shepherding an organization of this size and this importance through... Yeah really an unprecedented couple of years. You know, Stephen, and I've talked to a lot of CEOs about this, there's no playbook for a pandemic, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this particularly unique pandemic, there's just absolutely no playbook. So we were all kind of flying by the seat of our pants, right? Um, the good news from our perspective was that I think that you were, we were as prepared as you could be. We had made substantial investments in technology and our digital fundraising capabilities. Mm -hmm. So we had firmly uh, started our, 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 ourselves on a journey to be a digitally transformed company. So we were well positioned. Now look, to, to move 1,500 employees uh, to remote work, to working from home was a major task. But you know, because we were so far along on our digital transformation, it made that it made that you know change a mm -hmm. little bit easier to accomplish. And I'm just so proud of our team members. Our team members were incredible. Um, they've they've been so resilient. We had to change the way we operate. I mean, you know, we couldn't do in-person activities. You yeah. and I couldn't be doing this right mm -hmm. now. We thankfully both have the vaccine. And um, but but you know, when you totally change your business model, I mean, that that causes a lot of angst. And mm -hmm. we knew we had to be nimble. We knew we had to be agile. And 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 I will tell you, Stephen, the last thing I'll say because I could talk about this forever. <laughs> I hearken back to some advice that my father gave to me because I started as the CEO here during the Great Recession. And he told me point blank, he said, Rick, you're not going to cut your way out of this alone, okay? At that point, not-for-profits and businesses were just cutting expenses, okay? Yep. Dad said, you got to make investments. And if you believe in something, invest in what you believe in. And, and you know, the truth be told, we did that and we were able to weather the pandemic and yeah. actually raise more money than we've ever raised. Yeah, that's amazing. I know it's in our little fundraiser here, we've seen... 
20 was higher than 19 and we're on our way to that again this year and it's it's really amazing you know one thing that we've talked a lot about in our campaign is that uh, St. Jude's not going to stop you know we, we've uh, the mission continues regardless of what's going on in the world and you know I'm sure that that y'all all felt that weight of we've got to show up and do this because you know St. Jude can't stop because cancer's not well, first thing we have to do is correct the journalist and say, this is no small fundraising campaign. Y'all have raised $411,487 <laughs> and you're 82% to your goal. That's amazing. That is amazing. So that's a tribute to you and everybody that follows you. And so that's just absolutely incredible. But you know what I was really worried about too, though, Stephen? I, I knew that cancer wasn't going to stop during a pandemic. Yeah. I knew kids were still going to get cancer. We were obviously incredibly worried that these kids that get cancer obviously are immunocompromised and we right. needed to make sure that they were safe and taken care of as best we possibly could. And then I was worried that would people still remember about St. Jude during a pandemic mm. when rightly, although the focus should have been on how are we going to get through the pandemic, how are we going to sure. help people that are experiencing hunger and food insecurity. Uh, and then, of course, we had George, George Floyd happen during that same mm -hmm. period of time. And, and I was like, man, I hope people can find a place in their heart for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and families like yours and, and Josiah. Um, and, and guess what, man? They did. They did. It's that power of, the, power of human compassion. Man, people just stepped up like you couldn't believe, and, and we feel so, so fortunate. Uh, we've been around St. Jude for 12 years, yeah. and I reflect on our more than a decade here. Uh, it's really sort of like simple ways. Like there are a lot more buildings here than there used to be. Just lot, wait. Just wait. Of, well, that's what I want. That's what I want to ask a little bit. I know that that St. Jude and Allsack have uh, charted a course for growth uh, in the coming years. I wonder if you could share maybe a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm so proud to you know that that Dr. Downing and the St. Jude leadership have announced an 11.5 billion dollar. That's right, billion dollar investment in our mission over the next six years. I can share with you and all your listeners that. That's just the start. I have reason to believe that, that we'll be spending more money than that, um, God willing, over the next uh, six years. And, and you know, what I'm super excited about are a couple of things. First of all, we're going to try to tackle those particularly difficult to cure cancers. So, so why do some brain tumors have survival rates below 20% right. when the overall survival rate for brain tumors is 70 to 80%? Why does a young infant, a baby that gets acute lymphoblastic leukemia have a less than 50% chance at survival, when the overall survival rate for leukemia now is 94%. Wow. We've got to do better, right? So those are areas that we're going to focus on. Another area that I'm super excited about is our global initiative. Uh, and we're, we're going to make material investments in our global mission. You know, around the globe, Stephen, 400,000 kids are going to get cancer this year. And most of those kids live in low and low and middle income countries. Mm -hmm. Survival rates are completely different. Here in the United States, due in large part to the work done at St. Jude, we've taken survival rates from 20% in 62 to 80% today. And that's not good enough because still one in five die, right? right? But low and low and middle income countries, that survival rate is 20% or less. And St. Jude has announced a bold initiative in partnership with the World Health Organization where we seek to raise the overall childhood cancer survival rates for the sixth most common forms of childhood cancer from 20% today to 60% by 2030. Yeah, that's this decade. It's coming up. <laughs> yeah, so I just think about the millions of kids that could be impacted by that. Yeah. And I get excited because I know one thing that our founder would want, want me to say today. Our founder 
I believe, and I bet you believe, and I bet everybody listening to us would say, where a child lives should not dictate that child's health care outcome. Absolutely. A child in El Salvador should be saved just like a child here in the United States or a child, you know, in, 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 in Russia or even, you know, in China, wherever it may be, mm-hmm. okay? Every child, every child deserves a chance to live, and that's what we're all about here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a, it's a, it's a beautiful picture, and as a Memphian, it makes me proud. Yeah, you know that yeah. this this seed that was planted here is going to show flowers everywhere. It's really pretty cool. I, I love hearing that. I want to help kids everywhere. That's, that's right. What this is all about, and we can only do that, Stephen, because of the support of the public and incredible fundraisers like the one that you're doing right now. Yeah, our audience has been amazing this year. It's been really humbling to see. God bless you guys, because it it's incredible what you all are doing. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, a lot of what we talk about in some of our podcasts is sort of the productivity space. Uh, a lot of us are interested in sort of the science of work. And I know you're a busy guy. you got a lot of obligations. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about some of your uh, you know, decision-making frameworks that you, that you run through throughout, I'm sure, was a very busy week-to-week schedule or hour-to-hour schedule probably yeah yeah it's or minute by minute Minute minute, yeah (laughs) as it goes but so you know i'm trained as a lawyer i practiced law for 27 years so one of the skills that i think i've built up over time is kind of having that mental checklist Uh, you know every time i start uh, to a decision-making process i i want to think about all of the stakeholders Mm -hmm. so who's going to be affected by this decision and many times people just don't understand that that is a broad set of people okay so you don't just make a decision based upon you know one particular Mm -hmm. subset you got to think about the overall brand the overall business the overall effect and the overall mission Uh, and then you know i tick through in my brain a couple of things you know i think about brand i think about obviously revenue expense i think about risk reputational risk uh, I think about legal issues. Um, so there's a whole checklist that mm-hmm. I have in my mind, and my team members will tell you that I ask them all the time whether or not they've thought about this, whether they've thought about that. And and then we go back and forth a little bit. I'm a big, you know, since I am a lawyer, I love people that play devil's advocate with mm-hmm. me. I want to understand what the other side of the argument is uh, and, and always want to understand what the business objective is uh, behind any decision that I may be making. So that just gives you a little sense okay. of what's... So it sounds like you're sort of into the... Uh... Uh, when the time is right, that collaborative work environment. Oh, you get, yeah, those, you to get those voices in. Absolutely. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I run a little company of about 40 people, and it's a lot smaller than Allsack, but even a company that size, you know, you think about everything from the, the top line to the bottom line to the food people are putting on their table at the end of the night, you know, and that's, that's without the burden of trying to rid the world of pediatric cancer. You, we're not doing that at Relay FM, you know, we're just doing podcasting. That's but. not just <laughs> podcasting. You're, you are, you're helping us and you're helping St. Jude because right now you're creating awareness and you're raising funds. So yeah. you are in the same there business that I'm in, right? Right. And also, you know, the other thing people should understand is, is make sure that you're, you're seeking a, a diversity of perspectives, okay? So, you know, I want to make sure that the team I surround myself with is different than me. If everybody looks like me and you, okay, yeah. as two white males, that's not going to cut it, man, okay? That's not the world, okay? So you want to make sure that you've got diverse people around you that are not going to be afraid to give, you know, bring a different perspective yeah. to the table so you can consider all perspectives. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I had a, a suggestion. I mean, you don't get to talk to the boss very often. Sure you do. Uh, then we can maybe spin the wheel and see what happens. Let's, I'll do whatever um, you'd like to do, man. All right. So I also have been completely inspired by this private civilian space mission that's going on. Inspiration for uh, a big space fan, big space nerd myself. And so watching that the other night, I mean, 
Yeah, right here in the chest. Oh my god. Um, and just I, I think it would be cool. You know, I'm down. I'm on campus a good bit. I think it would be cool to pull in one day and see that Falcon 9 rocket, see that Crew Dragon capsule here. I think this would be a Ooh. great final resting place for that space hardware. I, I, I love that. Now, what do you yeah. think Elon would say to that? I, I think he should say yes. Okay. Well, I think he should say yes, too. Yeah. So I'll let you make that phone call. Okay. okay? I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll tweet at him. I can do okay, that. Okay, do that. He'll <laughs> back at you. I can guarantee you that. And you might not like the answer. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for your time today. My pleasure. Um, thank you. So the way that this is working, okay, the uh, even numbers are good things that Mike okay. or I get to do. Okay. The odd numbers, we come over to what we're calling the board of despair, board okay. of peril, excuse okay. me. And uh, all those numbers are something not so good, like the Lego walk or Mike has to eat a jelly bean that may taste like death, you know, whatever it may oh, be. Oh, boy. Uh, so I thought maybe we'd give the wheel a spin and see what happens. And, and that's for you to do it, not me, right? That's Just so we're perfectly clear. Do. That's for me. Okay, I'll, well, that take, I'll take it for the team. So do you want me to? Do you want me to shoot for something that might be positive or? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Positive yeah. vibes. Yeah. So we can. Uh, okay. We can come spin the wheel over here. here there we go. go. Oh, you get the Bob Barker microphone. All right. Well, here we go. Never had a Bob Barker You feel powerful when you hold it, I, I I've discovered. It's like kind of bigger than me. <laughs> okay, so we're going to spin this, and the good, the good ones are the even. Yes, sir. Right, well, even number. Let's start on an even one. There you go. Okay. Better vibe. Right? Yeah, and you got to let it rip. It really, it, it wants to go fast. To go fast. There we go. Come on, even. Come, Come on, on even. even. Keep going. Ah! Oh, oh, look at that. Oh, look, it's a 10. It's a 10. Hey, okay, there you go. And uh, what is number 10? I don't, have, I don't have them memorized. What's number 10? Take a swing at the PC. Oh, oh boy. Take a swing at the PC. Yeah. So um, you're going to need these. I'm gonna I've been told that you have to wear these. Okay, I'll do that. So we, have, we, we are Apple fans as a group. Okay. And so I have an IBM computer back here from the okay. 80s. Got it. And we've been uh, taking swings at it. I see that. And uh, so, I mean, if you yeah. want to take a swing, you can. But I'm happy to do it. I'll, let's both do it. This sounds oh, like a terrible idea. Is that this okay is with everybody? We'll both do this it. This is good. A lot of nervous-looking people out here in the studio. <laughs> okay, so we got to come if we have enough microphone cable. Do we have the clearance for this? Try. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm watching. I'm just as nervous as the rest of you. Okay, well, here we go. <laughs> All right. You go. You go first. I want to see oh, how boy. violent you're going to be. Go gentle, Stephen. <laughs> okay. Looks like a pretty bad hit. You got the corner, man. Okay. Oh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Oh, Rick's got better than that. So, okay. So you want all the little pieces to come flying out at me. Is that what you're saying? I got the goggles. Okay. Well, let's, here we go. Okay. Here we go, guys. Are we all this right? is fantastic. Oh, my God. This couldn't have gone any better. Absolutely. Let's see. Fundraiser guy. I, I would say that, uh, oh, look, it go it's going up right there. Let's do it. All right. Thank you, Patrick. Okay. Here we go. This. Bat, baseball bat kills cancer. That's right. How about that? Cust, custom made. Okay. I played baseball long time. Oh my god. Go. <laughs> I've been doing down. Here we go. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's good. Oh, yeah. Progress. Well done, sir. Incredible. Right, Thank you so much for joining All us. All right. That was the best moment. We're not going to top Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Right. All right. Wow. Well, uh, we are going to pick up some broken pieces of plastic and uh, roll a video, and we'll be back in just a second. That was amazing. All right. Thanks for being She said, Mom, when I grow up, I'm going to raise money for St. Jude. And she wrote a speech. And I'm going to ask people to support the hospital, and this is what I'm going to say. Haley was in the fourth grade. She was 10 years old, and she was into everything. I loved spending time with my friends, watching Bruce Lee movies, because we were all really into martial arts. She was doing Taekwondo, and she started complaining about her knee hurting. So I took some ibuprofen, felt a little bit better, but then it started coming back and got worse. We were leaving school and she was kind of limping, kind of dragging her leg and limping. And I was like, what's the matter? And she said, my knee, my knee hurts. At that point, my mom looked at my leg and saw about an orange sized tumor above my left knee. And I just knew something serious was wrong. The doctor like, took one kind of look at it. She said, you need to go have an x-ray, like right now. And I'll never forget, she immediately brought us into her office, showed us the x-ray and said, this is bone cancer, osteosarcoma. That was the first time we heard the word cancer. I just felt so helpless. And I just said, I don't want to die because everyone I had known at age 10 who had cancer had passed away. And I thought cancer was a death sentence. My disease is called osteosarcoma, and it's a bone cancer. It's very serious. If you don't catch it fast, it spreads. It wasn't until we went to St. Jude a few days later when I actually started feeling hope. When we walked in the doors of St. Jude, we walked up to the front desk, and I'll never forget, my mom tried to say my name and just burst into tears. The receptionist came from around the desk and gave my mom a big hug. She goes, it's gonna be okay. She said, you're part of the St. Jude family now, and we're gonna take care of her, and we're gonna take care of you too. And that's when I knew I was at the right spot. And honestly, truer words were never spoken. We really became a family. The tumor's both inside the bone and grows out of the bone. So her uh, tumor was in the, the end of the thigh bone, just, in, just above the knee joint, all the way to the knee joint, so it involved the growth plate. Biggest growth plate in the leg is the one right above the knee, which we had to resect. So we put in a fairly, at that time, fairly new prosthesis called the Phoenix, which allowed expansion of the prosthesis to keep the legs equal until she reached skeletal maturity. It would expand my leg about two centimeters in 30 seconds, which ultimately saved me several surgeries and just gave me so much more quality of life. Without having to go through surgery after surgery, the prosthesis could expand every time I needed to grow. I'm trying to lift my leg like my right leg, but it's, 
I can't do that yet because my muscle isn't strong enough. It's her enthusiasm, her determination that we saw, the way she rehabbed, the way she fought her disease. It really is, it's a fight. And she took the fight to the osteosarcoma and she won. Thank Jude made it so that we really didn't have to worry about hospital bills and those kinds of things. And we could just focus on having time with her because nothing was guaranteed. When you're dealing with a catastrophic illness like this, it is something where you have to try to live in the present. And you have to enjoy those moments because that might be all you have. My dad died of, of kidney cancer two years ago. And, um, and it was so difficult watching from the sidelines. And I remember whenever I was going through treatment, just really feeling like I was the one going through it. Um, but whenever I saw him suffer and just feeling so helpless, I realized what a, a, hard, a hard experience it was for the families. I just loved you. Cancer made me who I am. But not just cancer, St. Jude. I knew from when I was in treatment that all I wanted to do was work at St. Jude. So when I got my dream job, it was the happiest moment of my life. And um, it's, it's the happiest thing that's ever happened to me. It's, it's truly the biggest honor of my life, getting to work with these kids. What, what's your move? St. Jude gave me my child's life and they kept her spirit. St. Jude saves lives. I mean, not only did they save my life, but getting to work here, I see these brave kiddos. I wrote this speech when I was 10 because I wanted to grow up and raise money for St. Jude. And I told my mom, I was like, this is what I'm gonna say. They saved my leg and they saved my life. For me, St. Jude didn't feel like a cancer hospital, but a place where I was surrounded by love. And we are back. Oh, uh, man, that video, Stephen, I don't know if you could see it, but that one was a real... <laughs> oh, it was about Haley, who's on the inspiration mission now. Yeah. It was her story. Oh, my God, man, I'm tearing up over here. <laughs> that's, that's a real rough one, but an incredible story. Like, truly, yeah. um, so inspirational. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. The, the, whole, the whole mission has is, is blown me away. Uh, but we got some catching up to do. I want to thank the Payne family for their gift of $1,001. But we've got some wheel spinning to do, Mike. Let's, wheel, let's spin that wheel, man. Around it goes. Here we go. It is number three, so I got to move over. Oh, is this apparel time? It is. Oh, boy. Board of Peril. All right. You know, if this board was made up of clothes, it would be Board of Apparel. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I heard, well, my, I heard that. No myself. one in this room laughed at that. Not a single, yeah, single person. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Wow. <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm not here surprised. we go. All right. Here we go. Where are we going to end? Two. Number two. One day of Android use. Okay. So. Right? Yep. One day of Android use. One day mm -hmm. of Android use. So that so will be our means, primary Steve, phone. Steven. Yep. Can you explain that? I, I spoke over you. I apologize. Explain that a little bit more. Well, it's, um, it's going to be a day long, and we have to use Android. 
So I think that's that it. So if you if you see, I, I, we're gonna. I guess we'll start from tomorrow. Probably. Yeah. We'll work that you, out later. But yeah. These are gonna accumulate, and we'll talk about it at the end of the stream today. Yeah. And if you if you, if we're in that time period, and you see Twitter for iPhone, you know that we're sinning. So don't want that. That should be a two hundred dollar donation <laughs> if we're caught. <laughs> yeah. You catch if us. If you catch us. That's you catch really us. Two hundred dollars. That, that's really we'll good. We'll talk about later on when we're going to do those. Steven, spin that wheel again. Okay, I want to do it from here. So I don't have to move. Beautiful. Oh, what URL did you buy, by the way? Number one. So we got to come over here. I bought uh, the Mac and whatever it was, whatever I said. Oh, that was great. I forget. We'll, we'll have to come back on that. Does anybody we'll know your only ball? But it redirects to the campaign page, whatever it is. Excellent. Oh. Number oh. four. One day of phone case use. Yes. Okay. I'm so excited. Okay, Adina, please pass me my surprise phone case. So me and Steven picked for each other phone cases that we need to put on our phones again also for a day of use i figure we will start these concurrently maybe i think we should start actually what we'll do we'll definitely do the phone cases first and then we might wait until that's done and then start android because okay. we're going to be changing our phones in like a week and these will probably won't fit anymore yeah okay so we're, are we opening our boxes together yeah so we chose these for each other. Neither <laughs> of us know what's going on. Oh, God. I actually don't know what one you ended up with. You can see this? Yes! The furry it's big one! It's fuzzy, and okay. it's uh, got rhinestones on it. You know what? I, I can see mine. I can oh. See I... oh, look at this. Yep. It's nice. I want you to understand what it's like to use that kind of phone. So I knew this was going to happen. I was thinking to myself last night, what's Stephen going to get for me? And I'm 100% correct. It is not only... A stars and stripes. Can you, Adina? Can you please show the people? It has an eagle on it. Is the yes. flag on fire? Uh, but it's it's the fire of burning freedom. Okay. Or something. So, uh, Mike, Adina, I have to go. Mike, I have tickets to a football game tomorrow. Well, <laughs> you can say, Adina, please post in my phone. <sighs> I know that you're posting to social media like a champion for me right wow. now. Wow. Going. Th this is just. It matches my shirt. That's incredible. Why is it like that? Did you get me a, a tissue, a paper towel? There's all oil in the case. Why is there oil well, in there? I don't know. That, I didn't pack it. Do we want to do one did. more one more spin before uh, we have a, bring on our next special guest? Sure. We have a lot of these to get out of the way. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that we want to do. I want to... I'm really... Okay, so... You... All right, so here we go. Number seven. Border seven. peril time. There's so much weird oil in this case. <laughs> Why is this so greasy? That's it's very American. America. There you go. Yeah, I guess. Oh. Two. Number two. Another day of Android use. So that's now two total days. I will ask someone in our production team, please, to keep track of these yes. days for us. Yes. Uh, what Android phone will you be using, Mike? Z Flip, baby. Z Flip. I have a Google Pixel 
Z5A I'll be using. One of the reasons I bought the Z Flip this year is because I knew this was coming for me. Okay. Do we have time for one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay, one more. Thank you. I have more balloons. Jason Snell, the one Jason. donation. Jason, Jason Snell, timing Jason. his donation just right. That's what I love about yeah. him. Jason wants you to eat a bean, so I'm going to go do this and you get a bean ready, Mike. Adina, can you get me a pamphlet of bean? You can just spin and... Number eight. TikTok challenge. That's another okay. TikTok challenge. So that's two TikTok challenges, two days of Android use, and Mike is going to eat a jelly bean of fear. So this one's either going to be... And one day a phone case. This is going to be either the peach or the buff. I didn't get the buff. Whoop. Peach again. Unless, you know, peach and buff taste the same. Judge out. Uh, I just got a peach one again. So thank you for that, Jason. Um, I would like to thank Jason Snell personally. Thank you. So, Jason, thank you very much for that. Quinn. Thank Quinn you, with Quinn. a $1,420.69 donation. Very nice. Is that some kind of nerd joke? Probably. Jason, I can see Jason Snow right now, and he's nodding his head. So it's a nerd joke of some kind. It's probably like, that's a bit. I don't know. Or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Well, a gigabit? Uh, gigabyte. Yeah, a gigabit. Well, speaking of Jason Snell, I'm going to be joined by my Liftoff co-host right now. Mike, you mm -hmm. go take a break. Hello, I'm Jason. Gonna go take a break. I'm going to go have pizza. Jason, I'm eating pineapple and <laughs> pizza. It's going to happen right now. All right. That's so not a punishment either. That's, that's good. Well, good that's stuff. just straight up what I want. <laughs> Ah, uh, hello, Jason. Hey, Stephen. I thought I would make my do my donation um right before appearing. Yeah, that's what we all have to do, right? We all have to give money through a mm -hmm. podcast. Sure. Uh, so let's uh let's talk a little bit about space stuff. How about that? You know, I, I think it's great that we timed the the St. Jude uh Relay FM uh fundraising period for the time that they were bunch of people. Other way around. They saw our date and they said, let's go to space. Okay, great. That makes sense. That yeah. story checks out. I'm not going to... Mm -hmm. Who would deny it? Who would deny it? Yeah. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the inspiration for mission. Yeah, so this is remarkable. For people who don't know um, what's going on and don't listen to our podcast Liftoff on Relay FM, uh, what's wrong with you? You should. It's super fun. Uh, <laughs> But it is, uh, we're sort of having a revolution in terms of commercial space. The idea that companies and not just governments are going to be doing uh, space mission. And this all started as the space shuttle was fading away. And this is all connected, I swear. Uh, space shuttle was fading away in 2011, uh, last mission. I was there for that. That was really awesome. And the idea was, how do we replace the space shuttle? And they, mm -hmm. NASA decided rather than build its own spacecraft, it would contract with a couple of companies to build. Uh, spacecraft for it, and then it, they would buy rides on those spacecraft, but they would be owned right. and operated by the company. So those are SpaceX and Boeing. Boeing, still working on it, but... They're, uh, they're going to get there one day. They, they will get there. Uh, probably. Maybe. Uh, well, let's, let's see. So, SpaceX is there, though, with, with their Crew Dragon capsule, and they have run a couple of test missions and now are fully operational mm -hmm. and are on their third mission to the International Space Station, where NASA pays them to fly astronauts on their spaceship, on their rocket, to the ISS. 
However, you know, SpaceX owns the owns the rocket and they own the spaceship and they own the keys, right? So they don't just wait, have to wait, take wait, the wait, 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 yeah. wait. Do spacecraft have keys? I'm sure they do somewhere, right? Otherwise, somebody could just get in and take off, right? And like, <laughs> it's like hit the button, like, go to space. That seems they might even have two keys, like yeah. like in war games where they have to turn the two keys simultaneously, yeah. or the maybe. Or the, What's well, a missile, but a, a rocket, right? Or, or so you know, it's maybe much- it's, uh, I think Ford is the company. They have like the keypad on the A pillar or the B pillar. So you just like, you know, you put in your code. Like put a in your code. In yeah, that's right. Yeah. Unless you want to do face ID on a rocket. Okay. That would be another way you could go. So Inspiration4. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, so <laughs> Inspiration4. The idea here is that SpaceX can also uh, just have random people buy space and they can fly them. And that seems weird. But this is the world we live in now. If you've got the money, you can buy a space mission. And so this guy, Jared Isaacman, um, had the money and he spent um, a, a certain number of millions of dollars where it's not entirely clear. I think we I think we know it's it's, uh, you know, bigger than a bread basket. But uh, he spent money and what he wanted to do was fly with three other people. That's the capacity of this uh, this crew dragon ship. And he wanted to use it to raise money for dude. So they created Inspiration4. So Jared Eisenman, who's an entrepreneur, he's on there. But what he also did is bring some other people, uh, you know, whether they won a contest or or they uh, there were a couple different contests for like a tech person. And also there was just kind of a contest for donate to St. Jude and you get a chance to win. You and I didn't win. That's why we're here on Earth right now. <laughs> um, and also somebody related to St. Jude. So those are the four people on the mission. They are orbiting at, uh, you know, a little bit above the level, the altitude of the International Space Station, mm-hmm. actually. It's fairly fairly high up there for three days. They're up there right now. And so in addition to Jared Isaacman, uh, a guy named Chris Sembrowski, who is a data engineer, he was chosen to be on... Um, Cyan Proctor, who is a geoscientist, one of those two actually didn't win, and their friend won. Didn't want to go to space, yeah, so I believe that friend. was Chris. I believe it was Chris. So Chris Zembrowski's friend from college calls him up and says, "Hey, you like space, right? <laughs> well, how would you like to go to space?" He said, "Is this a, is this a joke?" He said, "No, I won the lottery." Uh, and then, of course, there's Haley. Haley Arsenault, twenty nine. She's a physician assistant at St. Jude, and she is a former St. Jude patient. And she's also the first person with a prosthetic of any kind, a body prosthetic, to be in space. Um, and she's one of the youngest people in space as well, mm-hmm. because usually it takes a long time to be an astronaut. But at 29, she's actually uh, a relatively young space goer. And then she's also got um, some metal uh, plates and stuff in her legs because of her cancer treatment. She had bone cancer. So um, a lot of interesting kind of research that is going to come out of this medical research where they're doing test stuff. But also, they get uh, this kind of amazing ride in a spacecraft where they just get to spend three days weightless uh, looking down at the Earth and orbiting the Earth, you know, a half dozen times a day or more like a dozen times a day. It's a lot. So they're going to get a lot of views. 15 times a day. So times three. So 45 orbits or so. Uh, A lot lot of time to look out the window Mm -hmm. at the Earth, which is kind of the other story, right? Is that they... You know all about, uh, Stephen, about the International Docking Adapter, right? Which is I do. the standard. You saw one blow up. I, I did see one blow up once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bad day. <laughs> but they, but And that's how you connect to the ISS. You got to have, it's like, you know, if you think like a lightning port or a USB port is complicated. International Docking Adapter. 
way more complicated. Yeah, it, so, it's uh, yeah. dongles in space is what we're saying. It's the biggest, it is the space dongle, actually. Space dongle. Yep. Uh, but they don't need it because they're not going to the ISS. So instead, they've got this thing called the cupola that is uh, a module that SpaceX built. Basically, you pop off the, the dongle, but now you've got a, an open like cap. It's like you took the cap off Apple Pencil 1 and lost. So uh, <laughs> then you put the, this cupola on, and basically, it's just a giant window. Yeah. So that's what Inspiration4 gets to do, is they get to look out the big window that the uh, NASA astronauts don't get used. Yeah. Yeah, the pictures of it were, seem really inspiring. Uh, I remember when they showed it off maybe a couple of months ago for the first time, and it's just this glass dome. And so really your view is unobstructed, and I'm sure it's a breathtaking sight. Yeah, and they're, they're doing some press conferences and stuff. I, I think they're also recording a lot of video that we'll see on their Netflix series that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the idea, but also just that these are four regular people and again, well, okay, three regular people and a very rich guy, but, um, who's a, who's a world-class pilot. <laughs> yeah, right. He's not, he's just, just, you know, walk off the street and into a launch facility, but still the idea that, that SpaceX, a private company and, uh, this guy, uh, just decided to do a mission and you could do that now, which also means that companies that want to send their, their, um, their employees to space, maybe they've got reasons, whether it's marketing or it's actual research. They don't need to, you know, beg NASA for some research time with an astronaut on the ISS. They could literally just go to SpaceX and write a check and go to space. We have reached that point now, which is mm -hmm. pretty amazing. Um, so, for example, Stephen, if you wanted to make a movie in space. I do. Yeah. You yeah. could write a check. And you could choose who to write it to. You could write it to SpaceX, which is the rumor that Tom Cruise is actually going to do. And we're not making this up. That they, they might make a movie with Tom Cruise where they, he goes to the ISS. Um, that's interesting. And if you mm -hmm. go to the ISS, you got to get approval of like the space agents, right? Then you're in their space. You're not just floating around uh, your space. But, you know, have you heard about this um, Russian movie that they're apparently... They're like two astronauts up on the ISS or an astronaut and a cosmonaut right now on the ISS who had to stay up there for basically a year because they they there's a ride coming for them, a Soyuz capsule, and they can't go on it because instead of it being their relief, it's an actor and a director going from Russia to the ISS. Yeah. Yeah, they're shooting this full feature-length film in space. the The first one, uh, they're they're they they lift off in just a couple of weeks, right? I think October fifth is the the launch date, and it's going to be called the Challenge. And the the plot that they've announced is basically a doctor is launched to the International Space Station to save the life of a cosmonaut. So I think it's a fun twist, you know. Um, we've seen uh, movies, obviously, where there are emergencies in space, and there's usually a doctor on board. But uh, I guess this film's going to be a little bit different and filmed at the International Space Station. I'm really excited to see how this looks. I don't speak Russian, so hopefully there's a version that I can understand. <laughs> but I, I, I can't wait to see what this looks like. Sure, they'll make an international version available. I think the question is how much of it's actually going to be shot in space and the challenge of what it's going to look like. Talking about, yeah. you know, only bringing up a crew of one. So I, I read that the actress has to, like, do her own makeup and, you know, she like they're the only ones there although i guess the cosmonauts are also going to act in it too so that's mm -hmm. part of the the deal yeah um 
but it's going to be feature length. And they announced that after the Tom Cruise thing. So I think that Russ Cosmos, the Russian space agent, be out in front of it a little. Um, yeah. But that's so that's going on. And then there's other commercial stuff, right? Blue Origin and mm-hmm. Virgin Galactic both made headlines when their billionaire owners flew themselves into space. Uh, depending on your definition of space, you know, Stephen, do you consider the the Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson to have gone to space? I mean, it feels like the is it the hundred is it hundred kilometers? The the uh, I want to say the Mason Dixon line, but that's not it's right. The Carmen line, I Carmen think. Carmen line. The, the idea is that the U.S. drew a <laughs> line of fifty miles. For a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know. At fifty miles, and the the yeah. the uh, international definition is different, and they're above yeah. the fifty mile mark, but not above the international definition. I mean, you know. I- you're in space, I think. You know, I think if you're at a point where you can float around and it's dark out the window, that feels like space to me. You're probably... Now, the, the, the difference for people who are wondering, like, what makes the difference between that and inspiration for, the idea there is that inspiration is orbiting the Earth for days. And right. Blue Origin, when you read about Blue Origin, that was a yeah. capsule very much yeah. like uh, like Alan Shepard, the yeah. first American man in space. It goes up, up and, down. <laughs> and then it goes back down, and that's it. So you're mm-hmm. up there, but you're not orbiting. And then uh, what Virgin Galactic does is a little bit different, but it's very similar, which is they basically drop a little plane with a rocket on it from another plane, and it zips up to that high altitude and then glides back down. Again, not the same. Inspiration and SpaceX really ha- kind of have that um, locked down, right? In terms of, yeah. Uh, if you want to go around and around and around, and nobody has... NASA is like redefined what whether you earn astronaut wings or not you have to actually be not just be a passenger um but uh so that that's mm-hmm. another new wrinkle in this but you know by any stretch of the imagination inspiration been in in space or continue to be in space and get those pretty yeah. awesome yeah absolutely so it is an exciting time in this private space fight commercial space fight uh, you era. and i when we started liftoff which is like six years ago now and it is, people should give it a listen if you enjoyed this conversation every two weeks on Relay FM. Um, we were worried that even every two weeks we would not have enough material to talk about. And we were going to have to spend <laughs> yeah. time like rifling through the history books and talking about black holes and stuff, which we do- have done a little bit of. But as, as the six years has passed, it's harder and harder to even find time to go talk about history or mm-hmm. about sort of like more esoteric science because the pace of innovation in space especially by small to medium sized companies yeah. that are building their own rockets and firing them off like it has completely surpassed i think any of our expectations about what we would be able to talk about on liftoff yeah a- absolutely uh well jason thank you for joining me talk a little bit about space sure uh, it's fun up next we have a famous snell game show do you want to introduce this game for everybody sure i think this is this my third in a row so this is third in um, a row. it is a game show we're going to show it in two parts so the first part's coming up and then the second part will be a little bit later on it is relay fm host balderdash now let me explain if you don't know what balderdash is it's a game i'll explain it a little bit in the video but it's a game where basically the players are given words and they need to guess the definitions or make up their own. And then everybody needs to see if they're going to be fooled by the fake definition or if they can uh, suss out the real definition. And I collected uh, five Relay FM hosts. So Andy Anodko, Casey Liss, Kathy Campbell, Mike Schmitz, and Simone de Rochefort. And also making her debut 
it's Carrie Provenzano, Relay FM's business manager. So they all had to match wits and maybe make a soul connection uh, while guessing words. And also, I make fun of Casey a lot. So if you like uh, trolling Casey, <laughs> watch closely. Yeah, so we're going to roll uh, part one of that. Uh, part two will be coming a little bit later on. And there may be a uh, another version of this that comes out post-podcast-a-thon. So yeah, stay we, tuned for that as we well. We may have a stretch goal of some sort where there's another set of hosts playing this yeah. game. So I hope people like it. That sounds good to me. Uh, well, Jason, it was so good to see you. Thank you for your donation and your time today. Thanks, And Steven. I will talk to you soon. Have fun on the rest of the podcast-a-thon. I just keep hitting that button. Bye, Jason. Bye. Welcome back to Relay FM host Balderdash. When we last left you, Casey quit the show, but we we teased him back. <laughs> Let me tell you the point total uh, so far. I am in the lead with eight points. Uh, they, you, you can't let me win, people. Don't let me win. Uh, Carrie, right behind at seven. Andy has six on the back of his fake answer that people just, you know, he got a point for admiration. Uh, Casey has five, Mike four, Simone three, and Kathy our most experienced player in the back with one. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, brutal. my experience remains being in the back. Okay. That, That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Any, any listeners of low definition know that I am most comfortable. Anyway, this in the back, in order to, uh, we're going to move on. We have four more rounds. We're going to crown a champion. Hello everybody. And welcome to relay FM host Balderdash. I'm your host, Jason Snell, the host of upgrade here at Relay FM and Liftoff here at Relay FM. Look at that. Two whole podcasts. And I'm joined today by six wonderful Relay FM luminaries to play a game. It's Balderdash, the game of real words and fake definitions. Let me introduce our players. First up, and this is the order in which they will play, by the way. It's Kathy Campbell, host of Roboism and Conduit. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Jason. I'm so excited to get all of these really low definitions. I know that we have bonded over Balderdash in the past uh, with our friend Tiff Arment, who couldn't be here. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you play with this group. Up next, the co-host of Focused, it's Mike Schmitz. Mike, welcome. Hey, thanks. I am both excited and terrified to be here. That's about right. That seems about right. also joining us, uh, one of the hosts of Rocket, Simone de Rochefort. Simone, oh, you were one of my favorite parts of the uh, Hostmaster thing we did last year on the podcast-a-thon. So thank you for being back on a game show with me again. I am so excited, but I think I'm also even more scared than Mike. So All right. It's not a competition. Uh, but if <laughs> yes, it, were, it is. If it, were, Casey, <laughs> if it were, Casey Liss would be the most terrified of analog and, of course, ATP. Hi, Casey. Hello. How are you? No, nothing like having somebody say, how do you play this game right before yeah, you get started? It'll be great. It's awesome. <laughs> it'll be it's awesome. Uh, then we have from Material, Andy Inatko, who actually wrote a book about obscure tech terminology and may know all the answers. Hi, Andy. <laughs> I'll take Charlie Weaver to block, Jason. <laughs> and I'm really excited. Not a Relay FM host, but one of the people who makes Relay FM happen. <laughs> it is the sales manager of Relay FM coming out from behind the scenes. It's Carrie Provenzano. <laughs> Carrie, hello. Hello. Yes, coming out from behind the scenes. And I would like to say I'm going to represent the everyman today who perhaps isn't um, au fait with all the technological terms, but. I'll give it my best. Well, the good news is most of these terms hopefully are not guessable and you just have to sort of uh, figure out what sounds right. So the way this works is I will give you a technology term that I have picked. I swear it's related somehow to technology, somehow. 
Um, and then all the players get to guess what it is or send an alternate definition. I will then read the definitions. Nobody knows who they're from. Everybody will have to guess what the real definition is. If you guess it right, you get two points. If you guess it right, right off the bat without any options, you get three points. If you guess it wrong, you're giving a point to whoever wrote that fake definition. It's that simple. And we're going to play, play eight rounds and crown a winner, crown a champion, because that's what game shows are all about, right? Winning? Eh, maybe not. Maybe it's just about having fun. That's what I hear. Let's get started with our first word. How about that? Words are fun. So let's play this word game. And the first word is nearsourcing. Nearsourcing. Please send me your definitions for nearsourcing now. All right, all the definitions are in for near sourcing, near sourcing. I will read them now, and then you will all have to tell me what you pick, beginning with Kathy. Here are your definitions for near sourcing. The ability to find files locally. An online image crediting system that relies on crediting a similar but inaccurate source bypassing copyright infringement using a source control server that's geographically close to your current location the act of outsourcing jobs but to countries that are nearby the practice of forming a design or development team comprised only of local talent a euphemism for sourcing an item from the neighborhood recycling or trash pickup. And using first-party software to store information. Those are your definitions for nearsourcing. And Kathy Campbell, it's time for you to tell me what you think nearsourcing really means. So many great definitions here, mm, Jason. Weren't they? So many. Weren't they? So many. Um, and clearly, the correct answer is the one related to copyright. And that is the one that I am guessing. Okay, that's the uh, online image crediting system that credits an inaccurate source to bypass copyright exactly. restrictions. Yes, Very clever. Okay, Mike? Can you reread that last one? Sure. Uh, using first-party software to store information. Mm. I'll take that one. All right. First-party software. Uh, Simone, what do you think? I am going to go with the first one, actually. The ability to find files locally? Yeah. <laughs> she says with the <laughs> utmost confidence. I, I feel like I'm tricking myself because it, it does. It feels wrong when you read it, but it's also the first definition that I thought of. So, whoever's out there thinking like me, I see. You. I, mean, I cannot <laughs> tell I you. I cannot tell you how many times it turns out that a couple people are on the same wavelength and they're constantly picking each other's <laughs> answers in this game. Happens all the time. I'm here to find my soulmate, so I right. pick that one. <laughs> the big reveal is uh, really FM host Balderdash. It's, it's a dating game. <laughs> Who knew? Yes. Casey, what do you think near sourcing uh, is? 
I, I think, forgive me, I don't recall the exact wording, but the one about basically outsourcing, but but to a team that is geographically close to you, I, I think that's that's my winner. Outs- outsourcing to countries that are close by. Yes, yes, please. All right. Andy? Oh, I'm sorry, I got distracted. I was just thinking about how beautiful the world is and how we must all love each other and that our egos, we can just put it aside. We just put this, they just get in the way that we should really just focus our attention on taking care of not buying it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, the ability when you're looking for that one about when you're looking for a source, you can't quite find the one you're looking for. So you'll find something that's close enough. The, is that the, the online image uh, to a similar, but inaccurate source? I would say that. I like that. We all have to buy, bypass our copyright. I really like bots. that one too. And Carrie, what do you think? I am going for the one about first-party software, please. What was, what was the wording of that one? Using first-party software to store information. Yes, let's go with that. A <laughs> lot of reluctant pickers here. <laughs> <laughs> let's see how they did. Uh, Simone was searching for her soulmate or the right answer when she suggested it was the ability to find files locally. Her soulmate may be Kathy Campbell. That was her answer. <laughs> Um, let's see. We got, we got a couple of, uh, two person guesses here. Kathy and Andy thought it was the copyright bypassing system using an inaccurate source. That was Carrie's fake nice. answer. Nice. Well done, Carrie. I'm taking that one. If I can hoodwink the guy who wrote the book on tech jargon, <laughs> yeah. I'll take that as a win. Consider me well done. done. Well, what I didn't mention is that uh, deadline really struck up me unexpectedly. So a lot of those words I really did make up. Yeah, so. all right. <laughs> That's a different game show. Although actually that would be a good one. Um, and uh, let's see, Mike and Carrie thought it was the last one using first party software to store information. That was Simone's definition. <laughs> Two points to Simone. <laughs> and Casey thought that it was the act of outsourcing jobs to countries that are close by. So it's like outsourcing, but you know, nearer. If he's right, he'll get two points. If he's wrong, I'll get four points. Oh no. <laughs> That's a terrible definition, but it is the correct one. It near sourcing. So it's just less. Is it less evil or more evil when you're near sourcing to nearby yeah. yes, uh, instead indeed. of far away? Uh, what a terrible piece of jargon! And uh, <laughs> and our first word, what's the, what's the yay! Point, what's the point even? I really want to know where that line is between That's near true. and outsourcing. Yeah. Like, is it you know, <laughs> like who you, did you this? You know, you know, our our whole our whole city lost their jobs, plunging us into a recession. But hey, at least those jobs went to Canada instead of someplace overseas. <laughs> that makes me feel a whole yeah, lot small victory. Right? I think blop, I think you you've really nailed the PR aspect of near sourcing as a word right there. That's exactly how people are using it. All right. So after one round, here's where we are. Simone, Casey, and Carrie all have two points. Kathy picked up one point from her soulmate. Maybe, Simone? <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Mike, Andy, and me back here in the back where it's very pleasant and well-lit and there are pillows uh, with zero points. That's fine. It's, it's fine back here. It's the best. Let's move on to round number two. It's in time for another word. Maybe this word will be less disappointing or maybe it won't. The word for round two is batmobiling. Batmobiling. Please send me your definitions for Batmobiling 
now. Okay, all of the definitions are in for Batmobiling. I wonder, wonder what that means. Let's find out. Here are your definition possibilities. Bolting additional features onto a product without considering the overall user experience. Creating software that has a large variety of customization options. When the parameters of a project change partway through development. Using a showy but ultimately useless technology to satisfy arbitrary requirements. Putting up an emotional shield just as a relationship enters that intimate, vulnerable stage. Okay, I'm not gonna ask I'm not gonna ask who said that, but you deserve a hug. <laughs> It's not that bad all the time. The act of repurposing someone else's software by adding one major element, a practice commonly used by students. And a software project management term describing what happens to an app when it becomes overloaded with esoteric features that will rarely be needed. Those are your definitions for Batmobiling. These are all really good. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> Pretty good. We could we could make some new words here. Well done, here. everyone. Well done. And Mike, unfortunately, you got to go first this time. <laughs> uh, what do you think Batmobiling is? I'll go with the last one, the project management one. All right. Features that will esoteric features, we'll say, uh, is the highlight of that. Um, Simone. <laughs> they're good, right? They're good. <laughs> they're really good. I'm tempted by a lot of them, but I think I am going to go with the one about students. Ah, uh, adding one element to an existing piece of software in order to make a new piece of software. Alrighty, got it. Yeah. <laughs> I know everybody feels regrets afterward. It's it's how the game works. Casey, what do you think? So I really like the student one because, you know, the original Batmobile, to the best of my knowledge, was basically just bolting a bunch of crap on a regular car and making it look different. But I actually agree with Mike that the esoteric features one rings most true to me. So hopefully I will not regret these words in a few minutes. Spoken when like a software developer. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what do you think? Uh, can you read the first one again? Sure. Bolting additional features onto a product without considering the overall user experience. Yeah, I think I, I think it's good. I think that's the one. I'll, I'll pick one over one. All right. Add features. We don't care about the users. Just put those features in there. Carrie, what do you think? I, I'm going with the esoteric features because it sounds most like a definition. And even if it's not, I think points to whoever is using esoteric in this <laughs> in this friendly game of Boulder Dash. So Honestly, I'll yeah. happily give them my yeah. points if I'm wrong. <laughs> All right, I mean, look, that's how this game is played. You, sometimes you just gotta admire the game of one of your competitors and give them a point. Uh, Kathy, you are our last to pick. I would like to choose the term that's showy but useless. The showy, okay, showy but useless. What is, which one is that? Uh, that was the second or third one? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, okay. Using a showy but ultimately useless technology to satisfy yes, arbitrary requirements. Right. That one. Very nice. Arbitrary, another good word. Yeah. Well done. Esoteric, arbitrary. All right, a lot of bad software happening in this round. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people in this panel who have been wounded by bad oh, software. Yes. <laughs> Let's see how everybody did, shall we? Uh, 
So Kathy thought it was uh, showy but ultimately useless technology to satisfy an arbitrary requirement. That was Casey's answer. <laughs> Point to Casey. Uh, Simone thought that it was the act of repurposing someone else's software by adding one major element like a student <laughs> might do. Simone, got to add Carrie to your list of potential soulmates. God, what? <laughs> what's going on here? Andy thought it was bolting additional features onto a product without considering the overall user experience. That was Mike's definition. Mm. Good point nice. to Mike. And well, Mike and Casey and Carrie all thought that it was a software project management term describing what happens to an app when it becomes overloaded with esoteric features that will rarely be needed. And yeah, that was Andy's fake answer. <laughs> oh, well done, Andy. Andy gets three points, which is great. But you know what's greater, wow. everybody? I get four <laughs> points. Four. Ooh, I don't wow. know. If, is that really greater? Ooh. Because is you know really Batmobiling? Sometimes your heart is like the Batmobile. And at that moment where you need to get intimate, instead, you put up your emotional shields. What? That. What? is Batmobile. liar. You said you this was me? all everybody, technology everybody, related. I wrote that one off too because I was a definition than that one. <laughs> yeah, I oh, thought that on. was Kathy <laughs> letting me down softly. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could be that good of a writer. It's, See, on, I, it's an online, I, it's like an online culture term apparently yeah. and that's why it's in here. They're oh, not all about boo. software development. You know what? Man. I, 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 I talked myself man. out of points there because I thought, you know, I bet whoever, that's clearly a made up one, but I'll make that person yeah. feel better by making sure they get at least a point for that. I appreciate but it. I, then I thought, no. I appreciate your compliments to the writer of that uh, that definition. All right. Well, after two rounds, yeah, I got four points. I'm the villain here. You guys need to beat me. Uh, Casey, Andy, Carrie all have three. Simone has two. And Kathy and Mike each have one. Nobody nobody Woo! with zero. Everybody's got points. Everybody's doing Yay! great. We're on the board. That's good news. Uh, let's move on to round three. Another word. This is actually a phrase. I want you to tell me what Zen mail is. What is Zen mail? Z E N M A I L. Zen mail. Please send me your definitions now. All the definitions are in for Zen mail. Let's see what they are. These are good. These are really good, people. Zen mail. The feeling of peace when forwarding an email thereby making the original request someone else's problem. <laughs> email messages that elicit a peaceful or positive emotional response. Automated responses from the CRM Zendesk, usually used to confirm receipt of customer support queries. Email messages that arrive with no text in the message body. <laughs> a message that was implied, but not actually sent. The person in the message thread thought they already understood what they meant. Emails that make you feel joy when you archive them. <laughs> and making peace with the reality that you will never maintain in box zero. Those are seven excellent <laughs> definitions for Zen mail. Only one of them is real, uh, you know, for whatever goes for real in this game. <laughs> And let's start with Simone this time. Simone, what do you think Zen mail is, really? I 
feel like I am falling into a trap, but I am going to go with the Zendesk one. Zendesk. It does sound very specific. Very, very again, very specific. Specificity and is. The I should soul know of because narrative. my IT department uses Zendesk. So, wow, but Zen, you know what? The Zen mail is coming from inside the game. <laughs> you going with it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, Casey. I feel like I am falling deep, deep, deep into a trap, but I concur with Simone that the Zendesk email sounds the most plausible to me. I will I will fall into that, that hole of despair with Simone, right. and, and I will join you there. It's just in a, let's Zendesk. just be cool about it, You're Casey. in a CRM that's, that's pit yep. down there. Just, yep, it's a ball it. pit. It's fine. It's a CRM <laughs> it's ball, a ball pit. pit. You're it's having a, a great time. <laughs> Andy, what do you think? You know, on some of these, I'm, I feel like I'm not trying to guess what it really is. I'm make i'm registering a vote on what the definition should be i love it uh, and i'm and i'm, I'm going to go with a, a message that arrives without any text all right that's the most zen of all emails carrie what do you think i'm going to go with the one that was about just accepting the reality that you will never maintain in box zero that's right we all need a little Where's bit Merlin? of mail uh, acceptance in our lives okay kathy i think i I need to join my soulmate and Casey in Zendesk, please. Come in the CRM ball pit. You're down there in the ball pit now. It's delightful. Well, that's yep. going to be great. And Mike, get you get to wrap hour. this one up. Man, had I not just discarded the emotional answer for Batmobiling because it had nothing to do with tech, <laughs> I would discard the Zenmail one as well. <laughs> uh I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the Zen mail one because I will kick myself if that's really it. And I pick <laughs> well, they're else. all Zen. Which, which one do you mean? You mean the Zendesk? Yeah, the, uh, the Zendesk one. Sorry. Zendesk. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, Andy thought that Zen mail was. Damn, I guessed wrong. A message <laughs> that arrives with no text in the message body. What could be more Zen? That is the correct answer. Hey! All right. What? If I got a message that was blank, I'm not feeling Zen. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, I'm I'm alarmed. Uh, uh, Let's see. So Carrie thought that it was making peace with the reality that you will never maintain inbox zero. I'm sensing a little soul connection with Simone right there. That was the second time you've fallen for one of mine. So (laughs) what can I say? And uh, everybody else thought that it was a Zendex, Zendesk email deploying her CRM knowledge. Carrie Provenzano gets four. Carrie! Carrie! Wow. Wow. I'm not well even, I'm not, well you know, I don't even feel regret for that. You fell right into that pulpit. Um, <laughs> I would like to point out that I have both Zendesk and the empty email as my options to choose from. <laughs> And yet, I went with Zendesk. You got so. fished in. You got fished you know, in. I, I, I don't even. I don't even care about no one picking my definition. All I care about is that I feel as though I stole four points away from Jason. And isn't that, <laughs> doesn't that make us all win? Andy, yeah, I mean that's true. So it Andy does. tried to outzen me by having the message that was implied but never sent. That is amazing. <laughs> but a Zen mail, yeah, Zen mail is just an empty email message. I think people would get these empty accidental emails and say, "Oh, it's very Zen. It's a Zen. It's Zen mail." Okay, here we go. Uh, Last round before our halftime break, and it is this. Uh, Words are fun, but we're going to do something slightly different. I am going to ask you to play a game called what? 
error is this in which you get to diagnose an error on the internet? What error is HTTP error 418? Give me an HTTP error, a web server error message. I'm going to be really pissed when I get this now. Oh, man. All right. We have error codes, everybody. Yay! Error 418. Yay. What does it mean? Uh, here are your options for error 418. Unexpected header content. The server is a teapot. <laughs> the user has temporarily forgotten that humanity was born into suffering just as surely as sparks fly upward. <laughs> this world is but a veil of tears and the creator, if one even exists at all, is aware of our suffering but entirely indifferent to it. The server recommends that the user just accept all of this once and for all. Give up on hope. It's an anchor that can only pull you under. Attempting to diagnose networking problems is just a childish distraction from the terrifying inevitability of the open grave that awaits us all. Also, contact your system administrator because this could be a Cloudflare thing. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's, that's boom. It's good. Well it's good. done. It's good stuff. Well done. I mean, I, whoever cut, copied, and pasted that after a Google search... I mean, you're not supposed to cheat, but <laughs> an unknown server error, unsupported protocol, connection interrupted, and the server you're trying to reach is offline. Those are your options for error HTTP 418. And for this round, we get to begin with Casey. Yay, Casey. Oh. Golly. Which one of those right, is I'm, real? I am so perturbed by this because I've done enough web programming in my life that I probably should know the answer. I'm also <laughs> frustrated because I know there are some very weird and esoteric, uh, there are, now I'm saying it, uh, some very weird and esoteric uh, <laughs> errors, <your> <laughs> errors within the HTTP spec. However, I'm going to go with something that's a little more vanilla and I'm going to go with unexpected header content. Unexpected header content. With. All right. Mm -hmm. Andy, what do you think? I'm going to go with unexpected header content because it's of absolutely no use whatsoever. <laughs> it's a classic internet error, isn't it? Yeah, it very much is. Uh, it tells you nothing. I, I, I mean, although I will point out that unknown server error, also an option here, just as helpful. A lot of good, helpful answers here. Mm -hmm. Any of them could be right. <laughs> Carrie, what do you think? I am going to go with the answer that I have called the essay of existential dread. All right. Just because <laughs> that's a weird place. Who knows? It could be real. Uh, and it, it, you're giving a point to somebody for their hard work if it's not real. Kathy. Exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, Kathy, what do you think? Could I hear again the two after the essay of existential dread, sure. please? An unknown server error and unsupported protocol. So, so we've got, uh, among the answers, we got headers, we got protocols, we got unknowns, we got everything <laughs> yeah. is here. Uh, thingies. So <laughs> The thingy many. went like the deal. Um, let's, uh, the protocol one. Please. The protocol one. Okay. Mike? Can you read the second one again? The server can't, uh, no, the server is a teapot. 
Oh, the one after that. <laughs> no, I can't. Yes, I can't I read the third one. <laughs> Four eighteen. Oh, okay. User has temporarily forgotten uh, that humanity was okay. born into suffering. Yeah, I thought there was another. Et cetera, one et cetera. Say, I just had, okay. it was just so it was just so perfect. I just happened to remember it. Just mm-hmm. it, it's uh, something about the length. You're the giving it away, Andy. <laughs> well, I have I'm to not giving it away. One. I'm charging a point for it. Please. Uh, <laughs> about ten words into that one, I thought that. Is Andy's, but I almost want to vote for it. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because exactly. of the effort that went into it's it. It's quite a gambit. <laughs> uh, what was the second to last one? I think that was the protocol one. Right? Uh, unsupported protocol, connection interrupted, and the uh, servers offline are the last three. Let's do the uh, unsupported protocol. Unsupported protocol. And Simone, what do you think? This is so tough. Um, I think I'm going to follow the the Pied Piper Casey Liss onto <laughs> whatever that first one was. Unexpected header content. Header yeah. content. yeah. All right. Is, is that everyone? That's everyone. It, it's okay. I, this doesn't obviously mean, mean anything, but I think Teapot actually could be it. I wasn't confident <laughs> enough to choose it, but there are some weird HTTP errors. And so I'm going to be doubly angry and quit the show if Teapot is well, the answer. Casey, um, there is, there, you're, you're remembering, right? Because there is a, an HTTP response for that internet um, server that makes coffee that they had like in a, in a university in England, I think somewhere they had the, they had the internet, internet coffee pot. So mm-hmm. there absolutely was a, a coffee-related HTTP. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking error. of. Okay. Um, so, all right. Uh, Carrie gave a point to Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Uh, when you're in the lead, you can afford which, to which do that. that? Yeah. Can you read that? Paid by the word. <laughs> it starts with a user and ends with Cloudflare, and there's a lot of words and, in between. And, 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 I think and, it and, ends and, in Cloudflare. Thing? Clever th- thing, think, thing. Yes, Could be. I think there was the. And Jason, be. bless you for not editing me. That was. Uh, I was gonna. That was very. Uh, you, you, uh, you knew what you were doing. Uh, all right. <laughs> Kathy and Mike thought it was unsupported protocol. That was Casey's fake error response. Mm, nice. And that means Casey, me. Andy, and Simone all decided it was unexpected header content that was mike schmidt's fake oh, response uh, mike well done. Schmidt. Well, done. well done mike i just threw together you. every don't, term don't i ever, could ever, think ever. of from my web development days exactly. <laughs> god bless you don't well ever played. ever ever come near the user the user portion of any interface ever again uh, this means and, it, and it's good that we've reached the halftime point where we take a brief break back to the podcast-a-thon before continuing oh, no because we're going to need that time to get Casey back because HTTP 418 <laughs> is their response to the internet coffee pot. And it says that this server can't make coffee, not because it's offline, but because it is a teapot. <laughs> I hate everything. I quit. I quit. I quit. Everyone's fired and I quit. Oh, I'm so What a cliffhanger. Will Casey return in part two? Stay tuned for that. But for now, that's Relay FM host Balderdash part one. Back to the podcast-a-thon. And we are back. Uh, Part two of the game show will be airing in a little while. 
If you're just joining us, we are raising money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. You can learn more and donate at stjude.org slash relay. We are at $421,892. That is 84% of the way to our goal of half a million dollars. This money goes to treat pediatric cancer patients, but also for research to end this this terrible thing that affects way too many families. Uh, we got some fun stuff coming up uh, this afternoon or this evening or this morning. I don't know where you are. It's afternoon here for me. But uh, up next, we have a very, uh, very special guest, uh, Quinn Nelson. You may know him from the Snazzy Labs YouTube channel or my podcast with him uh, called Flashback. Uh, oh, it's, uh, it's raining and thundering. I heard thunder a second ago. Uh, but anyways, Quinn is going to join me, and we're going to talk about a very special slash not special old computer. Hey, Quinn. Hi, Stephen. How you doing? Look at that beard. Oh, well, you know, I got to match the king over there. Well, you know, I'm going to start cutting it here pretty soon to raise money, so. Oh, well, I don't know that I can join you in that endeavor. For, for I'm hiding kids. too many chins behind mine. <laughs> <laughs> So, Quinn, one of the things we have been doing today is smashing an IBM PC Jr. Uh, I've seen it. Yes. Uh, it's a in, little sad. There, there, there are little, like, shrapnel pieces all <laughs> over the studio. It's going to take a long time to clean up tonight. Uh, mm. But I thought we could talk a little bit about this, because the story of IBM is really interesting to me in the personal computer space. Of course, IBM had been mainframe company doing these really big expensive machines that would take up you know the half the size of a house to you know do everything from uh banking to making sure that the mercury capsule the first astronauts were in would go in a circle around the earth and not hit the earth but in the 70s and 80s things began to shift right you had personal computers personal technology and that's i think kind of where we're gonna pick up our story today yeah. So as you mentioned, a bunch of time spent in kind of the enterprise and in the mainframe, the personal computer industry was really picking up steam. Um, you had competitors from uh, Atari and Commodore and Apple, and IBM wanted a piece of that market. Um, and so, well, they they kind of joined as being the the more professional computer that they were. They figured, well, let's start in enterprise and they released the ibm pc and this was intended for use inside of businesses for you know as rather than a terminal a, a dedicated computer that workers and, and office people could use and i think they expected it to do well but not as well as it did i mean it's difficult <laughs> to understate how much the ibm pc dominated um, that yeah. kind of enterprise business market it sold like crazy yeah, they sold 750,000 machines in 1983. I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, you know, you had other other companies selling a tenth of that, you know, if they were if they were lucky. Of course, IBM had the name recognition and sure. they had all of this relational strength because all these companies either were already using IBM or they knew the name and so they were able to use their their brand, if you will to mm -hmm. really move into this this new market. And uh, by 1984, of course, the year the Macintosh comes out, 
their revenue in the PC market was four billion dollars, which was twice as big as Apple with the with the Apple II, which up until this point had been one of the biggest names in town. Right. Yeah. And so it's only reasonable to understand that as kind of IBM dominates this this business market that they want to kind of trickle downstream a little bit. You have obviously Apple um, that's that's very much doing well in kind of the higher end home consumer market. You've got Commodore and um, uh, Radio Shack, frankly, with the TRS-80 um, on the low end that are just killing it. I mean, their their volume is crazy high, and, and the computers are not very good particularly especially the the trs 80 i mean there's a there's a reason it got the nickname trash 80 that it did um, yeah. i have one and you compare it to even a commodore 64 and you're like wow this is not good but um no. <laughs> they wanted to kind of come downstream the problem is is the mm -hmm. hardware that was in the ibm pc was just way too expensive and so um they wanted to bring it down market. And and what they had noticed was that the IBM PC, while very expensive, was finding its way into homes, the homes of people that you know had a lot of money. But even though this was a computer designed for the office employee, it was making its way into, into consumers' houses. It's estimated that 50 to 70% of all IBM PCs sold were going into the home. And so they figured, well, let's capture this market better by creating a cheaper option that can compete more directly with the Apple II and with the Commodore 64. And they called it, as you've seen, uh, smashed on stage, the IBM PC Junior. That's right. It's a cute name. It's a pretty good name. It's a good yeah. name. Yeah. So like you said, they, they were going after this home market. For a lot of people buying the Commodore or other systems, it was really about home gaming. And so right. part of this was we were to bring the price down. We're going to make it more suitable for gaming, uh, so sure. it fits in better with these other systems. Uh, so what does that entail? What did they add it, to make it gaming capable? Uh, RGB lights, uh, right? RGB lights. Um, <laughs> you got to have that. Uh, you got to have, you know, high refresh rate display. No, no, things like uh, cartridge slots, things okay. like better graphics and sound. Mm. joystick ports uh so you could you could have these other things it was a computer but also a gaming system but um it they didn't quite get there i don't think in mm -hmm. reading about it i mean no. they had two models uh the 004 and the 067 uh just 64 kilobytes of memory uh it had these cartridge slots but uh it was like the cartridge slots weren't perfect, right? There were some issues with that. No. Yeah, because a lot of the programs were larger than the capacity of those carts anyway. And so much <laughs> of, especially IBM's kind of office suite just didn't fit on those cartridges. And so, you know, that base model was really kind of, and that's the one you have that's it's clearly got the cart slots on, at least from what I can yeah. tell. Um, it, well, it used to have the cart slot, you know, cartridge <laughs> slots. There you go. Yeah. yeah. They're in there somewhere. They're not attached to the frame anymore, probably. <laughs> but And then you had the Model 67, which was on the higher end. That had 128K of memory, which was you know double that of the lower end model and had a more practical five and a quarter inch uh, floppy disk drive instead of those 
um, those cartridge slots, but they were very expensive. I mean, they were $1,300, mm-hmm. which was even beyond what kind of the high-end Apple II um, models were, were priced out at the time. So it was still kind of priced above market, but frankly, the, even with the high-end model, they were really kind of hobbled together and couldn't run much of the, the software catalog that you could run on the IBM PC. So you had this fragmentation from within you know, the platform itself, which is not good. Yeah, it, it's so interesting because they wanted to come after these gaming computers and mm-hmm. the ga- the hardware they built in for that wasn't sufficient. Nope. And they, But they couldn't at the same time, like on the other side of the coin, they couldn't break free of building the business machine that they had a few years mm-hmm. before. I mean, this thing had the same CPU as the PC but it did not have the complete uh, compatibility layer. And so I think in an ideal world, what IBM saw was you would have an IBM PC at work. You have a PC junior at home that your kids could play games on, on the TV. But then when you need to get work done, maybe after hours, you could bring those programs home. But they didn't make it compatible fully with the PC, it's like it blows yeah. my mind that this is how this yeah. went down because you have this amazingly popular platform. The second computer in that platform should be compatible with the first one, and they just missed the mark. And so you end up in this situation where, for people who wanted to buy a computer for gaming, it's not as good and more expensive mm-hmm. than the other options. Mm-hmm. For people who want a PC at home, it's not compatible with the PC at their desk. They're still going to buy an IBM PC or, in reality, a PC clone. Yep. It's like the goals they had for this machine, they just fell short of. Yeah. Well, and that's the real irony is that they were priced above those kind of lower-end gaming computers. But because the software catalog didn't really work that well, they provided ultimately a, a worse experience. And so despite the press kind of being excited about it at the beginning, thinking maybe this is finally the machine that can dethrone the Commodore 64, which keep in mind, it, you know, by 1984, it had been on the market for <laughs> you know a number of years. Um and uh, but but no, it just it didn't really uh, pan out. It, it, as if the software issues were not difficult enough, there were other hardware issues. The keyboard, in particular, because this had a, a you know a TV video out with the d- idea that you would be you know using this somewhere other than a dedicated monitor on your desk. They figured, well, why don't we? design the keyboard so that you can take it a little bit uh, away in terms of distance from the machine. And the solution to that at the time was infrared <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like it, like a TV remote and infrared back in the eighties was a lot worse than infrared is today. And infrared today is still not very good. And so right. um, they had two models of the keyboard. The original one was, it was awful. It had these like little tiny chiclet keys that were kind of yeah. Do you uh, similar. See I've got one here. Yeah. Let's, let's see it. it. Let's see it. Gonna walk so you've over got this keyboard. Everyone in the room. <laughs> you've got this keyboard with these little tiny chiclet keys, um, and it communicates via infrared, um, which in theory allows the user to sit back from the machine. But um, it was pretty terrible to type on for any real length of time, and it kind of sucked through batteries. Yeah. I think it had four double A's. Oh wow, look at that! Yeah, four double A's in the back. Um, hmm. It. I mean, I can't describe to you how bad these keys feel. Like, maybe you can hear them. 
They, you I know what they feel like, up. Quinn? Mm. They feel like buttons on a cheap TV remote. Mm. You don't want to type on this, and you have yeah, all this spacing between them. It is, it's it's bad. Like I understand why people <laughs> hated this, and yeah. the thing that that really gets me about this is IBM made arguably one of the best keyboards of all time. Yeah, and and then this comes yep. out. And this, right? <laughs> yeah, it's rough. And and to make matters even funnier. They did, I think, especially the American market was like, this is not acceptable. And so in the US, yep. they had a US-specific model, uh, a keyboard update for the IBM PC Junior that was more kind of traditional, but it wasn't uh, a good kind of tactile keyboard like you would see on the Model F or the Model M. It was a very mushy kind of membrane keyboard. It was still infrared, and apparently those were even less reliable at transmitting data over IR than the original membrane keyboards were. And so, yeah, <laughs> not great. Yes, yeah, so, so you have all of these factors, right? And by the time March 84 rolls around, uh, you know, three months after the, the Mac is announced, mm -hmm. cells are already lackluster. You know, for all of these reasons, right? No matter who, no matter what type of potential customer you were, this machine would let you down in some, in some way. Yep. yep. And pretty soon there were a lot of conversations in the press about, you know, IBM's got a flop on their hands. This, this was a mistake. And it really ends up being, um, I mean, Thank ends up being you. discounted, like within six months of being on sale. Yeah, and right. And that's just not a good look for your new like flagship consumer product. Yep. And even on mm -hmm. sale, it still doesn't sell. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so um, March 1985, which is this is a year after it enters the market, it gets taken off the market from sale, which is like crazy that from a year they could go from this, hey, this machine is going to define home computer usage. This is going to complement the IBM PC you have at work to just not even existing. They didn't even take a second whack at it um, is is pretty crazy. And, and one has to kind of think, well, what would have happened had they tried again and made more compelling hardware? Because the clone makers were doing it. I mean, you could get a clone of an IBM PC that was fairly close in price to a PC Junior and they were great. I mean, they didn't have the, the fit and finish and the polish of a, of a standard IBM PC, but they weren't bad at all. And they, they ran full PC software, right? Yeah, the right. Whole, they the were point. capable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this thing ends up basically lasting a year on the market. Spring mm -hmm. of 85, IBM calls it quit. Uh, yep. Calls it quits. People compared it to New Coke, which is like the most Ooh. 80s burn you've ever heard. <laughs> like if you're the new Coke of computers, uh, <laughs> you blew it in the 80s, right? Yep. And, and the PC bad. Junior, PC Junior definitely was a mess. Um, IBM ended up coming back to the home market in the 90s with the PS1. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's a story for uh, a different time. But this right. this first kind of official inroad to the consumer and home market, IBM just couldn't get it done. Yeah. Rip. And that's why I get hit with a baseball bat during the podcast-a-thon. <laughs> well, it's hard to say it doesn't deserve it. Uh, no, it does. Uh, well, Quinn, thank you for joining me. Well, thank uh, you, Stephen. Season yeah. Season three of Flashback uh, will be back in October. I think it's coming probably soon. yeah coming soon let's uh, do it i told quinn the other day i was like i have to get through the podcastathon and then we can do season three uh, and i yep. think i for one want to get into more ibm history i think it's all really interesting so let's do it we did uh, os2 already right so 
Just trying yeah, to cascade down the yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's is time. those two at the top? That's that's rough. <laughs> well, the cascade <laughs> up, I guess. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Quinn, have a good weekend, and thank you so much. Thanks, guys. You're awesome. All right. See you. Bye bye. All right. So that is my friend Quinn Nelson. He's very tall, very handsome. Uh, we've got uh, a few things to do. So maybe if we can get Mike back, I think we've got uh, some wheel spinning to do. I think there's probably some hula hooping and beans to do. I think we got a lot of stuff to catch up Hello. on. So. Hello. Hello. Uh, I thought what might be great right now, actually, is to say that we have just passed $430,000 yes. raised for the kids of St. Jude. I think that that's somewhere between, I think, fifty dollars to $60,000 that we have raised during the podcast-a-thon so far, which is pretty incredible. And there's a lot left. We've got a lot more left for we do. today. We do. Uh, I do want to point out that uh, if you... And I've gotten emails all day today. I glanced at my email during the break. But uh, if you have... Uh, you work at a company that does corporate matching or donation matching, uh, send me an email with uh, verification of that, and we can have that amount added. Uh, to the the campaign as well. So, uh, thank you all who have done that, and just send me a note, and uh, we'll get we'll get that done. Uh, this also, Mike, is the time in the show where we bring back what has become a podcastathon tradition. Ah, yes. Where as we uh, as we raise money, and uh, as we continue to climb through the milestones, I have less and less. Facial hair. So at $435,000, the first section of beard will come if off. I have my hype button in front of me right now. I would have pressed it. Yeah, I'll so hit mine. I'll just, you, you go for it. So $435,000, I will be at sideburns and goatee, and then we'll work our way down through goatee, biker stash, biker stash which is everyone's favorite, mustache, mm-hmm. and then we will vote. Shave or save to see if I keep a mustache through the rest of September. So go donate at stjude.org slash relay so I can get started in on that. Uh, so, Mike, do we want to uh, do we want to spin the wheel? Do you spin want to the wheel, my spin friend. the wheel? Spin okay. the wheel. I noticed you said you, you didn't say you wanted to eat a, another jelly bean. Spin the wheel, Stephen. That's what I would like you to do. There's a jacket, jacket, jacket. Come oh, on. Okay, okay, okay. Jacket, come on. If you're going to do it, do it right. Look at that thing sitting over there, all nice and shiny. It's like it's like my iMac. Oh yeah, the, I also have some stuff that I'm going to be doing when Stephen shaves. I've got like a bunch of adornments that I will be attaching to my face. So as Stephen loses, I will add. But that's as much as I'll say for now. Okay. Beautiful jacket. Thank you. Looking very good, very snazzy. Ah, I see what you did there. I'd like to thank uh, Eli and Elaine for their one thousand dollar donation and the very kind corporate matches. Yes, uh, for six thousand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very kind. Thank you, corporate matches. Thank you. Seriously, though, that, that's what we're talking about. That is really amazing. Where is it going to stop, Stephen Hackett? Number eight. 
Stephen donation match. Yay. Okay. <laughs> so the first one we did $80, I believe. And uh, so the next $80 given, I will match. So we're doing another 80. So you're up to 160. Up to 160 and matching. Yep. All right, spin it. But I'm going to spin the other way this time. See how that goes. Do me a favor and hold the microphone a little further away from your face. But that's also good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's no good that way. Number 12. Steven gives Mike a compliment. Come on. Steven gives Mike a compliment. Mike is a really fast learner. When he gets interested in something and wants to learn about it, he can dive in and become really, really familiar with all the details. I'm very impressed by that. Good job. Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you. I appreciate that. And thank you to Charles Charles. Thomas. (laughs) $1,000. Very good. Thank you. My uh, hype button is lost in the balloon room somewhere. Oh, no. Uh, I will fish it out. Like, uh, so there is currently 500 balloons in there. Okay. It is aggressive, to say I, the least. I need to add some more Lego to the iMac, yeah. I think. I think you so, should do that. I'll tell you what. I'll do that. Why don't you go to the balloon room and give us an update from there? All right. I'm on my way. Getting in is a struggle now. Because as I try to get in, all the balloons try to get out. Be very delicate and hope that they don't notice. It's kind of like dinosaurs. Like, the less that you move, the less that they notice. Yeah, I'm in. And here's my hype button. Found it. What do you think? (laughs) You think I found it? All right, you join me in the balloon room now. I, see, I, I'm out. I think I'm now at the point, Stephen, where the table and chair makes a lot. Oh, here we go. Oh no, there goes the table. I've lost the table. Oh no. And so there goes a microphone stand and the hype button. Just <laughs> they are in there somewhere. Let me see if I can. Oh, the microphone stand is standing up straight. How perfect. That's good. Oh, well, it's, it's heavy, falling right? to pieces. There oh, we no. go. It's uh, we have a fall, we have a fallen soldier, <laughs> and I stepped on the hype button. <laughs> <laughs> I know where it is now. There we go. Oh, thank you, Mallory and Scott, for your donation. That's fantastic, Mike. That looks really good. Yeah, so we're about twenty five hundred dollars from our first beard shaving and beard decoration. It's gonna be going to be real exciting look at this thing in here man thank you steven shiny coat <laughs> having the time of my life steven spin that wheel will you okay let's see what we got i think it's so loud here it goes we'll spin it i can't see the numbers this time because i didn't come bring on, my come ipad on, come on. The best, number I dropped everything. 15 15. We got to move over here. Ah, board apparel time. Okay, that's right. Board of apparel. 
Number one. One. I believe that's the profile picture. Lego oh, walk. Lego, Lego walk. walk. Oh, Yay. No. Okay. Lego walk. Lego walk. Generic. Oh, sorry. Uh, generic plastic brick walk. Brick. <laughs> generic plastic building brick walk. Look, since last time I did this, people put more Lego on here. It does look significantly more it plastic brick. It looks like more Lego. Look, plastic bricks. Plastic. Generic brick. plastic bricks. Ow. I hate it. <laughs> oh, look, here's a nice little empty space. Here. Oh, come on. Get in, get in amongst okay. it. Okay. Oh, oh, by the way, I cleaned, uh, Stephen, I cleaned all the grease out of my phone case. Oh, good. That's Adina, good. Adina, can you show the camera my amazing phone case? I don't know if everyone saw yeah, let's it. see that. Say hi to Adina's arm. Here it oh, is. We, uh, you see it? Coming. There it is. Oh, that's nice. It's terrible, man. The whole thing is like kind of sticky. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. Thank you, Thomas. I don't know why. It's all that's, kind of a little good. sticky. Let's okay, do we'll some do more spins, spins, Stephen Hackett. Okay. We love the I'm spins. I'm going to leave my shoes off in case. You spin me right round, Stephen. Wow. Right round. That got a laugh from the control room, and I do not approve. You see? Good. Good jokes. What was the joke that you made earlier that nobody liked? Oh, I know what that one is. PC Smash. Oh, yeah. We've memorized number two. I'm I think this board is rigged. On. Yeah, it's probably good. You need maximum. You need shoes. You need eyeglasses. By the way, can we talk about Rick's PC Junior Smash? Can we talk about that now that he's not around? That was kind of incredible, right? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, he really took that, I think. <laughs> we, I'm hearing that there were many people in the, in the production room that were very... Uh, yeah, I think people really enjoyed that. He has quite a swing on him. I think you, uh, I think you've got to try and match that. Okay. I'm going to sit the microphone down. That is definitely a good idea. All right, so here he goes. Microphone is down. He's going to leave the special jacket on, I think. And uh, so he's going to be all nice and shiny as he makes his swing. I think Stephen's trying to find his eye protection. Oh, no, it's the bat. He was trying to find the bat. Glasses off. Eye protection on. Look at him go. I want to get closer to the screen. I need to see this thing. There he goes. All right. Batter up, buddy. Show him what you got. $500 on the weirdest fish. Oh! Oh! And he's gone. Junior. No. Junior, no. <laughs> What did I do to you? What did I do to my boy? Oh, PC Junior. Oh, <laughs> that poor thing. That poor, poor thing. Mike, I have you an important update. You gotta send you the relay. What was that? I have an important update. Okay. What is that? Macintoast.com is the domain that I bought. Macintoast.com. That's a good yes. domain. Yep. And what it goes. And it, it, this goes to the donation page, which you can go to at stjude.org slash relay. Or macintosh.com. <laughs> macintosh if DNS is working. <laughs> if DNS has worked. 
Sometimes, sometimes me and Stephen go quiet for a moment, and it usually is because we have our incredible production team helping us out, who have been around for the third year, and the team keeps growing, and we're very happy for them. Uh, so I just wanted to right now, we'll do it at the end, but I want to give a special shout out to everybody who's helped put this on uh, at Sack and St. Jude, mm-hmm. because uh, they're very good for us. Yes. Weirdest Fish, Andrew, Kara, thank you all for your gifts to St. Jude. That's Wonderful. a $500 one, so we know what that means. You what know does what that, that mean? Means? Oh, it's hula hoop time. Hula hoop time. Come on, let's get in on it. Okay. Let's do a hula hoop and ask. I also don't remember what's coming up next. If somebody could tell me in my ear what's coming up next, I would love that. Amazing. More spins. Oh, fantastic. We're spinning it up for oh, a yeah, while. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the mic stamps. Oh, it's hula hoop time, too. Are you going to go for the traditional hip hula hoop here, or are we going to mix it up? I think arm could be fun, you know? Like an extended arm, and you, like, try and, try and do that? Or do you still feel like you've got some work to do on the, on the hip hula hoop there, Steve? I think at the moment he's trying to deal with the hula hoop of cables that he's got himself caught in. Oh, he can't hear me. Stephen's very good at this. There he goes. Look. Then everything would be destroyed if he tries to get out of these cables. Oh, here he comes. He's nearly there. Come on, buddy. You can do it. We believe in you. No, he's still. There's a lot of cables. He's very cabled up right now. All right. Okay. Here he goes. Stephen Hackett with the two. What is he? T- oh, okay. This is going to be a disaster. They're going to go everywhere. Try one first. There you go. That's a good idea. Let's try one. He's going to try. Yep. That's it. That's it. Ready? Let's do this thing. Oh, there he goes. That is going to fly off. <laughs> Something's going to be destroyed. <laughs> hey, that and there he- very nice. Good work, Stephen Hackett. Oh. Okay, are you trying to show us that there's no string around something? Are you going to saw someone in half now? What is this? Here he goes. Oh, boy. This isn't going to go well, is it? This isn't... No. Oh. He looks like... There you go. Hey, Stephen. When you're doing that, you're the ringmaster. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. I'm he does look like one with that jacket on too. It's really good. Steven, spin the wheel. Oh yeah. Where are we gonna land? Oh, it's still going. Oh, still going. where can it stop? Oh, where's it gonna go? Where's it gonna? Oh, it's gonna no. Number three. <laughs> three. Okay. Amazing. Now what's gonna happen? <laughs> oh wow! Wait a second. Oh, where is it gonna land? <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Number three. What could it mean? What could it mean, Mike? Somebody tell me. Oh, I was lied to. But what? I have a segment wearing a onesie. How right. could this have happened? I don't know. It's All right, strange. okay. Microphone goes down. 
All right, so we're going to see Mike change into something that I uh, I picked out for him. Yeah, I have no idea what this is. It's really weird. It, it it was harder than you think to find a onesie that looks like an American bald eagle, but I was very successful. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, give everybody a good view of that thing. I know Halloween's not for another month, but I thought you'd get a jump start on it. Thank you. Is this glowing the duck? Uh, I hope so. <clears throat> Thank you, Scott. Donation of $500. That puts at us very close to the beginning of the beard challenge. I need to try and put this thing. Okay. You're definitely going to fall into the balloon room. I guess I got a chair. <laughs> this is what you tuned into. Watch a grown man try to put on a onesie in a room full of balloons. I mean, this is someone's thing. <laughs> We're at $434,000. I'm going to be so warm in this, right? Yeah, you're going to get very sweaty. I, mean, I already could be. You should squeal us. All right, he's he's really struggling there. You can do it, Mike. I get out of my shoes. You can do it. So we are uh, we're having a good time today. We're about halfway through. We'll be running until eight p.m. Eastern. Got a ways to go. It's uh, thunderstorming outside here in Memphis. Maybe you've heard that. That's been fun. Uh, it's dark where Mike is. I can see out the window that it's dark, and so I hope well, anyone. This is, walk uh... Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. I might be a small. a little bit higher for the rest of the a little, little, okay. uh, little small. Or you just, you just, <laughs> thank you, Joe, $500 for the kids of St. Jude. Mike, you just have to wear it for one segment. Did, did you leave your tie out of it? Not intentionally, but <laughs> pretty great. And we need the jacket, I think, back on top of it. Do you want me to die? Jerome, that's good. It's so good. It's so good. Oh man, this has made this has just made my afternoon seeing this. Look at him go. And maybe you could give us like a little like skeleton dance. <laughs> well, hello, I'm Alfred P. Skellington. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> this is so incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. We're all comfortable about it. All of us. That's fantastic. So what are we doing now? Oh, we got... Go spin the wheel again. Okay. Oh, it's so hot, though. Thank you. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. Let's... Thank you, Italian, Italian Baker. The Italian Baker with $501. All right, here it goes, spinning the wheel. Number uh, five. five. Back to the board of peril. I wonder which one it will land on. Who well, could no, know? No, it's completely random. There's no way to it. It is completely it. random. That's the way these games work. Oh. Oh! 
Number five. <laughs> Number five, uh, which is my onesie. Oh, so. amazing. Also, as well, we just passed $435,000, Stephen yes. Hackett. Yes, that means uh, during the next segment, I will go do some shaving. But first, I got to put a onesie on in front of a room full of people. At least it's just you and your wife. I have like a room full of, I mean, not strangers, but like not spouses. <laughs> This is actually hilarious, just seeing the, the likes like this. It's very funny, actually. I like it. You picked pretty well. I'm not going to lie. So hot, though. Me too. I can't wait. I'm so excited for this. Steven, this is going to be so good. It's just like your essence. It's going to look great on you, man. Oh, it's your color. It's like your color and everything. I know you love yellow. Hey, Steven. Yeah. Name that Pokemon, buddy. <laughs> it's Pikachu. Yes, it is. Oh, look at it. Oh, this is going to be good. This is like completely wearable, you know, like just in the average day to day. Go down to the grocery store. You know, people are going to get it. I can't, I can't yes. really describe to you. This is made out of sweater material. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why do you think I'm sweating over here? Because it's sweater. I've got like a jacket on. I've got a full suit going on with this thing. Okay. <laughs> Mike, you got you to gotta talk while I'm doing this, buddy. Okay, so... Pikachu is Pokemon number 25. Uh, an electric mouse-type Pokemon is the way that it is described. Pikachu, of course, is well-known for being the uh, partner Pokemon of Ash Ketchum. Uh, it's funny, his name is Catch Kate or Ketchum. It's like Ketchum, like Catch-em-all. It's like an F1 driver named Max Fast. Yeah, it's just like that, really. Um, or, or Pit Stop with two Ps. And here he goes. So Steven's now going to... No, but... Really, the evolved form of Pikachu, Raichu, which evolved with uh, uh, Electric Stone, I think is maybe the most unfortunate Pokemon, because nobody ever wants to evolve their Pikachu, because everybody wants Pikachu. Oh, that looks like it's a little snug there, bud. Look <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, boy. That's a form-fitting Pikachu right there. Look at him. Ooh, yes. I need to go and get a better look at this. Oh, this is everything I ever could have wanted right now. Look at you. Do it up. Do it up. Come on. There it is. Oh, it has buttons at the front. How interesting. I guess so you can easily remove it, you know? And yeah, you've got to put the hood on. It completes the look. And I think you have a tail too, right? Go and show us it. There he is. Perfect. Yeah, we want to hear you. I hate this. This is good. Nick's hat is kind of like Ash Ketchum's hat. I thought he was coming in to catch you for a minute. <laughs> yes. Yes. Look at him. Oh, come on. This is fantastic. There he is. That's a happy boy right there. Oh, 
Oh, look at that. Fantastic. Should, uh, uh, should we do St. Jude.org slash relay, I think, is where people need to go. Did you say another wheel spin? Oh, Stephen, I love you so much right now. We got, we got minutes to go, baby. Let's, spill that, let's spin that wheel. Oh, I need the microphone. I keep forgetting. Okay, spin the wheel. If this one ends up landing legit on one of the... <laughs> we want to do this right. Obviously, it was very legit. The 15! <sighs> okay. Ward of Power. Let's see what happens. What's it going to be? We've still got some great stuff on here that we haven't hit yet. I know. Oh... Four. Number four. Another. We got another, another day of phone case use. So this oh, is dude. so an extra day. So tomorrow and the next day. Mike, I have wearing... pockets. Me too. Oh, amazing. Great. This is fantastic. Okay. Well, uh, I think I'm going to go shave. Oh, are you? I think so. All right. Oh, God. It's so hot. It's so hot. So what do, what do we have uh, coming up next, Mike? I don't know because I have no devices in the balloon room with me. Okay. Well, I know. I know what we have. Part two of Balderdash. Yes. It's coming up next, we were just told. So uh, that was fantastic. I really enjoyed the first uh, half, so I'm really excited to see. Will Casey rejoin the Balderdash team? Who's going to know? I don't know. We'll find out together. Right now? Welcome right back to Relay FM now. Post Balderdash. When we last left you, Casey quit the show, but we've we've, we teased him back. <laughs> Let me tell you the point total uh, so far. I am in the lead with eight points. Uh, they, you, you can't let me win, people. Don't let me win. Uh, Carrie, right behind at seven. Andy has six on the back of his fake answer that people just, you know, he got a point for admiration. Uh, Casey has five, Mike four, Simone three, and Kathy, our most experienced player in the back with one. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, brutal. my experience remains being in the back. Okay, that, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. any any listeners of Low Definition know that I am most comfortable anyway, this, in the back. In, in order to, uh, we're going to move on. We have four more rounds. We're going to crown a champion in this half. And uh, we're going to start with a word. Uh, I'm going to admit that I picked this word. This is this is a, a tech-related term, but I picked it because I knew Casey would be here. Oh, no. The word uh, why are you for so round mean to five. Me? Thanks for coming back, Casey. Yeah, is Velveeta. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is tech-related? Velveeta. It is tech-related. There is a tech-related oh, term, a jargon God. term for what Velveeta is. Please send me your definitions of Velveeta now. Why are you so mean to me, Jason? I thought we were friends. It comes from I a place of love, Casey. Does it, though? Does yeah, it, though? Sure. <laughs> that place has love in it. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> all right. All of the definitions for Velveeta are in. I'm going to read them to you now. Velveeta, 
to post the same thing to an excessive number of different channels. When a program runs smoothly with no errors the first time it's run. Unnecessary code. A community of tech enthusiasts who insist on matching all hardware colors, often using wraps <laughs> to cover laptops and tablets. A fork of an open source project that bears a loose similarity to the original, but adds no new functions and is generally not considered a suitable substitute. I, I, this is this is unacceptable. <laughs> a false password used when testing out login procedures. And a technology that is superior to the most popular alternatives, but has a poor <laughs> reputation. Those are your definitions for Velveeta. And we'll start with Andy. I'm going to go with code that runs smoothly because coders who are, who, who are really, really hardcore into it probably have lots of experience with Velveeta and they actually would think it's a good product. And they would think that's a very, very kind thing to say about anything. <laughs> Look, I'll say this about Velveeta. It's smooth. Uh, Carrie, especially when, it's, especially when it's ripping through your insides. Carrie, what do you think? <gasps> I am torn between the smoothly with no errors and also the one about the false password. Can you read that one? A again, false please? password used when testing out login procedures. Okay, in the interest of forging my Thank own path, you. I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very nice, very nice, Kathy. I am so torn between the people that want all of the same color the wraps because that is creative but i also really like the pun about the fork <laughs> whether that was on purpose or not um so i'm going uh for the fork answer going for the fork all right mike what do you think i may be overthinking this but if i I'm asking myself why you chose this word, and I think it's tied to a definition that is somewhat trolling Casey, so I'm going to go with the open source one. <laughs> Which one? The open source one. Uh, open source fork, that one? Yes. All right. Mike on the fork with Kathy. Simone. <laughs> Uh -oh. I've pushed on my nose so hard making my thinking face that I look like an old-timey drunk. Um, <laughs> WC Fields, let me know what you think now. I really, okay, what was the one that was right before the fake password one? Uh, fork of an open source project. That's the fork. God, it's a fork one. Okay. I, I'm going to go with carry on fake password fake password i couldn't tell you why it just <laughs> but uh, it is it seems what like it that's is. what it is all right yeah and casey i quit this game velveeta <laughs> is superior to craft mac and cheese don't let anyone tell you otherwise this game is rigged against me and i am filing a formal protest when it is complete However, even though I think Mike's point about trolling me is excellent and is probably the correct answer, I have to go with, I believe it was Andy that said running smoothly without errors uh, on the first crack. Uh, that is that is zen for, for a developer, and that is what I would like zen to choose. Zen mail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's start with that one, Casey. Oh, no. Casey and Andy <laughs> thought uh, Velveeta was when a program runs so smooth 
that you may be soulmates, Simone's answer. <laughs> well done. Very well done. And so, Simone, well done. May, may I also compliment you that between that, that, uh, uh, that, I'm sorry, it goes. <laughs> I was gonna, I was I was just going to say that that is absolutely perfectly again I'm I'm voting for the ones that it should That's oh, yeah, Velveeta yeah. baby. That's, that's, no, no I, you can just see it right somebody press but like let's just build and run it and see. Oh man. Oh. Velveeta, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the new. That's now now what it means. All right. Um Kathy and Mike thought it was the fork of an open source project that looks like the original but actually doesn't do anything new. That was Andy's definition. Mm. Ooh. Good job. Uh-oh. And Carrie and Simone both thought it was a false password used when testing out logging procedures. Kathy's already said, oh, no, because that's Kathy's fake <laughs> answer. <laughs> I win again. Damn it. Vel- Darn it. Velveeta. So sorry. Was it, was it wrapping the colors? No, no, no okay. that was that was Carrie's answer. Um, no, you can change it to that if you Vel- want. Velveeta, <laughs> when, when, when you think Velveeta, if you think about a mass-produced product that is just a same homogenous nothing, that would be when you cross-post everything to a whole bunch of places, it. but it's always the same post. That's a Velveeta. Come on! Oh, no! Velveeta. No! Sorry. Boo that right. is this not Velveeta, We're going to turn this man. around, everybody. We're going to turn um, this around. Under, under, under my authority, Simone, I'm giving you authorship New definition. Of that term. New yeah, definition. Yeah, that's way better definition. As the, as the author of a random house tech dictionary. How will I, Listeners I am, out there, you know what to do. How will I troll yeah. Casey next? Well, I, I probably am oh, done God. now. Probably. Uh, I'm no, in the lead not. now with 12 points. Andy has eight. You're, see, that's the trolling right there. Andy has eight. Carrie has seven. Simone and Casey have five. Mike has four, and Kathy has three. Woo-hoo! Things are really moving along here. Uh, let's move to round six. The word for round six—it's a phrase, really—is backhoe day. <laughs> backhoe day. B a c k h o e day. What is a backhoe day? Please send me your definitions now. All of the definitions for backhoe day are in. Let me read them to you now. Backhoe day. Taking a personal day to organize your digital files, popularized in a Medium post from tech journalist Daniel Roscoe. When employees are sent home from work because the office network is down. The first day on a project when the team lays the groundwork for what is to come. When everyone in an office works on that one project they don't actually want to do in order to get it off the to-do list. (laughs) Taking a day from delivering new features to instead clean up technical debt. A day spent focusing on and refactoring inefficient code. And the last day before a major software project goes to release candidate status, Features with major unsolved issues are cleared out in bulk. Those are the definitions for backhoe day. And to get us started, it will be Carrie Provenzano. Carrie, what do you think backhoe day is? I am going to go for the one that was about the team spending a day working on a project for the work yet to come. Something like that. Laying the groundwork for what is yet to come. 
all yes laying the groundwork right. let's laying go with that one groundwork great kathy um let's do the one where uh you take out the features that don't work like the day before a project ah, Is that the uh, last day before a major project goes to release candidate you yes, clear one. out unre- unsolved issues right yes. okay mike that first one was very specific and is either correct or Andy's. So I'll that one. <laughs> this is my problem. Right? See, that, this is, that, I, I'll take that as a, as a compliment because when I don't know what I'm talking about, I do try to sound as though I'm being authoritative and I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so that means that. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that that mail order, I, I, I saved $80,000 by going for the mail order course in journalism instead of going to some fancy Columbia School of Journalism or something. Well, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, the first one. You're going you're gonna to do that. Whether it's real yep. or Andy, you're going with that one. <laughs> Got it. Frick. Simone? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Not one of the definitions. Yes, I agree. <laughs> That with Concur. four A's or five, <laughs> does anyone else, this might be cheating. If it is, don't answer. Does anyone else recognize the name of the journalist that was referenced in the first answer? All right. No, but that doesn't mean anything. Sure. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, I will go with technical debt. No, you know what? I'm going with the first one. You I'm going with Mike. Go with Same Mike. Answer on the first one. Okay. Forget the spread. Forget the spread. Casey. I'm sorry, the first one was which one? A personal day to organize your digital files, popularized okay. in a Medium post. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, I I don't know. I think it's going to be the one where the network is down, because I know that like undersea internet cables will get cut accidentally or whatever, and then you know the internet collapses. And so I'm hopeful that maybe because you know a backhoe is like sliced the cabling going into a building or something mm-hmm. like that, then everyone gets their backhoe day. Hmm. And that's what I'm going to go with. All right. And Andy? You know, I was going to go with the clearing up technical debt because... I'm not 100% sure it is the actual right answer, but I really loved the craftsmanship of the term technical debt and how it was used. And I wanted to reward that. But after after Casey talked about the idea of you get an unexpected day off because a backhoe cut through a line, that actually sounds familiar. And if it's not familiar, it sounds like something that would be the <laughs> obvious, say, oh, we got a back to backhoe day, meaning, no, it's not that, it's not as though there was a huge emergency. It was like, no, someone did something stupid and now we don't have any lights and they decided to send us home. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. High five. All right, well, let's start with that one then. When employees are sent home because the office network is down, Casey did such a great job selling that, that he stole that point that would have gone to his answer if Andy hadn't switched I know. to this <laughs> <so> answer. <laughs> Good news. That is absolutely the correct answer. It's like yes. a snow wow. day for office workers. Yes. The backhoe cut the line, and now we can't work. You are work. welcome, everyone. It's a backhoe Thank you, day. That, wow. that, that really, that re- I, I'm not lying, that really did totally turn nope. me around. Casey got oh, it. He, yes. he nailed it. He got it exactly right. Good job, Casey. Right. And then Andy, You're all unfired. Andy fortunate and to follow him in that round and able to jump on. If Casey had been first in that round, everybody would have probably jumped on it there. because he yeah. Charlie Weaver for the steal. perfectly parsed out there. All right, what else did we have? We had the Medium post taking a personal day to organize your digital files. Who doesn't love a medium post again, showing that specificity can get you points. Carrie Provenzano, Mike and Simone. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Ah! Are, are, are we making a soul connection here? Because Carrie picked Simone's answer about laying the groundwork. <laughs> so, so we know who you're doing your podcast with. That's excellent. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Problem solved. And, at least that's solved. And Kathy. Uh, Two people who are good at making stuff up. They used the backhoes to clear out the unsolved issues before the release candidate. That was Andy's answer so mm. kathy gets a point or gives a point to andy there it gives it yeah we'll move on to round seven um i'm still in the lead but andy is right behind me with 11 carrie very close behind with nine casey has seven simone six mike four and kathy has three two more rounds to go still a lot of points out there on the board for people uh and let's go on to our next word our next word is a phrase actually Angry garden salad. <laughs> angry garden salad. Oh. What is the definition for angry garden salad? And what does it have to do with technology? Something. Please send me your definitions for angry garden salad now. All right. All the definitions I mean, I are in points, for angry garden salad. I can't wait to see what these are. Angry garden salad. The complaints received when software changes or removes a popular feature. Disgruntled employees when forced to take a meeting outside when a meeting room <laughs> is double booked. A software project without a project owner that combines a large number of features from multiple teams. A deeply derisive and dismissive term for a horribly written piece of source code and what it looks like to another programmer. When commercial off-the-shelf software is configured wrong and causes a complete system failure. A poorly designed website. And when the project lead asks you to work through lunchtime, causing you to throw out your lunch in futile rage. Feudal rage. It's the best kind of rage. Uh, those are the definitions for Angry Garden Salad. And to guess first, we're going to go back up to the top. And Kathy, leading the parade, is Kathy. Da, 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 da. Uh, let's lead the parade outside because our meeting room has been double booked. Yeah, now you're just an Angry Garden Salad. Now I'm just an Angry All Garden Salad. Right. Mike, what about you? Can you reread that source code one? Uh, deeply derisive and dismissive term for what a horribly written piece of source code looks like to another programmer. That one feels right. I'll go with that one. You've seen some Angry Garden <laughs> Salad in your time, haven't you? Simone. What was the one that came right before the source code one? Uh, software project without a project owner that combines a large number of features from multiple teams. Now that's that an Angry Garden Salad, huh? Am I right? All right. I'm doing it. Casey. I have no clue what the correct answer is. None of us do, Casey. Oh, I, am, I am deeply lost. We're trying lost. to put a brave face on all of this for the past Golly. hour and a half. Golly, I am lost. Um, I like, however, and I and I wish for the correct answer to be not only because I want to score points, but because I think it's great. Uh, and I would, if you wouldn't mind rereading it, but whichever one was the one about removing a popular feature, I thought that was very well crafted. Uh, the complaints received when software changes or removes a popular yeah. feature. I'm, you I'm should see the Angry Garden Salad we got today. <laughs> that one's really good. All yeah, right. I, I really like that one. You guys are spreading it out here. 
uh, which, you know, I, I guess you're trying to block me. Andy, what do you think it is? I am going to go with the one that ends with throwing the, your, your lunch salad in the trash because that was such a <laughs> that's such a beautifully evocative <laughs> word picture that again I might be correct but I just want to honor whoever made that up if someone made that the up the futile rage futile rage I just got I got <laughs> the Surf, Angry Garden salad Surf today it to the lords <laughs> Bob gave me the Angry Garden salad Ooh. again <laughs> all right Carrie what do you think I've written three. Question mark. So please, could you reread number three for me, please? Because uh, I think I heard something in there I like. A software project without a project owner that combines a large number of features from multiple teams. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right. Carries on that one. Okay. Uh, let's start with uh, Casey. Casey thought that mm -hmm. Angry Garden Salad was the complaints received when software changes or removes a popular feature. That was Kathy's answer. Nice. Well done, Kathy. Point, Casey. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. Kathy thought that it was disgruntled employees forced to take a meeting outside. That was Carrie's answer. <laughs> Lot, lots of good, like little novelettes happening in this nice. one. I really yeah. did yeah. enjoy this mm -hmm. one. I'd yep, read yep. the book. Uh, <laughs> Carrie and Simone thought it was a software project without an owner combining a large number of features from multiple teams. That was Mike's answer. Mm, that nice. was a good answer, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Mike thought it was a deeply derisive and dismissive term for horribly written source code as viewed from another programmer. That was Andy's answer. Uh-oh. Mm. Goodness. And Andy thought it was uh, when you throw out your lunch in feudal rage because your boss makes you work through lunchtime. That was Simone's answer. Oh, no. no. Even with the spread? You know, it doesn't really Even matter who spread? wins. Uh, it matters which contestant wins because I, again, have defeated you all. Uh, Unbelievable. An angry oh, garden salad uh, is when uh, you click on a bunch of links on a website and they go to the wrong place. It's a poorly uh, designed website. An angry. Oh my gosh. Not the best definition. Garden salad. No. Poorly no. designed website. That's a terrible definition. It really is. We don't like it. No. The no. Yours, all the yours, yours were all were better. Yours better. were all better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, one more round to go. Uh, Andy has 12. Carrie has 10. Simone and Casey have seven. Mike, five. Kathy, four. I think it's still all to play for. Andy's definitely got a little bit more on the rest of you. Uh, we're going to do for our last round something a little bit different. It's one of my favorite rounds from Low Definition, hosted by Steve Lutz over on the Incomparable Game Show, which we are using his spreadsheet and his rules. So thank you to Steve for doing that. Uh, is that Goo Complete This me? is called Goo Complete Me. <laughs> yes! <laughs> In Goo Complete Me, I am going to give you the first few words of a Google search that I made in private browser mode. And you need to tell me what the top ranking auto-completion was. So, for example, oh, no. if I searched for why does the Death Star, the answer would be have a hole. Seriously, that's the answer. Why does the Death Star have a hole? Here's what you all need to guess the auto-completion of. Why does the iPad please complete this Google search now? 
<laughs> all right, all the definitions are in, or should I say all the autocompletes are in. For this Google search, why does the iPad, again, everybody's trying to guess the number one autocomplete on Google for why does the iPad at my house in a private browser window, you know, it changes over time. But when I recorded this um, and put it down for posterity, here are your options. Why does the iPad not have a headphone jack? Why does the iPad not have a keyboard? Why does the iPad have a camera? Why does the iPad not have a calculator? Why does the iPad cost so much? And why does the iPad not rotate my app? Those are your potential <laughs> answers for why does the iPad? And now we will start with Mike. Oh, geez. I'll go with the first one about the headphone jack. Headphone jack. All right. Uh, Simone. I am going to go with calculator. The James Thompson answer. Why does the <laughs> not have a calculator? Always with us in spirit. Casey. Uh, you know, when I was listening to all the options, I wanted to pick something that was, you know, kind of affirmative. You know, not, I didn't want one of the nots. However... <laughs> In thinking about it, what would your average person ask Google? I think the clear winner must be, why does the iPad not have a calculator? I agree with Simone on this one. All right. On the calculator. Andy. That was a very good, very well-formed question. Because why, to me, the way I'm breaking this apart is that why is a, they're not expecting an actual practical answer to solve a problem that they're having. They're just befuddled and they don't know why this is. So I, good point. I'm torn between the headphone jack or why does it cost so much? If we're going for the number one answer, I think most people would universally think I can buy a whole Chromebook or I could buy a whole Windows notebook for this amount of money. So I'm going to go with why does the iPad cost so much? Cost so much. All right, Carrie? Yeah, I had similar thinking. I'm thinking that what's the most generic question that people are going to ask? So I'm also going to go with why does it cost so much? All right. And Kathy? Well, I felt socially obligated to give the James Thompson answer. But <laughs> since it has been provided by two other lovely hosts on this show, um, I am instead going to go for why does my iPad or why does the iPad not rotate my app? Not rotate. That's a good one. My yes. app. Good question. Also, also, also a good one because that would be an answer, an answer to a question. Right. No yes. problem. All right. I didn't think about that. Uh, all of the answers are in for our final round. Let's see how it worked out. Mike thought it was why does the iPad not have a headphone jack? Andy almost picked that answer. He agreed it was a very good answer. That's because it was Andy's answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, done. well done. Well uh, done. At least at least 2% of my 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 weekly rage output is still on my iPad Pro and damn it. Why does yeah. it not have it? It's huge. It has room for it. I'm sorry. Kathy, that, 
thought it was not rotate my app. That was Carrie's handcrafted fake answer. Very Carrie. good. Mm-hmm. Nice. Had to give it I'm more thought, I probably would have picked that one. That was very, very good. Um, Andy and Carrie thought that it was, why does the iPad cost so much? And that was Simone's fake answer. Oh, well played, Simone. That was good. Thank you. Well done. Worthy of a Romulan. Very good. <laughs> and Simone and Casey both thought it was the James Thompson answer. Why does the iPad not have a calculator? Say it. Say it. And they're right. That was the answer. Yeah! <laughs> Why? Yes! Yeah, exactly. Why does yes! it not? I'm I'm just happy that it's an exclamation of frustration and anger and not just simply a rational yep. sort of, gee, yep. I don't know how to convert a PDF file into this. Yeah, because it's yep. not like, how do I get a calculator on my iPad? It's just like, for the love of God, why? <laughs> why is this so dumb? <laughs> just Google searches, sometimes they're, they are, uh, what, what was the phrase? It's just a futile rage. It's an outlet for yeah. futile yeah. rage <laughs> for your angry garden angry salad. Garden salad. <laughs> yep. Well, that brings us to the end. Uh, I got the most points, but that doesn't really matter. Andy is our player winner with 13 points congratulations andy simone and carrie end up tied for second with 11 casey tight race race. casey had nine mike had five and kathy comfy in the back with the pillows with four but you all (laughs) did great to spread out your definitions were fantastic this was a lot of fun so one last time i want to thank my players kathy campbell mike schmidt simone de rochefort Casey Liss, Andy Anako, and Carrie Provenzano. Thank you for being on Relay FM host Balderdash. And thank you to Mike and Stephen and everybody at Relay and everybody out there who's donating to St. Jude. Uh, we appreciate you too. And that ends this year's Relay FM game show on the Podcastathon. Goodbye! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do the reveal. Hey. Oh, that's clever. Hello. That's really smart what you've done. What have I done? Oh, nothing. I'm just being being pandemic safe, I guess. Oh. Oh. Oh, that's bad. Oh man. Where's my area? Oh, you! I don't even think you can see what. I'm well, on. hold on. Hold yeah, on. Mike, you got to zoom in, man. We can't see yours. You kind of look like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean guy. What is his name? Let's see. Let's get a good look at that. Wow. Do they make noise? Not really. You look like Jack Sparrow. That's what the studio says. Mm-hmm. I've realized I need to move my camera because I can't see the screen anymore. Okay. Move with me. While while you do that, what if what if I go to the board because we're at four hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars? Holy moly! Pretty wow. good, right? We're just under eleven thousand dollars away from four hundred and fifty thousand. Can you true. imagine? I know. 
I really hope that we have to take new Twitter profile pictures. Okay, Mike, are you ready? Here we go. Yep. Here we go. Here it goes. Number 12. 12. What is 12? Compliment time. Again. It's hard, you know. Just got to pick one. Why are you so close to the camera? Because I want the compliment. Wow. You look so eager, waiting for love. I won, I won the compliment. <laughs> Come on, give it to a, me. It's not a prize. Uh, well, earlier I said how oh, you're a quick learner, right? Uh, thank you, Emily, for a $500 donation. Sorry, I got distracted. Also, MPU fanboy, thank you. Okay, so you. Uh, I would say that Mike is a very caring individual. He's a very good friend. He's a good listener. And he is a much more empathetic human being. Oh, you're a sweetheart. Thank you very oh, much. God. Give it a rest. Stephen said something like that when he gave my uh, best man speech at my wedding. That's true. In fact, I just looked up it. I looked it up in Apple Notes and reread it. So we're good. Yeah, that's just, kidding. just kidding. This is horrible. It's really bad. What are they? I can't. I can't They're really like... tell. Bubble. Wow. I think bringing the camera inside here was bad for everyone. <laughs> I'm going to do some terrible things. All right. I'm getting my table ready. Okay. You want to see so if you can spin sit the wheel again? again. Uh, it's going to be the plan. Okay. No, well, I'm going to spin this thing again. Yeah. Oh, what I need to do is probably just need the camera. That was a good spin. Oh, I think that may have been my best spin today. Number seven. That's a peril. Board of peril. I forgot to put my jacket on. Number three. It's difficult to put the chair down when the... Mike. Oh, come on. I just... Giving so do you thing. want to get that together? Why do you get that together? And I'm going to come oh, here and I'm going to sit Steven, down. Steven, that beard is so bad, man. I, it's fine when, like, but then when I see you from the side, when I walk in. Yeah. Oh. Well, if more people donate, more facial hair will go away. So, thank you. Okay. So, I'm going to sit down here. I'm going to talk for a second. I'm also going to tell Ricky in the... Uh, in the control room that the uh, monitor with the fundraising uh, has died. So maybe check into the, look into that. I don't know what happened there. Uh, it's fine for me. I see that Carrie Provenzano, who is just star of Boulder Dash. Five, is that 500? Hey, thank you, Carrie. Thank I think, you. I uh, think I'll have to do some more hula hooping in a minute. Okay. Well, Mike gets that together. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what we're doing, if that works for everybody. Uh, we are raising money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. They have 
a life-saving mission of finding cures and saving children. So what does that what does that actually mean? You know, those are fancy words. You could see them on the side of a building, but what does it uh, what does it actually mean? Well, it means that Saint Jude is leading the way that the world understands, treats, and defeats childhood cancer uh, and other life threatening diseases, and they can't do that without the help of people like me and you. Because of generous donors, families never receive a bill for Saint Jude. What that means is that treatment, travel, and food are all covered by the donations that we are making here today. All a child should, all a family should have to worry about in this season is helping their child uh, pull through this. And for a little bit of context, and this is really cool given how much we've been able to raise this year, the average cost to treat just one child with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which is the most common form of childhood cancer, is $203,000. And so this year, the Relay FM family has paid, uh, more than paid for two children to go through that treatment. And uh, it's amazing to me. It really does blow me away because when you meet these kids and you see their pictures and video, it is, it's just an incredible thing. To make this possible, 80% of the funds necessary to sustain and grow St. Jude must be raised each year from generous donors. So please go to stjude.org slash relay and donate today. Uh, we are on our way to half a million dollars. We are currently at $441,000. Thank you all so much for that. Got a round of applause going. Woo! Uh, it's really been, it's been such an amazing campaign this year, and uh, we're excited to keep going. We have many more hours of the podcast to go, and of course, we'll be doing this all throughout the month of September. Uh, so, Mike, if maybe we could check in on London and see how, how Mike is doing with the... Uh, oh, that's just so bad. <laughs> Hello, Howard J. Skellington here. Yes. Has this ever happened to you? <laughs> I'm a skeleton lawyer. Are you? So, character here, skeleton lawyer, Howard J. Skellington. Okay. I don't know if that was the name I used earlier. That's a situation to sit down in. Yeah, I think you need some more balloons in there. I think we probably do. Uh, Idina's very excited. She has been very diligently, every time there's uh, whether to, when I'm not on it, she's been... I think we have gone through all of our original... Balloons in here now, maybe? Mm-hmm. There's, there's 500... This is going to be 550... Wow. This is going to be 550 balloons. Just remember, a balloon for every $100. Here it comes. There it goes. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to, while you're doing that, I'm going to get some more Lego to put in my computer over here. I, I love mean, it. plastic building blocks. Plastic building blocks to put into your electronic communications. I'm going to do some, what they call some Foley work. Generic plastic building blocks. Oh. Oh, that, that was, was that. That was that was disgusting. <laughs> that wasn't good. I think there was a That's screen. The opposite from the of ASMR. <laughs> okay, let's see here. This it's like having my own cooking show, you know. Is it? Put them in there. Ooh, it looks nice. 
Which yeah, color was... iMac is it? Say what? Which color iMac? It's a graphite, or it mm. was graphite. You can hear them. Isn't that good? Do a little bit more. Oh, yeah. There we go. I have no idea how I'm going to get this home safely. I've just realized that, that I have to take it home. (laughs) I guess I don't have to take it home. I don't have to take it home. (laughs) (laughs) Make it somebody else's problem. It's like that ball pit we got. It's just hanging around over there. Yeah, Jill, can you take this home? Uh, Yeah, the ball pit from the first podcast is still floating around. I saw it uh, a couple years ago. Uh, So, Mike. Yes. Mike, how are you doing? How's the how's oh that's fun. You doing okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing pretty good actually. How long have we been going for now? Four? Six days. How long? It's like wait, is it five nearly five hours? Yes, coming up on five hours. Alright. So usually we would be starting our final hour now. Yes. But not this year. Not we this have year. Three more hours. And we're at $441,575. So let's just keep that given up. We're 8425 away from 450000 Of 450000 Stephen removes more hair from his face. I add more of, I guess, these things to mine. Imagine what I'm going to look like, face full of these things. But really what you want to see is that what is next? For you, goatee. is it go, goatee? Mm-hmm. Heisenberg. Yes, that's that is uh, that's what we're gonna call it. It sounds better than why goatee. Why don't you uh, why don't you uh, spin the wheel? Okay, we got a lot of things we can do from the wheel spinning, put a lot yeah. of work into that as a custom wheel, you know. Here it goes. Here it goes. Oh, my microphone stand just broke. So janky. Number one. Board of Peril. I have the list in front of me now. Oh, good. Number nine. Mike, what's number nine? Update profile picks. Woo! All oh, right. Boy. Hold on. Here we go. Okay, let's see. Edit profile. Got, I, need, I need a better background this time. Hang on. I got an idea, but I have to set the mic down. I apologize for the silence, but, you know, real art takes, takes focus. Laying down on a bunch of Lego was a terrible idea. 
did not feel good. What? Oh, Mike, I, that looks really good. Jonathan, thank you for your $500 donation. I guess while I'm over here, I should hula hoop, probably. Uh, it's super difficult to move around inside of this. Would you have guessed? All right. Profile. Edit profile. Oh, look at that. I caught it. I wasn't watching. I was too busy updating my profile. Basically, a you really are. Mike, I think uh, you probably should eat a bean. Yeah, probably. I'm still You're tweeting, gonna... though. You're still tweeting? Yeah. Takes longer in metric, I suppose. You can give. to Imperial now. I heard about that. <laughs> slash relay. We could go ahead and spin again. As Mike tweets. Do one more okay. spin. And then I think we'll take a, a little break with a video about St. Jude. And then Mike will be back with a special friend. Oh, number nine. I was hoping for 10 again. Board of Peril. Board of Peril. Oh, and sat on a balloon. Number one. Building brick, the walk. I'll tell you what, Stephen, while you get ready for that, I'll be uh -huh. boozled. Okay. So why don't you be boozle? And I'll get ready. Okay, spinning, spinning. Oh, I just dropped a bunch of them. Oh, no. I just dropped something. Uh, but it's going to be Peach, maybe. Hey, three for three on Peach. No bar. That's good. But I have dropped a lot. I think you have to eat oh, all of them that you dropped, but all in one handful. Look at, look at where I am situated. Do you think I can find them? <laughs> no. Okay, are you ready? Oh, it's not any better. <laughs> Please donate at stjude.org slash relay. Oh, Ow. wow. Why is that sharp? Get out of here. Okay, that's done. It's terrible. Mike is still looking for his beans. Oh, I found another one. Raising. Should I just eat it? Okay, so we're going to uh, right. be right back. We're going to show a video about the life-saving work of St. Jude, and then Mike will be joined by a guest. Let's, let's roll into that. Stella, definitely a fiery one. Very strong-willed child. And, um, you know, she never lost her spunk. She had a very strong personality from the get-go, very independent, 
She was my first star. And then to hear that your child has a rare type of cancer, it can be really, really, really scary. Takes you to a really dark place. This was all around Thanksgiving. Stella was only four years old. She wasn't feeling too good. So my wife wanted to get her checked out. We then ended up a couple days later at the hematologist, signing so many scary forms. And the one paper said, if you know, if we can just get an extra five mLs, we like to send the sample down to St. Jude. December 16th, we received a phone call from the hematologist. That little sample that they sent down to St. Jude showed that she had AMLM7, which was like a really rare type of leukemia. Pretty much, it's, it's devastating. It's devastating to hear and very, very gut-wrenching. It was just like your whole world was torn upside down and you know all the life and happiness and joy was you know, shaken out of you. I wasn't sure how we were gonna get through this or how she was gonna survive through this, but as soon as we ended up on those front steps of St. Jude, we were ready to fight this. She had two rounds of chemo. She went through a bone marrow transplant. So we were there on the transplant floor for a month. There was some ups and downs as far as, you know, not feeling well. But uh, we put tattoos on the head. We never received one bill from St. Jude. So the main thing that we focused on was being there for her. Yeah. her idea. And every day was special. You can't imagine your child having to fight for their life. I wasn't sure if we were going to have Stella, so we spent every minute having as much fun as we possibly could, just in case she wasn't going to be around. but she is now eight years old and doing great, playing like a normal child. Nobody would even have known that she had gone through what she'd done four years ago. She's happy for every day that she has here and uh, really taking advantage of every moment on her second chance. My name is Stella. I go to school now and um, I also want to be a teacher. I know that I have a St. Jude story, because they helped me um, with cancer. They saved my life. She's doing fantastic. She is succeeding. She loves to read. She loves the color. There's never a dull day with Stella. So she's doing great. As a parent, we need a cure for cancer. Our children need a cure for childhood cancer. and. St. Jude won't stop. So hopefully one day, you know, with Stella's diagnosis, you know, the next children would be able to get better quicker and the survivor weight will just keep increasing until AMLM7 is not even existing or any cancer. St. Jude is hope. St. Jude is family. The people that donate to St. Jude, they mean everything. It's very heartwarming to know that there's that many caring people out there. 
and I can't express how thankful I am for all the compassion that people have for St. Jude. Hello, welcome back to the Relay FM podcast with Arm for St. Jude. I am Howard J. Skellington, and I'm here to introduce my friend and yours, Federico Vitici. Ciao, Federico. Federico, I do Hello. not hear you. There he is. Hello. I hear you now. Hi. Hello, my friend. How are Hello. you? I am doing fantastic, and I see you are doing well. It seems you like. Know. I mean, things are, that's things are a, happening over here. You know, that's, a, know that's a look. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Federico, I know you're yes. an incredibly busy man right now, so I appreciate you taking time uh, to join us. Of course. Yeah. I believe uh, you were publishing your iOS review on Monday. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. It's uh, I've been, what, three months in the making? It's Three months. Yes, I started writing it essentially the week after WWDC. Um, uh, and yeah, I've been working on that ever since. And uh, it's shorter than previous years, but it's still, uh, you know, it's still a 50,000 word story. Um, so technically, it's shorter than before, but it's still quite a bit of work. And mm. I finished my screenshots, uh, hundreds of them. And uh, I'm on lock for Monday at the moment. So just, you know, putting the finishing touches on the story. But, you know, it's, it's complicated because it's two operating systems, both iOS and iPadOS, um, in one story. And now that Apple is doing so many things, right, uh, they have so many system apps. It used to be easier years ago. Mm -hmm. Now it's a, it's a complicated task to try and understand what kind of, how can you put it off in a single story that doesn't destroy your life in the summer, but it, that is also an enjoyable thing to read. Yeah. You, I mean, you know, obviously I speak to you a lot um, and it does seem like this year has been much more manageable for you. Mm. Mm. Uh, does that mean, hmm, were you better prepared or is iOS 15 boring? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I feel I feel like I have a better setup than yeah. in previous. So I think it's a bunch of things. I think there's some part of the, the the sort of my reality this summer was the necessity to try and do things differently. Because in addition to my review, I also worked on the major relaunch of the club, right? Uh, and so with Club Max stories and all the different things that we have launched, I knew that I would have less time than in previous years. So that was their reality. There's also the fact that I've been doing this every year since iOS 9. So this is my sixth review, I think. Um, and so over time, you know, uh, Thankfully, uh, with experience, I've sort of progressively started to know myself. Mm. Took me a while to figure that out, but there's also that part. Um, there's the technical aspect of it, which is I feel like more than ever, the setup that I had for producing this kind of story this summer has been so much better than in previous years. Um, and you know, having a tool, this is essentially like a novel, right? 
Yeah. And imagine that instead of characters, I have apps and features. And there are like common themes and threads and if you will, plot line, sort of storylines that you have to pull together throughout mm -hmm. this massive story. And so having a tool that lets you do that easily, that was very helpful. And lastly, to your point, yes, um, iOS 15, and this is also like the theme of my review, iOS 15 is not a massive update. I mean, there's a bunch of, there's a lot of things for sure. There's a lot of features. There's a lot of changes to apps, but it's more of a sort of quality of life um, improvements yeah. throughout the OS. And that made it easier. You know, uh, I didn't have, yes, iPad multitasking, there's a new menu, but it's still the same split view. It's still the same slide over. I didn't have dark mode, which is brand new. I didn't have drag and drop like in iOS 11, and that was brand new. Um, I didn't the have widget. the br Widgets, widgets like life, last yeah. year, and those were, were brand new last year. So it felt easier because of what iOS 15 is. Yes. So it was a combination of things. You mentioned iOS 9. Was that mm. the one with share extensions? No, that was iOS 8. Huh. But yes. which, so you said you, what did you do around iOS 8? Did you not have a say? Well, so with iOS 8, I did like, that was last year uh, that I did sort of like a, like a, like a personal story that was not labeled a review. Mm. Technically, it was a review. I believe I did a story called Living with iOS 8 or something silly I, like that, that. I consider that one like my most Federico review because I re read that on a beach in Palermo in Sicily on really? Kindle. Yeah. And I have really? vivid memories of reading, and I'm pretty sure it was a, it was the share extensions year. Mm. Uh, so that I mean, was I don't know which one sure. it was. I mean, it, but yeah, I remember uh, I was on vacation. Nice. Yeah, that was iOS eight. If you remember share extensions, that was iOS eight. Um, I think I know it's the same time as the iPhone six because that was also when upgrade launched. Yes, when I was on yes. vacation. Yes, because it was twenty. It was twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. So I success uh, maybe. Um, yeah, I think it's success. And I started doing this officially with iOS 9 in 2015. So this is, yeah, six years that I've been doing this every summer. And, uh, you know, it's been a, it's always a struggle to try and balance also because I tend to have a very Italian summer, you know, like yeah. going to the yeah. beach and spending a lot of time at the beach. Um, so it's always a struggle to balance, you know, this, made, this big responsibility, this big project that I have that a lot of people, thankfully, expect um but i'm very happy this year because I, I was able to hit you know day one of ios 15. last year with ios 14 i was late by a month exactly like it took me an extra I month i don't remember it being that long yeah me, well it was a week mm, 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 mm. no yeah no you, a... uh, do you think that ios 15 is actually Apple's pandemic release not? Oh yeah, yes. You actually hit on a on a, one of my final sentences in the conclusion of the story, which is I think we are seeing the pandemic release with a one year delay. You would have thought that last year's iOS fourteen was the pandemic release, but yeah. I actually feel like it's Thank this one you. because the way that Apple puts together these updates, you know, they start 
I don't want to say a year in advance, but it's basically that sort of timeline. And I think more than ever, we're seeing now the effect of, you know, being in, you know, the first lockdowns and adjusting to work from home last year. And I yeah. think we're seeing the effects now. Now, that's, uh, I don't know what that says about Apple and their sort of monolithic. Mm. Um, and mm. I say that because, you know, it would have been nice to see the new FaceTime app last year instead of in 2021, yeah. instead of fall 2021. Uh, it would have been nice to get SharePlay, you know, last year when we were in lockdown. Um, but I also understand that Apple likes to do things a certain way. But yes, I, I think, you know, you, you see it in FaceTime and you see it in other features like the integration with, uh, with um, Zoom and WebEx meetings in the calendar, right? All these little things. Um, they seem to suggest to me that this is indeed like the, the pandemic release we're getting now. I didn't know that about the integrations. Is it kind of like how fantastic? How it's basically like it. that. It's basically like that. Going. Right. Okay. Yeah. It, it pulls out the little icon for the meeting that you have huh. in, in your calendar event um, window. And uh, it shows you a join button and you can click that. It's actually very nice. But yeah, it's pretty common practice these days. You said a minute ago about um, that you have a bunch of people that wait on the story or they, they have an expectation for the review. Mm. Uh, obviously, it's a great feeling to, to have people that want something. Does it add pressure for you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, yeah or, also, would you put the same amount of pressure on yourself even if you had a tenth of the people read it? Does, well, it, does I, it make you, with how you are, different that you have a large audience to read it, or would you always be particular? That's a very good question. Uh, I feel like at this point in my life, it's impossible to answer because it's impossible to separate the two things. But what I remember is that when I when I was getting started with Mac Stories, you know, ten years ago, uh, I was all, I've always been putting a lot of pressure on myself because I've always been a perfectionist with my things. And I've always, honestly, I, I've always like overworked myself and I'm not proud of it. It's something that I'm still learning how to balance better, especially since I'm growing older and I have other responsibilities at home. Um, I'm still sort of learning my way around that. Um, but I feel like I've always been this way, even when I was in school, for example, I always needed to be perfect in all my things. Um, but with an audience, that becomes a much bigger problem. Because if you tend to have that thing about yourself where you just cannot accept, you know, being wrong or, or you know, in my case, having a typo, for example, or having the wrong screenshot, you know, or not covering a specific detail. If you have that trait, you know, already, and you add an audience to that as an ingredient, that just becomes a lot worse. Because, it's like gasoline on a fire is what yes, it's like. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's exactly that. And now I feel like it's not just about me being a perfectionist because like these reviews, I actually use them myself like years later to try and reference, you know, oh, when was it that Apple rolled out this feature? And I find it in my reviews. So it's not just me, but also there's oh, there, now there's also people, you know, uh, checking out the review and expecting the review. Um, and I remember like 
the pressure and of last year, right? When iOS 14 came out and I wasn't ready for the first time. And there were people on launch day saying, oh, where's the, where's the teacher review? And I, I don't know, it just kind of, you know, it, it wasn't, it was not a good feeling. So no. an audience makes it better, but it also makes it worse because now, you know, I feel like I cannot let people down. And uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's just a part of you, right? Like, mm, it's mm-hmm. not, I know what you're saying and I'm not trying to correct you, but it's the audience is at the issue. You're the issue, but there's, and I feel I have the same the kind issue. of stuff, right? I have yeah. the same exact same kind of things. And it is like when we were, we sound like old men there. When we were 10 years younger, that is an easier trait to have because we had more energy and less responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. as you, yeah, and it becomes a constant balancing act. I'm sure many people watching can, uh, man, I was expecting to talk to you about notifications. So I don't know. I'm sorry that I've gone into this. Uh, this is so much better. Uh, I do want to ask before I let you go. If there is one thing that, that you would suggest uh, for people to look out for in iOS, obviously I don't want you mm. to spoil uh, the good parts of your review, but like, what is maybe one of the things that you have been most surprised about, about your enjoyment of it or your usage of it that maybe you wouldn't have necessarily expected? Or it could be in the inverse, something you thought thought you really were going to get a lot of. Actually, you have not much out. Um, what really surprised me and what I think I would recommend people check out is um, not just the new focus system, which would be the new do not disturb, but really looking into focus and setting up automations for that and setting up like custom home screens. Mm. That's one of the things that you can do with focus. If you really go, you know, down the rabbit hole of checking out all the settings and all the options, um, because now you can try and think of your iPhone and your iPad, if you will, uh, as being able to, to sort of adapt to different parts of your day. Right. Yeah. And so something that I've started doing is I have a music focus and now, you know, my phone just shows me stuff for music. Yep. Or I have a gaming focus, and it shows me just games and Apple Arcade and you know a yep. bunch of things like that. So I, would I think recommend... one of my favorites. So Matt Bischoff posted a travel focus, and yes. it changed their home screen to have like flight widget, like travel app. I was like, oh, that's so smart. Like that's something I know exactly. that I know I'm gonna steal uh, and set exactly. up for myself. I thought that one. That's like a perfect use case where it's like. You need things at your fingertips that you need so infrequently otherwise. And so yep. I thought that that was really cool. Yeah, I'm, 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 I've, been in, I've been liking setting them up, but I still have a lot deeper to go. Federico, obviously the best place to get the information about this is in your iOS and iPadOS 15 review, which is coming on Monday at MacStories.net, right? Yes, sir. That's correct. On Monday afternoon at some point. I love you, my friend. Love you, Prince Mike. Flexi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Go donate. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Bye, Federico. Have fun. Good night. All right. We're back. Hello. It's me. Hello, I it's me. The, I left this on the whole time. I figured we could maybe now. Are we going back to... Oh, have you done more shaving? Or we haven't hit that yet? How far are we away from you shaving? We are about $4,500 away for the next shaving. We're going to do that at uh, $450,000. So please save me from myself, sandju.org slash relay. 
I'm going to try and take this onesie off now. Do you want to, are you going to do some wheel spins? What are you going to do? You I think I'll do a wheel spin. We do have a $500 donation, I think. I think Tim but, deserves a wheel spin. Okay, you're going to wheel spin? You're not going to hula hoop? Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Do a hula while I take this off, because it's going to take me ages. Come on, go do your Okay. Hula. If I take all this time, <laughs> take this thing off, and then it comes just back on again... <laughs> Is this what you thought you were going to see today when you decided to tune in? All right, here he goes. Get it, Stephen. Oh, that was bad. Something terrible happened? Did something bad happen? Try to knock some. Okay, here we go. No. <laughs> Lost it. <laughs> All right, let's do a wheel spin, and then I'll eat a bean. Hula hoops are silly anyways. All right, you ready, Mike? I don't know what's happening to Mike, but we're going to spin this. Number 12. I give Mike another compliment. Let's go to 16. Yeah, Mike's busy, so we landed on 16 here. Let's see. I'm going to do some more I Foley keep work. talking as if you can hear me. I can't hear you. No. I have a, I have a bean. It's a juicy pear one or okay. booger one. Pear. That's good. I'm going to pick an apple history date. Oh, fantastic. June 18th, 2007, Apple announced the iPhone to ship with glass display instead of plastic. That's a good one. Which iPhone was that? The original. Oh, what? Was it originally to be a plastic display? Uh huh. And then that. on June 18th, they announced it was going to be glass. Very last minute. I, mean, I guess this is the stuff that I'll find out when I get your calendar. Yeah, I should ship them. You should ship them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got an email from the printer today. They're almost done. And I thought, I cannot worry about that today. That's good news, though. It is great news. You want to do one more? Yeah. Thank you, dot org slash relay. That's where you can go. You can donate. 
Got so much stuff happening. We're at $446,000 right now. Stephen, what number are we at? 12. Compliment time. <laughs> Mike's pretty funny. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, man. I I enjoyed your talk with Federico. Oh, thank you. We 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 I basically used none of the notes that I brought. That's I guess that's always the best kind of conversations though, really. Uh, I was in the uh in the control room I was like, "Oh, it's like therapy with a skeleton." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's well, I guess maybe Henry J. Skellington is actually a therapist, a lawyer. Mm. Or he's just multi-trained. I mean, he's lived multiple lives. <laughs> You can't put him in a box. Nope. Wait. That's where well, my someone, are. someone <laughs> tried to, and then he got out. <laughs> someone tried to. Yeah. No, oh, no, one can, no one can keep him in. That's right. Emma, thank you. Uh, your uncle, thank you. Your name is very confusing. Justin M. John, if you guys want to join, stjude.org slash relay, join in this fundraising effort to support the life-saving work of St. Jude. So we're, as we said before, we're going to be uh, raising money all the way out throughout September. Um, something that we're going to do, I guess we should pick a number for it, is there is a second Boulder Dash ep episode with a whole set, yeah. fresh uh, set of people. So what should we say? Maybe pick a number when we let's raise do, uh, enough? Let's do uh, 475. Great. So once we reach 475... Uh, that will become unlocked, and then it will be published on the Relay FM YouTube channel shortly after. If it happens, hopefully it will happen today. We'll get it done in the next couple of days. So can we get a reminder? What have we got so far? We've got two days of phone case usage, right? Yes. Two days of Android use? I think so. Two and TikTok you have things. Two TikToks, and I think you have or have to $160 in matching donations. Yes. Very good. This has been great for me so far. I just had it confirmed in my ear that they were correct. Yeah, I feel like it's a little uneven, if I were to be perfectly honest. Well, you get to spin the wheel. So, I would love to spin the wheel. That's true. Well, and you maybe got to be in the room when Rick destroyed the PC Junior. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Maybe you can spin the wheel through me. Let's see if we can make this happen. Oh, okay. This is, I don't know. Oh, am I going to possess you? Do like I need to dress e. up as Henry J. Skellington again? <laughs> okay. <laughs> paranormal. All right. Okay, In... so tell me where to okay. put my hand. Uh, four. <laughs> four? Yeah. Down here? Yeah. <laughs> and like push it yeah. away from me or pull it towards push me? It, push it away from you. How, <laughs> How strongly? As uh, strong as you can. In three... <laughs> Two, one. Ah! <laughs> I went about as I expected. What of is course. It? Oh, you're not getting another compliment. Let's try that again. Uh, all right, spin it again from... It's on that one. Which one? So the, the, the crew wants you to give me a compliment, but that's on the board of peril. Yeah, but the reason for this, by the way, in case you wonder why one is on the good, one is on the bad, I love compliments. Stephen hates them. 
So this is a good thing for me, bad thing for him. So it couldn't mm -hmm. be. Let's do another spin. Uh, okay. Let's go from number two. Okay. Go backwards. So back towards me? Yeah. In three, two, one. Well, that was a good one. Okay. Number two. I have to do a donation match. See, it worked. Okay. All right. I will match $100. The next $100 donated, I will match it. That sounds good to me. I feel like we should get you on the board of, the board of peril, too. So let's say that we had rolled a three. Yeah. You can see what I do over here. Okay. So you tell me where you want it. Sort of in the center now. Should I move to the right or left? Uh, right. How far? Stop. Right here? Yeah. Drop. Oh, it sounds good. Number Update nine. profile picks. Was that nine? Okay. Yep. Profile pick time. Okay. We do that one a lot. I feel like yeah, but it's gravity. also a good. It's also a good one, right? Yeah, it's good. Not like those TikTok challenges. Yeah. I'm gonna do one from up high. That's a good idea. There we go. This beard is so good. 446 thousand dollars going to just, uh, be rushing towards 450 where I get to shave some more. There we go. That's done. Uh, so Mike, coming up, we have an interview that you did. Uh, do you oh wait, hang on. <laughs> I'm down where in the balloons you? right now. <laughs> I'm down in the Mike. Yeah, I'm here. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. Adina, All can right. you hear me? Go save Mike. <laughs> here he comes. I took a good picture. Look. I'm up. <laughs> I'm up. Don't worry. I'm up. <laughs> okay, yeah. So do, do we have our in my interview now? Uh, yeah, tell us a little bit uh, about this, because I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I spoke about this a little bit earlier on, so got to talk to Dr. Jamie Ferlaghi, um, who works at St. Jude um, and is a doctor and researcher. And they have an interesting job where they're kind of split between research and patient care. And one of the, the central themes of this conversation is around how do we share research and look at treatment for cancers that we can successfully treat? So what is it like for somebody after their time of, being, of going, having gone through cancer as a child and what comes next for them? So it was, it was really interesting, as I mentioned, because this was a very different type of conversation to the one we usually tend to have uh, with some of the people that work at St. Jude, where it's very much focused on how do we cure, how do we cure, like we need to learn more. This is like, well, what can we learn afterwards? So... If, if we've got that to play now, uh, that would be really great. And you'll, we'll be back afterwards uh, after this really interesting conversation with Dr. Jamie Falaghi. So Dr. Falaghi, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for our audience, could you please share a little bit about like, what your title is and kind of what does an average day look like for you at St. Jude? What are you working on? Absolutely. So thank you so much first for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. So my title is I'm a doctor here at St. Jude. 
Um, my specific title is that I'm an assistant member, which means I'm part of our faculty or our core doctors here treating patients. I work with our leukemia lymphoma division. So my focus here is that I see patients primarily with lymphoma, which is a cancer of the lymph nodes. Um, and that's what I do and what I research. My typical day um, has no typical aspect to it, except that I come to work every day and get lots done. In the morning, I usually focus on patients, see who needs what and what needs to be done and start there as that's always a priority. Then it hits research in meetings and how do we do what we do better and to the best we can. I do a lot of coordination and working with other groups. So a lot of my day has Zoom at this phase of life and a lot of online meetings to see how we're doing at other places and to bring together research from many different aspects of the world. So one of the things I love is that a lot of my day involves people in other time zones at all sorts of times during the day because we can literally from here collaborate with the world. And so it's part of what I love with my job is that lymphoma is a little bit more rare. And so my day changes day to day because as we work together with the world, we learn something new. And then what we thought we were gonna work on tomorrow, totally different. So I see patients and I do research and it's mixed every day and I love my job. That's super interesting that you have that mix. Because I think some of the people that we've spoken to in previous years, they seem to fall on one side or the other. Like they're either patient focused or research focused. And I can imagine that that provides something a little bit different, that, that you're actually able to put people and their faces and the work kind of together. It must be really interesting. It's super interesting, but it's also really powerful and motivating for me because my research, I feel very honored that it gets to be um, revolving around patients, which we usually term as clinical research. So I'm literally studying patients to figure out as I treat them, how we can do it better tomorrow. And yeah. so it merges the two really nice. And um, it's just something that I'm really proud of because as we sit with patients and we learn from them, even when they go through hard things, I can promise them that when I go upstairs back to my office and figuring out how we can do this better. What is the focus of your work right now? Are you able to explain to our audience kind of like what the things are that you're most focused on? Yes. So I am lucky. So the disease that I get to treat is Hodgkin lymphoma. So what that means is just the cancer of the lymph nodes. It happens for really no good reason. And if we get it, those cells to go away, it stays away. So the really interesting thing is that unlike a lot of types of cancer, we've actually been able to cure Hodgkin lymphoma for years. So a lot of the focus at St. Jude and around the world is on things that we can't cure or treat. And how do we figure that out? Hodgkin is the reverse. We've been able to cure it for years, but the problem is that the cure comes with lots of side effects. So the first cure for Hodgkin was radiation and you can actually just radiate people and it will cure them but there are a lot of side effects. So people die early in life. So sure you achieve the cure, but they're not living out healthy lives after. So every time my research and what we're doing for Hodgkin is to try to cure them, but with less to do it better. So it's a very different focus, um, which yeah. is fun because every time we're hitting the next phase of treatment for Hodgkin, it's actually trying to get the same outcome or cure, but by giving them either less chemo or less of something that's toxic to their body so that not only do they live, but they live and carry on great lives. So it's really different than a lot of types of cancer that we treat. Oh, definitely. I mean, and I guess that makes it kind of interesting because you're living in the future in a way. 
right? Like the goal, the plan, the work that everybody's so focused on at St. Jude is to get to this level for all cancers. And so I guess that's, it's super interesting to think that like the work that you're doing is, all right, so we hit that point that like such high lofty goal has been hit for this type of cancer, but that work doesn't stop because no. then there are more efficient, better, uh, healthier, gentler ways to make this better for people, right? Absolutely. And that's a, a silver lining and shining star that we have at St. Judas, our survivorship program. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of emphasis back when we couldn't cure patients, it was, okay, how do we cure them? But now that we've cured them and there are more drugs coming out every day to let us do it better, what are those side effects later on? Okay, so maybe it worked in the short term, but if it's creating lots of heart problems later on and people are dying early, well, that's not a full win. And our survivorship program is second to none at St. Jude. And it's one of the reasons that I work here is we have had Hodgkin patients who are living in her survivors that literally they've studied for their life. So in the St. Jude Life program, they follow the patients that we treat forever. So we know what happens to them not just on paper, but literally we've done the tests and we know. So our survivorship program lets us inform our changes based off what they see truly years later. And there is nothing like it in the rest of the world. And I'm so proud of our survivorship group because um, it really informs what we do. What was it that brought you to St. Jude? Like, how did you find out about St. Jude? What was it that made you want to be a part of this work? So obviously lots of people know about St. Jude because of its wonderful reputation for being a leader in catastrophic illnesses and most importantly, cancer. And for me, I came to St. Jude because I actually have a love of international work and international oncology. So at the time that I first started here, we didn't have the global department of pediatric medicine that it is now. It's expanded immensely since my time. But we still had an international outreach program, and I came to join them during my training time as a fellow here in hematology oncology. So I spent every other month for the month in Guatemala City. I flew back and forth and lived in two places um, because we have an amazing site there. They're exemplary. They do incredible work. And so I was actually going there to learn from them, not to bring them knowledge, but to learn how they're doing it so well, how we can emulate that, how we can teach others how to do that. And so it was really fulfilling for me. So I came to do international work and that's actually how I fell into Hodgkin. So Hodgkin's not just easy to cure here, it's easy to cure anywhere. So these patients don't actually need to be dying no matter if they're in the middle of Africa or if they're here in St. Jude. And so because of the international applicability, sort of like I was mentioning, we're on calls with all sorts of people all the time, we can help cure Hodgkin anywhere. And so it's been really fun to be able to share our knowledge to help the lives of people everywhere. Some cancers are really hard to treat in low middle income settings. Hodgkin is not one of them. Yeah, I think that these kinds of stories, I think help really resonate. We have a global audience um, and it's so interesting, you know, that like St. Jude by and large appears to just be in one place, you know, like it's, it's one hospital in one place, yeah. but it's, I think it really helps people understand like if you are if you live in scotland you can donate to saint jude because one day you or someone you love may benefit from the research that happens there because it's so widely shared and it's such an incredible thing that is you know 
I think quite rare in this type of medicine and it's it's what makes St. Jude I think such a beacon. And you we didn't talk about this in my typical day but one other thing that all of us do all the time and it's a huge part of my week is consults. So a lot of times we are able to share the knowledge that we have not just by bringing a patient here, often I don't need them. And in a digital era, I can look at their pictures, I can look at their labs, I actually don't need the patient in front of me to be able to provide the same level of care I can to a patient here. So we do consults all over the world, all the time, and we're able to share our knowledge, help educate, help train, um, and help treat patients literally from St. Jude here in Memphis, anywhere in the world. And we do that every day. You know, we have our audience has a keen love of technology. That's kind of the main focus of a lot of our content. And it sounds like technology has plays a really big part in your role. And I, and you, you know, you mentioned it earlier that like in these current times, you, you find yourself relying on it more. Is that helpful for the type of work that you do that you can have them digitally? Does it, does it help you see more patients that way? It does. Um, it is helpful in the technology era that we can readily share things. For instance, for Hodgkin, it's all about what the pictures look like, the pictures being of their body and of the disease, and what it looks like during treatment and after. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that we can freely share those because you can't put anything in words that helps me enough understand what the response looked like to give you feedback. But if you can show me the picture, that is everything. So technology has connected us and allowed us to actually treat patients adequately and help consult on patients no matter where they are. We even do that within the US. So I run our Stanford St. Jude Dana-Farber consortia with a bunch of sites, but primarily with those groups, we run our own clinical trials that I lead. And we even just here need each other. This is not just a helping other countries and helping other places. There are a lot of tricky questions that are really important on an individual patient level to know whether or not that patient needs radiation to figure out how they responded. It's not all black and white. And even people who have been doing it a long time, we need each other and lean on. So we have a meeting every week with all of us together just to help talk about cases and look at them. So technology helps not just internationally, but also within the US because it really does take a village. So when a patient is straightforward, that's great. And they follow the cookbook, they read the textbook, they do exactly what they were supposed to, but that's not a lot of patients. And so when they deviate from that, when it doesn't go as planned, the question is, what do you do next to make sure you cure them, but maximize benefit and all the things, those are hard questions. And so the technology allows us to actually connect for all patients. I mean, I assume that you've probably been a part of or been around or involved with many other pediatric cancer research facilities and care facilities. What makes St. Jude different? I was thinking about this question in preparation for today, and it's <laughs> that this place shines. And if I could impart one thing to people, I wish, almost like I can't convey the pictures and PET scans on in words, you can't convey what it's like to be here and work here until you walked in the door. People sort of joke about Disney, that this is the Disney of cancer. It is, why? Because people understand that every patient and family who's here is going through a really challenging time. And it doesn't matter if you're in the coffee line 
at Starbucks, it doesn't matter where you are, people will care, how are you today? And they're not just asking, how are you? Because it's the thing you do when you pass somebody. They're asking, how are you? How are you as a person? How's your kid? How's it going? You look tired, how was your night? And so it's just this whole sense that every single person who's here is dedicated to the mission. We are trying to help no child die in the dawn of life, no matter what they have. And that if you are helping clean the floor, if you are helping to give them chemo, if you are helping to order that, if you're leading the whole thing, all of us are equally as important and everybody feels dedicated to the mission. And it's not something you can totally put into words until you walk in the door and you're like, oh, got it. It literally is glittery and sparkly and beautiful and calm and hopeful. Um, and that's something that you can only get by walking in the door. And so I wish that for everybody. Um, but it really is a unique and special place that tries and is able to help thanks to donors and people who give tons of support to be able to do every single thing possible we can to help people's journey be the best it can in the middle of a really challenging time. I've had the chance to visit St. Jude twice. I've been able to take tours twice and I could not agree more with what you're saying. It doesn't feel like a hospital. No. Like, and and it's a like place, <laughs> no. And it's a place where I think your natural assumption would be that it's a place of sadness or a place of pain. And that of course exists in the building, but it feels like a joyous, hopeful place. Just it, like it comes from the walls. It's kind of an, it's an incredible, like it's something that, you know, I wish everyone could experience because it, it tr it's truly very special. So I wanted to know in your time working with St. Jude, is there something, is, do you think of like a specific moment that stands out for you? Like, is there something that you can say, like this made a massive impact on me? I have a couple, but one that made a massive impact on me because I think it speaks to the character of people that work here. So I'm originally from upstate New York. Unlike most Memphians, I absolutely love the snow. So I'm the only person in the winter in Memphis who's praying for snow at night. And so when I was in my clinical rotations in the early spring of 2015, it didn't just snow, it dumped. It was like 11 inches overnight. Nobody even has gloves. It was a total <laughs> disaster. And I was the only person who was happy. And lots of our patients have literally never seen snow. So the patients were excited. We were ecstatic. We were bringing buckets of snow everywhere saying like, hey, come and sort of like you'd bring sand or Play-Doh, we were bringing snow. So we got together with the group and my attending at the time, who means that was my physician overseeing all of us because I was still in training. We said, he looked at me and said, let's do it. And we, I, I even knew what he meant. And we went outside and there's a circle when you first drive in, in the main entrance that usually has flowers. And so it was covered with snow. We made the biggest snowman and every patient came by and took their pictures. And so what, what that showed for me, from the people who are leading the clinical trials to the people at the bedside, the focus is on the patient. That day could not have been more fun. In the middle of a total disaster in Memphis with shutdown roads and all the things, um, for every patient, they felt none of that. We went outside, we made it fun. 
We made it a special time that nobody will forget. I will never forget that day. And my boss, who really probably could have been in his office that day, working on immense amounts of projects and things, recognized, you know what? Today, that all goes on pause because this is about the patients. And I think that level just shows you that all levels at St. Jude are committed to the same thing. The end of the day, there are patients going through cancer treatment here at St. Jude. How do we make it the best it can be? And literally everyone does it. And this picture I leave in my office because it just makes me smile. Dr. Falagi, thank you so much for this. Uh, you are a great ambassador, I think, for St. Jude. And I thank you for the work that you do uh, and also for spending some time with us today so we could tell our listeners and our viewers uh, give them a bit more of a glimpse about some of the stuff that goes on. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. And I really appreciate all of your efforts. I promise we'll put every dollar to good work. Thank you. And we are back. Hello, Mike. Hello. I really enjoyed that interview. Good job. Thank you very much. It was very different. Uh, and Dr. Falagi has the best glasses I've ever seen anybody. It's true. Very That's good. So cool. It was so cool. The big glasses goals for me. So, Mike, now we're going to play a, a little bit of a game, mm -hmm. and it's a game that I I've never won. I don't historically think. you have performed very poorly at. Yes. Yes. Uh, so it is time for another installment of Relay FM co-founder trivia. It's going to be hosted by our community manager Kathy Campbell. It's going to pit our knowledge of the company against each other. So we're going to see Hi, what happens. Hi, guys. Are Thank you ready? You for joining us. <laughs> yes, but I think, is this the third installment of Co-Founder Trivia? At least. Is it? I think we did it, we did it in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And then we did it in the podcast-a-thon. I feel like there's another Love one you. somewhere in there. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that, too. We'll make it up as we go along. I'm sure mm -hmm. one of you is correct or one of you is wrong. I don't know. But this one is going to be the best one because it's the one we're doing today. Okay. I can tell right. now that one of the questions isn't how many rounds of co-founder trivia have there been. <laughs> that is correct because I did not research it. <laughs> However, <laughs> we have so many great, amazing questions. I reached out to our absolutely incredible Discord community. They submitted questions, so there's going to be some that are a little bit off the wall. Um, and they all have been kind of double checked thanks to the mods and admins in the Discord. So brought in all of the community for this moment in time. So gentlemen, start your whiteboards. Let's begin. Very right. first question. How many active shows are on Relay FM? <laughs> okay, I've got my number. I don't know if it's right or not, but I got it. You got the answer. That's good. How? How? What are the rules? Like, if is it closest? Um, it's whatever I decide based on your answers. Fair enough. Wow, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, show yep. me. Twenty-three. My, Twenty-six. Twenty-six. Ooh, 
both of you are under. There what? are currently 30 shows listed on the website uh, under active. So I guess Steven gets uh, a point because he's the closest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Close, 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 around that closest, one, closest wins. Yes. Closest yes. Uh, unless it doesn't win. And uh, we'll see. But <laughs> <laughs> next question is from that Matt Van Ormer. And he is asking as of the birthday, August 18th, how many total minutes of podcast audio is currently hosted on the Relay FM master feed? All right, minutes sucks, by the way. Yes, <laughs> yes it does. Horrible. Would you like days to give us 6,500 days? Because I can ask that too. I have that count. Do you want to ask how many days? No, I want to do, we'll do minutes. <laughs> I feel like this is really a game of just getting closer than the other person. There's a good range of numbers you got to choose from. I mean, it's like, do you do how many zeros is the <laughs> beginning part? <laughs> Seven what years kind of, of audio bracket that you want. Minutes, right? Correct. Minute. That doesn't. I wrote down a number. I was like, that can't be true. I got a number. What is it? Seven. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably not right. Uh, man, this pen has got a real strong odor. Yeah, so does this one. All right, oh. you ready? Oof. Yep. All right, show it. 985,000. <laughs> wow. 50,000. Um, Steven is actually really close. This is oh. Steven's year, apparently. The so current, <laughs> yeah, so far. Two questions down. The uh, active number of minutes of podcast audio is 379,785 oh. minutes and eight seconds. As of again. August 18th, you did. Math, math messed me up. It's mm -hmm. okay. It's okay. Um, how about we do another math question then? That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I lost the ball. Oh no. Oh no. Good. Got it. Okay, All good. Right. Phew. Next All right. Okay, next question. How many minutes of podcasts hosted by Mike are on the Relay FM master feed? <laughs> so just to help clarify the number, Mike. I, I know this can be an issue. It's going to be less minutes than the previous question. And the previous one was what? 300 and what was it? 379,000. Mm. All right. I got a number. All right. I just changed mine. Okay. But I got Show it. me those numbers. 74,500. Uh, 180,000. <laughs> um, okay. So the answer is 157,397. Uh, I'm oh closer. My God. Which yes, is even so closer. Yes. Yes. So let's kind of in the same 
train of thought though, how many hours or how, sorry, how many minutes Steven are in the Relay FM Master Feed? Mine was 157. Correct. Okay. The eraser on the top of my pen is real bad. Uh oh. I got like a. Don't use your snazzy jacket. Steven, you're crushing me so far. <laughs> it's right, all numbers-based. That's the problem. All right, I'm ready. 94,500. 87,000. Okay, well, Steven gets it again because it's <sighs> actually 67,000. Oh, you slacker. 458 <laughs> minutes and 93 seconds. Wait, what was mine? Uh, 157. There was a 90,000 minute difference between the yeah. two of us. <laughs> have you listened wow, to how really? long Cortex is? Yeah. You have a lot yeah, of long podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, you know what? Let's do a kind of tangentially related math question, and then we're going to move on to others. Okay. Uh, okay. Which show on the network that has more than five episodes has the longest average episode duration. That has more than five episodes? Yeah. What? That's a I really don't know. weird qualifier. Yes. Blame Matt. The one episode of Almanac, Almanac was eight <laughs> days long. <laughs> um, I think that's the reason. So you're asking which show? Which show? It's the average longest runtime, right? Correct. Got it. Got it. All right. Show me. Yeah, Rectus. <laughs> Good job, Mike. You're on Those the boys. board. Those boys love a chat. Well, I'm not, am I? Did I get, do I get a point if both answered it? Yeah, it's called a tie. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, we both get points for that. I mean, not, yeah, because you both had the correct answer. Okay, well, it hasn't so, moved me forward any. No, it hasn't, but you are on the board. So okay. that's great. I'll take that. Okay. All right. So Anne from the Discord would like you to tell me, in total, how many emoji has Vitici guessed correctly? Ooh. Okay, so we, we so play this, this game yeah. on Connected every year. When the new emoji come out, we, Federico can't see their actual names. We show him the artwork, and he has to guess the name. And it's hilarious because, well, <laughs> frankly, because English isn't his first language. <laughs> but also the descriptions of the names of the emoji themselves. Are so how many yeah, he's gotten I, I think a lot of them I wouldn't be able to get. Yeah. All right. I got a number. 115. Right. 70. Ooh, Mike is correct. Well, closer to being correct. 121. Out of I was 201, according to the Jeremy's.heroku app, heroku app.com. All right. This one's for Stephen, mainly, but obviously both of you need to answer. Uh, from Justin <laughs> Hamilton. Okay. How many Apple devices has Stephen broken? According to relay.fandom.com. That's actually a pretty complete list. Or at least it is the most complete list that Stephen will admit. Yes. 
We're at $447,918 right for the kids listening to you. That's awesome. That's almost as many devices as Stephen has broken. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. I have my number. You ready? All right. 12. 12. 8. 8. Oh, Stephen is closer to being correct. Of course I am. 11. That's my devices. <laughs> Out of 12, we're not counting the leather, leather case as a device. See, mm-hmm. I just want to let it be known. Steven had to answer a question about himself, and he picked 12, which means there is a hidden, broken device. You know, it actually just got... <laughs> it actually, uh, I think, just got updated. I think an Apple Watch got added just this week. I didn't break it this week. I finally told the story this week. Uh, interesting. You broke another one? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's up next, okay, Kathy? Okay, so our next question comes from Marlies. And I would like you to name all of the hosts on the network who aren't living in the United States. Uh, I'm you glad each... you finished that sentence. It was like the hosts that aren't living is like, <laughs> how many have we lost? Uh, and you get a bonus point if you can name their country. And this is active? Correct. Currently not living in the United States. This is going to take a few minutes. Yep. Um, so instead, I will say thank you again to the amazing people in the Discord for supporting Relay mm-hmm. and the host for these fantastic questions. I'm visualizing the people page in my head. I know. <laughs> I love you it. You spent a lot of time there recently. Yeah, it's, it's all fancy and redesigned. Hmm. It's going to be really sad if both of you miss the same. Don't say that. <laughs> it's only sorry. sad when you say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just no pressure. Hmm. Can you tell us how many there are? Then no, that's that's cheating. Okay. And it's active, which is confusing. Yeah. Well, we'll see. These are some very focused boys here. Mm-hmm. I know. They're thinking, I should have saved this for the last... Not distracting at all. Okay. I think I think you gotta give us a time limit, Kathy. I know, I yeah. know. I think I'm gonna give you let's see ten more seconds. There are nine. What? What? <laughs> Oh, no. I need a long, long time. Uh, what? <laughs> What's happening? No. Okay. Okay. Pencil, yeah. Pencil type, pe- yeah. I got I four. I got five. One of them's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That is one of the answers. That's correct. Okay. That so. Who do you have? I Mike I, from the UK. Okay. Federico from Italy. Got those. Shahid from the UK. Got that. Oh, I guess 
got rosemary and i put uk but rosemary doesn't always isn't always in the uk right but i've got yeah. uk that's my four i, I didn't I get rosemary i got mike gray federico oh shaheed and betty okay so i got five okay so, so betty yeah gray uh-huh shaheed mm-hmm. mike mm-hmm. rosemary okay julia julia <gasps> underscore julia. Uh, oh he doesn't count Jeff Veen. God damn it. <laughs> and Federico. We all both said Federico, right? Yeah, yeah we both see, said Federico. The, the annoying thing for me is three people who live in the UK who I see somewhat regularly, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did it actually pretty good. I'm very proud of you. Good job. Steven did way better, though. Yes, yes. I but can't you got believe. The, the gut countries, correct. I, ju- I cannot believe I didn't think of Grey. What is Seriously, that? right? What is that? It, yeah. It's and okay. I saw underscore two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my goodness! All right, so it's late. That's my excuse. It's eleven yeah. p.m. That's my mm-hmm. excuse. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, we'll believe that. Okay, oh, moving boy. on to the next uh, question from Insatiate This in the Discord. Out of all the great sponsors for Relay FM. Who are the top three companies who have sponsored the most ads across all the shows? Of all time? Yeah. How did you even find that? That's very Magic. Serious scraping of the website is what I expect has occurred here. That would be correct. Mm Mm-hmm. See, it was three, one. right? Yes, top three. This is your question, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I really, if I don't get this right, I'm going to be so. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would be really sad, too. But okay. I believe in you. Nearly Ready? at 90% of our uh, new fundraising. That's incredible. 448,000. Hey, I'm ready. Are you Me ready? Too. Okay. Squarespace, Kingdom, yes. Smile. Oh, I think it might oh. be Linode. I think it oh. might be Linode. I did Squarespace, Mike. Kingdom, and Linode. Steven is okay. correct. I went Good. for, I went for length. That was uh, what I went for. There are three most regular oldest sponsors. That yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh well. Boom. Good, good call on Linode. Thank you. Good job. All right. Next up, we have a well, Maybe spread. I just went for my three favorites. Maybe that's... Oh, there you go. Wow. Oh, there you go. But that means there are not Everyone's... Favorites. They're all my favorite children. Yeah. <laughs> Bombus <laughs> nice is out cover. there crying. Nice cover. Okay. So we have a spread of some fantastic questions from Kate, who has okay. done a lot of research. And... Oh, it's a little title-related. Not right? all of them. Okay. But that's where we will start. How many... Live streamed episodes have been named via Showbot. And I will give you a hint since February 11th, 2015. Wow. All right. Going back to math again, which is upsetting. I know, I know. But it's not really math if it's just a number. You ready? I'm pretty. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Eight twenty-five. 
3,200. Oh, Mike is way closer. Yeah, 1, I, I overshot it. <laughs> 1,506. <laughs> episode <laughs> i just gonna say as someone who does this saying i overshot you nah, that wasn't an overshooting my friend you were three times higher than the number <laughs> overshot a lot <laughs> so far all right uh in that same vein how many people have named at least one live stream podcast episode via showbot how many individual people individual have named humans because i don't think robots could necessarily name. Thank you, James. James James had a really good idea. Donated one year of Apple Card cash. Thank you, James. Ooh, oh, that's cool. That's a great idea. That's fantastic. All right. All right. You got your answers? Yep. All right. 110. 100. Ooh, Mike is closer. 192. Whoa. Individual humans have gotten a podcast title wait Fantastic. so it was how many it was 1506 episodes named by 110 separate people 192 192 and i know i'm sure in there there are like some serious outliers there's like an, well maybe we're gonna find that out in a minute. i don't know stop talking let's find out yep <laughs> <laughs> spoiler we're not gonna find out um <laughs> all right how many Alumna are listed on the people page of the website. Okay. Ready? Uh, I also said 12. We both said 12. Uh so close. The answer is 10. Huh. But Katie Floyd is not listed on the alumna page. So that would have that been 11. Change. It doesn't no, change, so it doesn't right. change yeah. anything. So yeah. I would say that we both, were wrong. We both get a, a, yeah. a point or no point. It doesn't really matter. I think I you get no point. You okay. both would get a point if you got the correct answer. But because okay. neither of you got the correct answer, neither of you get the point. <laughs> Both can't get points for being wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. What's next? What's next is how many current hosts are there on the network, including you? All right. 48. 42, 48. The answer is 38. Oh, Steven is closer. Boom. Steven, you are <laughs> destroying me this year. <laughs> this isn't even fun anymore. This is... Oh. <laughs> Poor Mike. Poor this is Mike. Just... Yes, I yes, can. Thank I've got you, Peter. Under my belt. Donation. <laughs> Mike got my question wrong. $100 donation. That could have been anyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last question from Kate. Whose first appearance on Clockwise was as a co-host, not a guest, and not including Dan and Jason? Got it. Thanks. Right. Hey, we hit $450,000. Woo! Woo! 450! 
Jeremy. Jeremy thank you, Buck, Jeremy. The creator of Emoji did it again. He did. Emoji thank too. You, Jeremy. That means more beard-related activities. Thank mm -hmm. goodness. All right, show me your answers. Micah. Oh. Mike Hurley. Uh, neither of those. That would be what? Brian Hamilton, episode two hundred and one. Wow. Remains oh. also the only person to have hosted more episodes than they have been a guest on. <laughs> what about I don't think Clockwise back. knows what the word host means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the second person. Yeah, yeah. that's a weird format. Yeah. Well, Dang it, I've done a bunch take of it up to the co-founders. All right. Speaking of Clockwise, let's name the top five guests who have appeared on the most episodes of Clockwise. Again, guests, not hosts. Guests, not hosts. Hmm. You'll get one point for each name you get correct. Whoa, that makes this question really more important than the others. Except for the location one. Okay. Wow. Um, this is about as good as I'm going to get. <laughs> I only have three people written down. I can't even think of it for two more humans. <laughs> uh, uh, I just have, okay, I'm just gonna go. I wrote three people down. That's all I got. Okay. Rosemary, Shelley, and Lex Friedman. Okay. Jeremy Budge, James Thompson, oh, Shelley Jay. Brisbane, Mike Hurley, Rosemary Orchard. All right. Steven gets one correct. And Mike, I think you get two. The top five are James Thompson with 30 appearances, Aline Sims with 27, Shelly with 26, Casey List 25, and Allison Sheridan 24. I used to be high on that list. That was a long time ago. You've, you're very busy. Yeah, they Did changed you? time. Yeah. That was and it. Did you see how many minutes of a podcast you are? That's true. Like you've been, you're very busy. <laughs> All right. Final two questions. Okay. Okay. What date was the Discord launched? <laughs> Come on, you can do this. No pressure. Yeah, to the okay. public? Yes. Jason Snell just texted me calling me a weird format. <laughs> <laughs> All right, June 4th, 2020. May 14th. Wow, May 8th, 2020. Yeah. Oh. I knew it was before. Next close. I knew it was before before we did any memberships with this new membership stuff. Uh, and I am fairly certain, according to my uh, amazing scorekeepers, that this means you are tied. No way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, really? Yeah. Which is perfectly Incredible. timed. That seems made up. And not planned whatsoever. Come um, on. I've been cheated. I, 
Yeah, fifty percent chance of getting this one right, so you're fine. Let's this see. This has been stolen from me. Whoever can get the closest to the amount of money that was raised at the beginning of the podcastathon today. Hmm. What is that number? Wait, what, is, what is beginning? What like, the number that we were on? One before minute we before we launched podcastathon. Okay. No, at the end of the paperwork. No I cheating, Adina! My wife was trying to cheat for me, and I would- Adina! <laughs> I am shocked. Hey, look, she loves me, and she knows I want to win. I know. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Ready? 371,000. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Mike takes it <laughs> because we had $373,313 coming from behind. Steven, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Forgive Three me. 3-0. Well, uh, Relay FM will be looking for a new community manager. <laughs> 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 and Gally. we'll be seeing you in court. And with that. Does this mean I don't have to do all of the things that I do? I can just go home now, right? Uh, uh, no, please stay. Thank okay. you, Kathy. Yeah. Kathy, that You're was welcome. amazing. Thanks, guys. Speaking I love you. of court. Thank you. Speaking of court, Stephen, do you want to talk about what's happening next? Yes, I do. I'm putting my whiteboard. I'm going to be joined by a couple of the hosts from Rocket, uh, Christina and Bree, and we're going to be catching up on the Theranos case, which is this really fascinating tech story. And they've been following along and talking about it on Rocket for a long time. And so I thought we would go to the experts for this next segment. You uh, could kind of say about. we're obsessed, I think. I think that's fair. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> oh. I mean, we love a good scam, right, Christina? Like, it, it, we every week we look for scams that we can find to bring to you, the people. So that's kind of just our beat. No, scams forever, for sure. Uh, <laughs> and Theranos is definitely, like, my favorite of all the scams. I think we've done so many scams, but I think Theranos is definitely... Uh, Anna Delvey kind of fluttered out, whereas, like, the Elizabeth Holmes thing is still going, so that's definitely my favorite scam. Okay, but being honest, this trial, right, Christina, I keep waiting for some new dirt that's not in bad blood, and the best we've gotten are these horrible text messages that Elizabeth Holmes is sending Sonny Balwoni. They're, they're so bad. It's so terrible. I mean, yeah, but, but we're only at the very beginning of, a, of the um, trial right now. So the, the trial is interesting. It's, it's not being broadcast, which I think is a massive mistake on the court's fault. I actually think that all cases, uh, unless it's like juvenile or something, um, should be broadcast. That's just me. Um, but cameras have not been allowed in the courtroom, but we do have, but it's, they're, they're doing this weird thing where court is only in session three days a week. So it's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Hmm. So the jurors then get to go home and like go to work and do their normal life, but they're supposed to somehow avoid all the media stuff about this. And they live in San Jose. So that's interesting. Um, but you know, uh, they, they got a jury they, um, as you said, that the text messages have been admitted into evidence, some of the stuff between uh, Balwani and, and Elizabeth Holmes. And one of the, the people who was, uh, Erica, who was like a, a lab manager who 
was one of uh, John Carreyrou's um, initial sources for his first few stories about Theranos. Uh, took the stand earlier this week, and um, uh, I think our cross examination was today. And I, I haven't been able to follow to see how juicy it got, but. I'm subscribed to the John Carreyrou podcast through Apple Podcasts because that's the only way I can pay for the bonus episodes. I'm listening to the dropout on uh, 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 ABC's podcast. I'm like reading all the blogs. What are what are you doing, Bree? Uh, pretty much the same, though. I've not subscribed to the podcast, John Kerry's podcast. I should do that. Uh, you know, it's so interesting because I know the New York Times, their job is to be so steady and stayed in the coverage of this. So I'll start and I'll read a story in the New York Times about it. And it's like Erica Chung testified today and they tried to, the, the, the defense tried to counter. And then you read every other story and it's kind of hinting at what a disaster it was for the, for the defense. I mean, Erica Chung, if you read Bad Blood, she's a 10 out of 10 just quality person. They were dying for like laboratory experts of her caliber. She came in, she's complaining about their constant problems not being able to calibrate these machines. She's testifying that people are literally sleeping in their cars waiting for the Theranos uh, machines to recalibrate themselves just so they can do basic testing. And, you know, basically she tried her best to whistleblow and they ended up just uh, ignoring her and showing her the door. So, uh, you know, her, her I, I think her testimony was highly, highly credible. But as far as, you know, the dirt, which you and I are here for, Christina, I didn't see anything <laughs> new here. So I was disappointed. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's back up a second for people who yes. haven't read uh, Bad Blow, which is a fascinating book. And I think that the two of y'all were the same way. I could not put it down. So good. Uh, yeah. let, let's give people sort of the elevator pitch of the Theranos story and okay. and what sort of unfolded uh, since then. Okay. So the, the, the TLDR, uh, so to speak, is that Theranos was a company that had raised almost a billion dollars in funding, um, uh, inc including from, from people like, uh, like the DeVos family, Rupert Murdoch. Um, it had um, uh, very high-profile people on its board of directors, like Henry Kissinger and George Shultz, who was a former Secretary of State. And its founder was um, this woman, Elizabeth Holmes, who um, went to Stanford, dropped out, and then had this idea where she said, okay, what if you could take one drop of blood from your fingertip and run um, a battery of um, assays, which is, is blood tests, and, and get a, you know, a battery of results from this one, you know, like a you know, thimble full of stick of blood. You could get all these tests, it could be reliable, you wouldn't have to use a lot of needles, and it would all be done on this one machine and be very beautiful and Apple-like. Well, the idea, you know, is kind of futuristic and it's kind of out there. The problem is, um, as, as, as has been alleged, and as the, frankly, as the defense sort of um, conceded uh, when this went to trial, the tech didn't ever really work. And right. <laughs> over periods of time, it was just kind of fanciful. Like they'd hired a bunch of people and the company went through various periods of time of hiring people and then almost running out of money. And um, at a certain point, you know, it, it had become um, a, a quite, you know, like had a large valuation. Like I said, had all these big, you know, important people on the boards of directors, had this really big deal with uh, this really big partnership with Walgreens, where you could go into a, a certain select Walgreens locations and get your blood drawn. And it was supposed to be run by Theranos machines. Well, something didn't sit right about this with uh, with John Kerry, who was a reporter at the Wall Street Journal, and he wound up kind of writing an article that wound up kind of exposing 
that a lot of the test results were A, not actually done on Theranos machines, right. uh, but done on, on normal machines. And B, that a lot of the results that were coming back were incorrect and that people were being misled and that there were a lot of other problems happening in the company. So essentially, you know, the the long and the short of it is, is that people have kind of alleged that none of this ever worked. Elizabeth Holmes, who was the CEO, was actively lying to investors and the public. And um, there was a, a settlement with the SEC. She can't be, you know, hold office in a, in a, a, a private company for, or public company for X period of time. But now the Department of Justice um, is uh, has a lawsuit, um, or not a lawsuit, a criminal complaint against her for um, uh, like deception. So this is taking place in San Jose right now, where they're basically having to. What they have to prove is, um, did she knowingly know? Did she know that these? test results were inaccurate, the things that the company could not do what it said that it could. Um, and was she knowingly lying to people and investors about this or not? And so that that's where we are now. Yeah, that's the thing that really uh, blew me away. Because I remember that when that first article came out, and then of course, the book, and you have a lot of these things are going on at the same time, right? They know their machines aren't where they're supposed to be. But then they're also in meetings with Walgreens and other drugstores. And it's like, right, trying to put things out into the world where it's you know, full knowledge, uh, at least of the leadership, that this technology is not where they're they're saying it is. And I just remember reading it, thinking like these, uh, you know, these meetings, these people. It, it's so brazen to me. Like it, it really was, uh, pretty surprising. Like <laughs> you 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 read about these meetings and these pitches they're making, and completely disconnected from reality, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Just like I don't know what's going on over this. I guess you do. Like you know that you're not where you're you're saying you are. And that's one thing in like consumer technology, but we're talking exactly. about but tests health. for yeah, various diseases, some of which are can be very serious and you're giving people bad diagnoses. Like that's a lot bigger of a deal than like if you hold your iPhone wrong and it drops a call on AT and T. Right. Right. No, exactly. It, it was so it was so disturbing because if you really get into a lot of the allegations here, I mean, I, I personally don't find it credible that she could not have known about this. And I think that's yeah. what a lot of what the text messages, if you're reading into a lot of uh, the text messages that the prosecution brought forward, it's really showing how hands on she was with a lot of these firings. And just to give a little bit more detail of, of how they basically cheated these blood tests, you know, Theranos was claiming to use their proprietary uh, technology. So then they would get the vials of blood and then they would dilute it with saline and then run it through a Siemens machine, right? And then in doing that, it would have the results all over the place. You had that, you had her direct role in firing people. You had her going after uh, former Secretary of State George Schultz's grandson, who is a swear to God hero in the book of, of whistleblowing and trying to do everything in back channel mm -hmm. that he could. And Elizabeth Holmes doing everything she could to kind of mess up his life. To read about uh, 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 Sonny Balwani and Elizabeth Holmes's frank appraisals of him in these text messages, it's it's honestly heartbreaking because if you know the other side of the story, this is a young man, his parents are terrified of losing their home. You know, they're putting up all this money to counter lawsuits from Theranos. They're being pressured by his grandfather. He's having his family fall apart. And they're just, they're, they're treating it like a game. So I, I personally, that's why I found these text messages very credible evidence.
Yeah, no, the, the text messages are interesting. How the defense is obviously going to counter is they might have additional messages that show other context. Mm -hmm. um, also, a lot of the information about like what was happening behind the scenes with, with the, you know, um, uh, Tyler Schultz and his family may not be admitted into evidence, right? Like it, it might not be one of those things that the jury is allowed to know about. So there are things that this is what becomes interesting about this case. There are things that obviously will be public and there are things that won't be. And so what, what the defense's take right now, I think, is, and I'm going to be honest, Bri and I have a bet for $500 um, whether or not she's going to do jail time or not. I personally do not think she's going to jail. I'm not saying she won't be convicted. I'm saying that that she's not doing jail time. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and, and our deal is that Bri thinks she will be. Um, uh, my, my personal thought is... Uh, That's fantastic. Just as a side yeah. note, that's yes. very good. Yes. <laughs> this so, is... How we do it? I'm Team Jail. I'm willing. I mean, to, I, I, yeah. I I want her to go to jail. I just don't think she's going to. I, I think yeah. that I think that that white um, um, mothers and um, uh, nice looking ladies in America. I just don't think it happens. Um, especially since they have to prove intent, which is the big thing here. Because right. if they put her on the stand, and this was somebody who. Look, I think she's a sociopath. That's my opinion. You can't come after me for a uh, for for um uh, slander, uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, although I mean, you can try, but you can't. Uh, That's my personal opinion. I think she. I think she's probably a sociopath, not a doctor, but uh, it it she definitely appears to have some of those uh, symptoms based on what you know I've read in my non doctor brain. But hmm. she was able to charm people. You know, she was able to convince yeah. these these men, um, very powerful men, to give her. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Again, they raised $910 million, which is just an extraordinary amount of, of money for something that never did anything, which just shows you how little due diligence a lot of these rich people yeah. did when it came to their investments. But she was able to convince them to part with their money. And, and um, some of the messages and some of the things that have been admitted kind of go into like her, her detailing her conversations with, you know, Rupert Murdoch and how like he wanted to talk to her longer, but she had to leave. And, you know, uh, so if she was able to be that kind of successful there, if she does take the stand, it's possible that she is going to be able to successfully blame everything mm -hmm. on, uh, on her co-defendant, Sunny Balwani, who, was um, both um, her paramour for a number of years. He's also a lot older than her and was, you know, kind of the early investor. He got rich in the dot-com era and, and it was his money that kind of propped up the company. Um, and uh, by all accounts, they ran things together, but she's now saying, actually, he was the one who was pulling all the strings. I was in an abusive relationship. I didn't know what was going on. And the things that, that um, you know, were false that were being spread around, I thought were true. I thought I was making, making true claims. Yeah, I'm on the uh, other side of you, Christina. I think she might be a sociopath. So you get both sides on Rocket. No, I, no, I said I think she is pro. a sociopath. I'm, I'm joking. You're like, you may be a sociopath. I think she might be. Well, you oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, for sure. And, you know, you can read into these text messages. I don't know what kind of stuff y'all spend your spouses. <laughs> But I don't have anything on the bad poetry Elizabeth Holmes was sending us, Sonny Balwani. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, Angel, you lift me up. Like, it's like, it, it, it's, it's like Coldplay lyrics. It's so painful <laughs> to read How dare you? Stuff. Chris Martin yeah. is, is, is a treasure. How dare okay, you? Okay, <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, and... Just, just one last question, because I saw a picture, I think it was on Twitter the other day, of some people outside of the courtroom as she was coming in. Oh, my God. The cosplay. Dressed, oh, dressed like so her. And so you, you get that in the book, too, a little bit, that she uh, really crafted her image 
And uh, mostly, I think, after Steve Jobs, or at least yep. her impression of Steve Jobs, which is a whole yep. other like, thing we don't have time to go into. But uh, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, so she does have this ability, I think, to, to uh, you know, draw people and, and I don't know if inspire is the right word. but uh, you No, know. but you're right. I compared it to, to, to the, the Manson followers who showed up, like the, the, the members of the family who showed up to his trial. And some people were like, well, no, that's not really fair. And then I made like my point about the comparisons. Like, no, actually, I, I, I'm making that very specifically. Like, right. you know, you're showing up at, at a trial for this sort of person dressed up like them when you don't really know anything about them. It's, uh, yeah. it's deranged and I love it. It's not a thing uh, that I've ever done. You know, no. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> cast uh, any, any doubt in anybody else's actions, but I have never gone outside of a courthouse dressed like a defendant personally no. definitely not i mean yeah. it's kind of that reality distortion field she has that same thing that steve jobs had it's like that line from better call saul if you believe a lie hard enough everyone right. else will believe it i actually made a woman uh, once believe i was kevin costner that's from better call saul that's <laughs> elizabeth holmes right like she she believes it and i mean, look at look at rocket right christina she's got us like how many how many episodes have we spent dissecting so this scam i mean mm -hmm. Oh, we're oh not look, groupies, she's got our number. But, yeah, no, we're not groupies, 100%. but we're, we're obsessed, 100%. Yes, like, with the amount of media that has come from this, uh, apparently Jennifer Lawrence is, is going to, you know, still be in a movie. There's going to be a TV show on Hulu. Like, there's been a documentary. Wow. It, it's, uh, it's, it's so good. And, uh, and I'm just excited because the trial is supposed to go until December, so we have so much future Rocket content. <laughs> well, th thank you all for covering it. It is such a bizarre story in tech, and one that's been going on for a long time i mean you know this was now several years, years ago yeah uh yeah it's it's totally wild uh well thank you all for joining me uh today for the podcast-a-thon uh people should go check out rocket it is fantastic every thursday on relay fm Yes, you you and, should and check out Rocket, but you should also donate to St. Jude. You should support us. We have the opinion on Rocket that cancer for children is bad. I know it's not <laughs> everyone believes that, but that's how we roll. That's, a hot that's take. what we feel. So please go support them. Uh, you know, they've touched so many lives that the uh, people I've known. Uh, when I ran for Congress, I met a lot of people that uh, had had children uh, with, with cancer and other very serious things. It's a resource for them, and it's well worth your money. So please help Absolutely. them out. Cool. It was good seeing you all. Mm -hmm. Have a good Thanks. weekend, and Have we'll fun. talk soon. Bye. Bye, y'all. All right, so we're going to be uh, rejoined by Mike here in just a moment, but we have broken $450,000, which is absolutely incredible. So I'm going to go get rid of these things real quick. Uh, I think we're going to show a little video, and then Mike and I will be back for some more wheel spinning in just a minute. <laughs> She's like a little ham. She's just constantly singing and dancing with her siblings. She's, you know, well ahead for her age in terms of like vocabulary and counting and learning to read. She's just really, really smart. She'll tell you how she feels. She's always laughing. My daughter is Marina and she's two years old. Marina has a rare form of children's eye cancer, retinoblastoma. We noticed um, in her pupil, it was there was a whiteness to it, like a white pupil in the eye. We'd catch it with our um, 
smartphones or in like the glimmer of the sunlight sometimes. And so we decided to take her to her doctor. Her doctor sent us to a specialist and then the specialist sent us to St. Jude. In the beginning, I didn't want to say she has cancer because no, I just didn't even want to like give it a name. Within the first couple weeks of us getting here, I was just so scared. Like, I think the reality of which was happening within our family just hit me, and it kind of hit me all at once. And Marina's doctor, they came in and they took Marina out of the room. I had started to cry, and I was just so scared, filled with fear. And her doctor came in, Dr. Brennan came in, and just didn't even say anything, sat down beside me, and like, hugged me and held me while I like was literally sobbing. And she just said, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. We're here to help her. We're, she's fine. We're gonna be okay and we're not going anywhere and we're here to support you and your family and Marina. And in that moment, I just kind of focused on not the fear, but her healing, her health, and just moving forward and being the strength that she needed. Are you going to the park? Yeah. You're going to swing? Yeah. This place has been such a blessing for us. As crazy as it sounds, like I'm so thankful for this because it's brought our family closer, I feel like. To know that like we can come here and we can just solely focus on our daughter's health and healing. All we have to do is focus on taking care of her and helping her heal. Hey everybody, so I think Steven's shaving. I uh, I added some more of these things, and I found some ones that make sound, which I'm sure is wonderful for you all. I wanted to just give you a good look here. What we're dealing with? Got a couple of new colors, gold and red, added to the whole shebang. So that's going on. Don't forget, you can donate. You shouldn't have forgotten, but we'd like you to go. And donate. Go to St. Jude. Donate. We have passed four hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars. Thank you to all the great shows. Dak, Jake, and Carly Underwood. Hundred. Mutt for a hundred. Thank you to Kathy and the Soup family for their one hundred. Of course, thanks to Kathy for that wonderful uh, quiz that she put together for us. So yeah, we are at four hundred and fifty-two thousand six hundred thirty-six dollars. That puts us at ninety. Towards our goal now for the rest of September, uh, of hitting five hundred thousand dollars raised for kids of Saint Jude Children's Research Hospital. That's what we're aiming for now. Half a million. We believe that we can do it. We're sure we can, and we want to see how far we can reach tonight. Uh, we are. Another twenty-two thousand dollars away. Five would uh, put out the second of the uh, Boulder Dash specials. This is a terrible sound for me every time I talk. Now. I don't know if it's as bad for you as it is for me. <laughs> I hate. It. Uh, but what I don't hate is Saint Jude. Oh, Atomic Night of a one thousand nation. Bean boozled time. We're going to have 
berry blue or toothpaste. I don't know which I'll prefer, really. Berry or toothpaste? We'll find out. It's berry. I don't really like it. So, you know. You take what you got. Luckily, it wasn't the rotten milk one. Spoiled milk. That was the worst one last time. Oh, dead fish. I'm not sure, actually, if I which one out is worse out of the dead fish and the uh, spoiled milk. So I have a view now of a wonderful sparkly jacket coming into view over there in Memphis, which can surely only mean one thing. My very handsome, very different-looking friend uh, has returned. There he is. Hey, Heisenberg. There Steven is the one who knocks. But I don't hear him right now. I don't, think, I don't know if, uh, if anybody else can. Steven did not turn on his microphone. I've done it again. That's twice on. now. There you go. That's fine. At least this time, we didn't have an important guest. Yeah. It's the CEO of the whole place. Let's spin the wheel. You ready? I love it. Yeah, go for it. Beautiful. Where will she stop? Nobody knows. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Number 13. 13 is. Board of Peril. Onto the board. Number nine again. New profile picture. Oh, okay. Okay, so we're going to do I this again. Can you hear this, Steven? Is that your face? Yeah. That is my not, face jingles now. That's not great. It's really uncomfortable as I'm talking because I just hear this. Yeah. That's, that's Which good. is probably really bad audio. That's okay. We're not professional podcasters. All right. You making a new profile picture? I sure am. Okay. Let's see. There we go. New profile picture coming up, but I'm going to crop it funnily. There we go. We've gotten so good at taking selfies today. No, I hate it. Okay, there we go. You want to do another? So we are uh, here raising money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. The reason that we do this is because the work of St. Jude saves the lives of kids who are diagnosed with cancer. Uh, that's a terrible thing. I'm a parent of a, a kid who has been a patient. And when you get that diagnosis, when you get told that this is what's going on with your child, uh, it's crushing. And St. Jude is there for those families. They treat these kids without charging their families a single dime for treatment, travel, or food. That means you can come to Memphis and receive the best treatment in the world by the best doctors in the world, and everything is taken. And that means that you can focus on keeping your child uh, safe and, and well. And that is everything when you're in this situation. So that is why we do this every year. Uh, please join us at stjude.org slash relay. We're currently at $454,000, well on our way to 500000 which is absolutely incredible. 
stjude.org slash relay. Mike, let's do another uh, wheel spin because every time people donate, things happen. We're catching up a little bit uh, from some uh, some interviews and whatnot, but uh, every $2,500 or so, we spin this thing. So I'd say we do uh, we do another one. You should do it. Your uh, goatee is really upsetting because it's so large. It's like yeah. physically very big. I don't know if I've ever seen a goatee <laughs> as big before. It's, it's a manatee. me. Manatee. There you go. Doc just donated five hundred dollars. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, sure Doc. You've got a hula hoop as well. So I know. Number two. two. Donation match. By Mike. I. All right. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna match one thousand dollars. Okay. All right. Uh, I All like right. this. Okay. So the next thousand dollars, Mike will match. Yep. So once $1,000 comes in, I will put in another 1000 Fantastic. And I've got a hula hoop because Doc gave $500. Mm-hmm. I won't eat a bean boozle bean for my own donation. <laughs> 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 I will do it for the other one. All right. Here we go. Oh, it's a nice orange and green. Yeah. Time. Let's see if we can get a couple of revolutions going, Steve. You can do this, buddy. You can do this. Look at that warm-up. Hey, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I'm not getting really any better at it. No, I think you did get a bit better at it. I, I think the amount that you're getting better is small. Thanks. Thanks but for that. It's, but, it's, but it's noticeable at oh, the same no. time. I'm Thank you. You broke so something? tangled up in this. Charles Thomas. Charles Thomas. All right, Mike Hurley. I'm doing it right now. All right. I owe 160, so maybe we'll get a matching donation from me this time. Spin this thing one more time. Here we go. Here we go. Number three. So if you're just tuning in, this is how this works. Even numbers are on the wheel of adventure, and that means generally something good happens. If it's an odd number, like five, or in this case, three, we have to go over here to what we're calling the board of peril. And what happens on the board of peril is I have this little puck here, and we, it slides down here, and uh, these numbers, one through nine, are Bad Thank things you. that happen. Some of them happened to Mike. Some of them happened to me. Some of them happened to both of us. And so we're going to see what happens here. And I'll give you a little uh, ASMR as it happens. Ooh. Number three. Number three is Mike in a onesie. Oh, it's the return of what was his name? <laughs> Uh, Hector Skeleton Man? I forget. Uh, is it Alfred J. Skellington? Harold J. Skellington? Something Harold, like. Harold J. Skellington. Skellington. I know it was J. Skellington. Harold's his father. When you do that, I'm going to give this one more spin, and then maybe we can get a little skeleton update. Okay? I'll jingle now, too. 
Here we go. Did you step on the hype button? No. Mike dives oh. into the balloon room. All right, you gotta let me put the onesie on. Okay. No. And then and then we'll do that. Another spin. Okay. Because I'm. So you gotta you got dive in when we're done with this. Number two, which I believe. Is I have to pay Mike a compliment? Is that number two? I forget. Mike, another donation match. Should I do it again? Yeah, you have to. I mean, right, the, you, another, the, ne the okay. wheel knows all. No, the next $1,000 donation, I'll do it again. Okay. I like, a, I like an evening Mike here. I've number had, two. I've had three quarters of a Red Bull. I'm ready. <laughs> He's ready. All right. Maybe uh, maybe we give people a little bit of a tour of some of the other things that could happen on the wheel and on the board. How does that sound? Sounds great. I'm still putting this onesie on. So. Okay. Okay. So here in uh, the St. Jude studio here in Memphis, we got a couple things that, uh, that we're doing. Obviously, we're spinning these. Oh, here we have an iMac that we're, slow, that we're filling up with Lego as we raise money, as we continue to climb towards $500,000, more Lego goes in there. In front of that is a 2013 Mac Pro full of Apple history dates. One of the things that can happen is I have to read uh, a date from my Apple history calendar, which you may be familiar with. So that's going on there. And way in the back, I don't know if we can see it, is What's left of an IBM PC Junior that we've been smashing? That is number ten on the board. We hit it with a baseball bat. Ryan Thomas, one thousand dollars. Thank you, Ryan, so much for supporting the life-saving work of St. Jude and doing so much to help these really special families. How's me, it going, Mike? Let me match it. I'm going to match that, and then I'm diving in. Okay. I'm almost convinced that my credit card company is going to cancel my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, we'll do it for the kids. That's right. All right. So, uh, oh, look how high those balloons are. I know. So Mike's version of the Lego IMAX. So I can't climb into this, clearly. But Mike can climb into a gazebo. Completely full of balloons. So we're going to see Mike jump. And Mike, how high are you going to jump? Like from the ceiling? What are you going to do? We're going to, uh, uh, we're going to see because uh, the table's in there somewhere, <laughs> which is, <laughs> you know. All Come right, down so on that, the table. All right, let's see this. Everybody pray for Mike. Thank All right, you. here we go. Okay. There he is. That's just walking in. That's not jumping in. There he is. Mike Hurley, everybody. <laughs> oh, that was either a balloon or an organ popping in the balloon room. Mike, are you okay? 
What is attached? Oh, that's your tie. I thought that was your beard for a second. Like it was really long. And I was very confused. Uh, $475. Wait, no, I can't read. There's a comma. In there. Some goals are coming up. We're going to show the second game show on YouTube. And uh, I shaved some more beard here in just a few hundred dollars. So I got to say, I feel, um, I feel a little guilty that Mike has matched. How much have you matched in the last like five minutes? <laughs> $2,000. $2,000. Okay. You want to okay. do 180 anytime soon? Yeah, I'm going to do $180 anytime soon. <laughs> let's, see what the, let's see what the wheel has to say. So. Okay. Yes, number 10. I know what number 10 is. Number 10 oh, is hit the IBM. Time. It is. So I've got some safety equipment. Oddly, they wanted me to take my prescription glasses off. Put on safety goggles. Can't you put them on over the glasses? Thank you. No, then it's like double jeopardy or something. I don't know. Uh. Eight bit are on $1,000, bringing us to 400000 Dollars raised for the kids. Thank you so much. Thank you so so much for everything. We genuinely, really, massively appreciate it. All right, Stephen, show us what you got. Oh, oh, that was bad. You okay? <laughs> Everyone okay? <laughs> it's impossible to tell. Oh, wow. That was fast. So, uh, beard time again. I got a more of these guys. So, what happens? I go mm -hmm. down to just a mustache? Yeah, I think so. Is it just mustache time? I think so. We mustache. Biker stash time. So, that's where you got to get rid of the bottom of the goatee. You're going to have a thick mustache. I know. It's going to be serious. Oh, the camera's moving. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go uh, shave down a little bit. And uh, when I'm gone, I'm going, because cause Mike has matched, uh, I'm going to follow suit. So the, uh, the next $1,000 donated while I'm gone, uh, I will be matching as well. So uh, keep tabs for, for me, and I will be right back, Mike. All right. Do we have a video that we could play real quick so I can get out of the onesie and get ready for our next thing? Thank you. To know her is to love her. She makes me extremely proud to be her mother. Lila is 10. She is usually such an active and energetic child. She's inclusive and smart and just, you know, she's, she's a delight. AML 
is a leukemia that affects the white blood cells. And we noticed excessive bruising and we kind of attributed it to her activity level. Um, but we did a blood test. My dad, who looked at the scans, he's a physician, he came to our house and said, Lila has leukemia, pack a bag. We're leaving right now. The minute we came to St. Jude, I immediately felt that feeling of hope. And then once we got here, feel like we were at home. Looking to her future feels hopeful that she will have all of her needs addressed beyond transplant, beyond therapy. You know, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel for a long time, but you begin to hope that it's there. Thank you. It's such a bright place, and everyone who comes in, they try and get them to come out. If it weren't for St. Jude, I wouldn't be sitting here today. My choice was to be happy and confident and brave. And welcome back. Don't forget you can donate at stjude.org slash relay. Now I have the pleasure of being joined to me. Joined. Wait, I have the pleasure of being joined by. It's late. Uh, Simone de Rochefort, the third uh, host of Rocket. We just spoke to Bree and Christina a moment ago. Simone, thank you so much for joining to me. Hello. Am I I'm moving? Am I frozen? Is it all good? You're all good. You're all good. Awesome. Thank you, thank you, Mike, for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. I wanted to talk to you about video games. Uh-oh. <laughs> I had I had a video game scare right before this. This is not on topic for what we're talking about, but I've been playing this clicker game called Kittens Game. That is not a 2021 game. It's not new. I'm playing it. And I had I had spent so much time amassing all these compendiums to complete a task and I logged in and they were all gone and I was like, "Where did they go? I spent hours, days getting so many compendiums." I had already done the upgrade. I did it like an hour ago and I totally forgot about it. So that's kind of my <laughs> mental state right now. Well, let's see if we can try and break out of that and talk about the wonderful world of video games. So let's do it. I think it's fair to say 2021 been a bit of a weird year for video game releases. Uh, in the fact that most of them haven't happened up until this point. But it looks like we've kind of got a bit of a fall going on. So I wanted to know what is on your radar in gaming for the rest of the year? So in a way, uh, some things haven't happened because some things are still delayed, but also a lot is still happening. Um, so coming up this year, uh, things that I am super, super excited for. 
uh, well, next year we are getting uh, God of War, the sequel, which was mm. delayed in Horizon Forbidden West, which was delayed. But the thing that I'm most looking forward to for the end of this year is this little city builder, Thank this extremely you. chill tile-based city builder called Dorf Romantic, which is out in early access on Windows. I will grant you this. However, it is theoretically coming to Switch. And this is mm. It's one of those games that's kind of like a game. It reminds me of a game that came out a couple of years ago called Islanders, where there's just relaxing music and uh, you are placing buildings and trees, tiles that have fields on them, and kind of piecing them together to make this little functioning city world. I desperately need this game to be on Switch. Uh, so that is right now what I'm most looking forward to. However, there's been a ton of stuff that has come out recently. Um, and I have downloaded a bunch of things because I am going on a trip tomorrow. You are catching me Ooh. in a moment where I, I am about to take a very long flight to France. So things that I have downloaded, um, the great Ace Attorney Chronicles, which uh -huh. is an Ace Attorney. Are you familiar with the Ace Attorney series? Yeah, I've, I, it's a game series that I feel like I know about and I've never. Oh, well, uh, for those unfamiliar with it, uh, you play a sort of uh, hapless but good-hearted attorney and you see a murder happen at the beginning of every case. You investigate the murder, finding clues and stuff, and then you go into the courtroom and you prove your case, basically, uh, by presenting the evidence uh, that you have gathered over the course of the investigation. This game, uh, which is out now on Switch, I have downloaded it, uh, is set in Victorian times. And it is, I, I have heard so many good things about it and I am so excited to just settle in and do some mystery action because that is my happy place. Mm -hmm. um, did something happen? I heard a discord. No, don't worry, that's fine. People join the call. I don't, it's good. <laughs> I, will, I will ignore that for the rest of this. Um, there's also a game called Garden Story that I'm looking forward to playing on my trip. It is a cute adventure where you play a little grape. You're a little grape and you're saving your home and gathering resources, which is again, my happy place. Yep. Um, but I, I feel like the biggest story for me of what has happened this year is how many really good small scale or even medium scale multiplayer games there are mike have you been have you been keeping up with this year's multiplayer releases a little bit a little bit i am much more of a i don't know lonely gamer like i like the kinds of games that you were mentioning i like kind of pseudo worky type games you know like yeah. looking after a thing like i find those to be really calming so that they tend to be the types of games that i find myself playing the most or pokemon or you know the occasional racing game that makes sense oh have you played uh the new pokemon snap that came out this year you know i did i played a little bit of it i i didn't have the biggest affinity for pokemon snap the original because mm. i didn't have an n64 growing up. i had a friend who had it so i played it a little bit and i got into it but and i've heard since so i want to go back the game opens up a little bit more as you get further through it i kind of got into mm -hmm. a few different areas and bunch of shots i think but the thing that has always frustrated me about pokemon snap is i think some of the pictures are really good but they're like nah man 
That isn't that Pokemon ain't big enough. It's like, come on, this is I framed this so well. That was driving us nuts when we were streaming it because the game wants the Pokemon to be well, A, it rewards you for having a lot of Pokemon in one picture. B, it rewards you for having the Pokemon be like the Pokemon, the central Pokemon be like really big in the frame. What is the truth? <laughs> I feel like to me, a good picture is like a beautiful posed shot of like a Buffalant drinking at a, a peaceful pool or something. And the game mm -hmm. is like, no, put that thing in the center of the screen and make it really, really big. <laughs> so we can't see anything around it. This is, it's Unless not my truth. Unless the thing that's around it is hundreds more Pokemon than we just that. <laughs> Surrounded by Golbats. I don't know. I, I'm imagining a fantasy scenario that probably does not happen in this game. <laughs> you know, I, Hopefully this, it's this is a Pokemon game. I don't know how I don't know if I'm that excited. The um the the Pearl and is it Pearl and Diamond remakes? I'm not... Gosh, I wish I could tell you. I do not remember. <laughs> but they because they've they've kind of reverted to a more cutesy art style rather than mm. the, the, what they had started to do with the modern stuff. But they've got this other game coming out next year, the Legends one, where it's like the action adventure type game. I'm a bit mm -hmm. more excited. Yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed Sword and Shield when it first came out. Mm -hmm. um, but I bounced off of it pretty hard once I got into this sort of grindy place where my Pokemon were strong enough to kill things really, really easily. But I wanted mm -hmm. to catch more things um, and I needed to do work to like level up the B team. However, I am still playing Pokemon Go, so that's kind of my oh, that's yeah. my thing. I do see you posting pictures all the time. Some of your faves. I, I have Pokemon. Is po like how how big of a community does Pokemon Go still have? Is it still really large? Are it's freaking massive. <laughs> they they still make a lot of money off that game, and a lot of people are playing it. We're just very quiet and ashamed about it, except for me. Now that I have. Uh, a best friend who is a Vigoroth, who is literally yeah. perfect. It's interesting that game. It's had such a long tail. Like obviously, like it really exploded, right? That one summer mm -hmm. where everyone was playing, and then obviously it died down. But it seems to have kept like player base. Yes, okay. yeah. The people who it, it, it's kind of optimized in the obsessive collector space mm -hmm. right now where um i mean my coworker and i just yesterday we we were in the office together and i had a zamazenta and he had a zacian and you know those aren't available anymore right now so we just traded them just so we could fill out the slot in the pokedex um which does lead me to believe that i really do need this vacation however guess what i'm gonna do on the vacation catch france exclusive pokemon there's like stuff out there. I'm, I'm gonna right. <laughs> import there it back. <laughs> you think I'll let you through customs with that thing? Uh, I'm gonna hide my phone. <laughs> Never turn over your phone to the TSA. They will confiscate your French Pokemon. They're not native to this country. Now, obviously, Simone, I don't want to keep you for too long because I've got that coming up. But I do want to know for 2022, what are you most excited about? I know you mentioned a couple of games like God of War and uh, Horizon that are on the horizon hey, for you. Uh, is there anything else that you're excited about? I mean, obviously, it will be super great to get some uh, real next-gen games and stuff. Like, I know that's something that I'm super pumped for. 
like a lot of the PlayStation 5 games that maybe have not come out yet. So what's on your radar? Well, I'm currently mad that I just talked about Pokemon Go for five minutes because I wanted to talk about Dread Hunger, <laughs> um, which maybe I could fit into this. So Wait. this is a game that's in early access right now. Okay. Maybe we'll, maybe it'll come out in 2022. Who knows? Uh, have you seen The Terror? No. Ah, well, it's on BBC now, so you're allowed. Uh, okay. This is an excellent show uh, that was on AMC that's about the Franklin Expedition, which is uh, the expedition that was trying to find the Northwest Passage. Boats got frozen in. Everybody dies. It's not a spoiler. You know it from the very first scene. So Dread Hunger is a game in the vein of Among Us where you are on this boat, you're in the Arctic, and couple of you are traitors and you're trying to kill the other crew while the, the rest of the crew is just desperately trying to gather resources and survive. Uh, it is, is def it definitely feels like an early access game right now. Uh, there are, it has a, a difficult tutorial, uh, some very punishing settings. However, it is some of the most like raucous fun that uh, we have had uh, with a multiplayer game all year, but there have been a lot of really, really good multiplayer games this year, like Valheim and Chivalry too. So I, I, I for me, aesthetically, it's above those, um, even though it lacks the polish time. of those games. Do you think that that came from success, like Among Us? Do you think like a lot of people really doubled down on multiplayer? I couldn't necessarily say because I don't know how long this has been in development. How However, that is kind of my 2022 prediction is that given we've seen so many viral but small multiplayer games like uh, Among Us, like uh, Valheim, which comes from a very small team as well. And even even I would kind of count Fall Guys, even though it's, it's mm -hmm. I think, a bigger team. Um, these games are just really, really popular right now. I won't theorize as to why. However, I do think we will probably see a continuing uh, continuation of people capitalizing on that trend, yep. which is exciting because it's fun. A lot of small teams that would have thought they were making a specific type of game, right? For mm -hmm. a while, small indie teams were maybe they were making games that are closer to something like Stardew Valley. Yeah. Because they thought that was the type of game we could make. But now, like, you don't have to, to be like multiplayer. That meant shoot a game hyper-realistic jetpacks, you know, like th that was the only mm -hmm. type of multiplayer experience. But I think it's like games like Among Us, games like Fall Guys have shown that you can, as long as the gameplay is good and fun and people can enjoy it in groups, it's good luck. Yeah, I totally think so. Especially, you know, if it provides another way to socialize with friends, especially friends we haven't seen in a very long time because mm -hmm. they're far away. Definitely. Definitely. Simone, These are my thank feelings. Thank you so much. For joining me i it was so great to see you uh people can catch you on rocket on relay FM. well uh, we do game videos and stuff. wonderful uh enjoy your vacation simone thank you so much thanks for having me on and good thank luck you. continuing to raise that money thank you so much all right i at the moment can just see the back of steven like he's some kind of james and i'm assuming <laughs> this is because here he comes Oh, wow. Look at you. Is it touching at the bottom? You want to fight? <laughs> oh, wow. We, we've, got, we've got fighting Steven there. Oh, here he's got a baseball bat and everything. This is, is this biker Steven? <laughs> That's right. 
Yeah. I need you to donate at stjude.org slash relay. Oh my god. I feel like you need a different jacket if you're going to act so, like, biker tough. What are you talking about? This is the toughest piece of clothing I own. That's very true. Uh, thank you to everybody who's donated. We're now at $463,000 raised. Right. We are coming up pretty quick, I think, on $100,000 raised during the podcast-a-thon today. Oshin, with a $516 donation. Oshin, thank you thank so you. much, my friend. Mike, let's that needs a hula hoop. Hula hoop. Uh, let's do this first. All okay. right. Mike, okay. I'm going to do the thing where you tell me how to do it again, okay? Okay, great. Uh, seven. <laughs> okay. Okay. In the opposite direction to you. At like, okay, I wasn't done, but next time I'm going to get better, uh, better instructions for you then. Number three. Board apparel. Board apparel. Board apparel. I like how it just sounds like board apparel. That's yeah, how that's, I hear it now. Yeah, that's uh, really that's any jacket clothing. that's not this jacket. Exactly. Board apparel. Board apparel. All right, where do you want this? Um, right one. Yeah. Go. Oh no! Oh my god, he dropped it. What? <laughs> how has that only happened for the first time? <laughs> All right. Ooh. Eight. Oh, number eight. TikTok challenge. <sighs> Three TikTok challenges. That's the worst one. <laughs> but you know what's right next to eight is number seven. Oh, we haven't done this. Okay, Stephen, can you explain what Chubby Bunny is? You put a bunch of marshmallows in your mouth, and uh, the first one to pass out loses. Don't think it's exactly. <laughs> one marshmallow. One marshmallow at a time. Okay. And you have to say the word chubby bunny and it's impossible for us to do so. Do you have a receptacle to put the marshmallows in when you're done? Other right than, here, baby. Know, oh, interesting. And my understanding is you have some pretty uh, tech marshmallows. I've actually been eating them throughout the day. They've been just, oh. I have a little like, oh, thank you. You're going to regret that, I feel. That really makes me feel like this is going to end me like being sick, which I don't. Ooh, they smell like real marshmallows. All right, we're going to take it one at a time. Okay. You're chubby supposed bunny. to eat it. You're oh. supposed to say it. I'm not, I'm you can't okay. chew them. You have to just say chubby bunny. If you're not chubby bunny. There you chubby go. bunny. Chubby bunny. Oh, these are big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I had bought small ones. Chubby bunny. Chubby bunny. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Chubby bunny. Okay. <laughs> boom. Chubby bunny. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> this is a gross cup. <laughs> How many is that? I got 
I got up to five. I had to quit. Okay. That wasn't it. There's no B sounds. Mm, it counts? Mm, mm -hmm. Don't you have to be able to hear it? There you go. That works. Okay. How many are you at? <laughs> I think we have significantly different sized marshmallows. <laughs> There's no way you got to eight. <laughs> Mm. Mm hmm. You got to eight? That's incredible. 44? <laughs> What's he doing? You got to 44 marshmallows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's very impressive. It's almost like I didn't put 40 of them in your mouth. Congratulations, Stephen. That's really ah. good. Yeah. 44 marshmallows. That's got to be some kind of world record. I feel like I have cavities forming right now. Yeah, so much sugar. I, I drooled all over my hand. Okay, so we have one beard goal left. I think we really need, I think the people really need to get in here. Just really, like, really close. The the, yeah. It's going to be the last thing this camera sees before it dies. <laughs> See? There. Oh, yeah. I'm a... Uh, I don't know if people know this about me, but I was a facial hair model before I was a podcaster. At $465,000, this goes away. I just have a mustache. And then we're going to vote with our dollars to see if I keep it the rest of the month or not. Mm -hmm. And once yeah. we hit $465,000... I will announce how I'm bringing this to the next level next year. So we have that to look forward to. I didn't, I know nothing about this. Well, you were too busy eating marshmallows. <laughs> you ate 44 of them. It's true. Uh, it's not true. I would say one more wheel spin, and then yeah. uh, I have a guest to speak to. Great. Let's do one more. Okay. Oh, man, I, I lost one of my baubles during Chubby. My mouth is so dry. Yeah, I hate, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it a big one. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready for the mustard. Come on. Number seven, so we are going to the Board of Peril. Board of Peril time. Time for some boring clothes. That's right. Oh, this shirt is the worst. <laughs> Ooh, very middle. Four. Number four. Another day of phone case use. Okay, so that's three days, I believe. Yep. I phone think it's three use. days. Let's remind people of these phone cases. Can I have my phone, please? It's a American flag with an eagle, and the eagle is creating yeah. some kind of sparks on the flag. Mine is some sort of uh, pop socket hand puppet. Yep. And it's, it's pink and fluffy. And it's got some gemstones around the camera yeah. bump. Which is really nice. Mine is currently in use. So, you know. Yeah, well, I'm starting tomorrow. You know, I want a full day. I'm not going to cheat like you are using it for three I'm not three cheating. Hours. I'm not cheating. I've got, I'm going to do it for three more days. What's also nice about this is the things you can clean with it. So I can yep. get this here. 
Look yeah. at that beautiful eagle. You know? Good. Really just capturing my favorite flag, you know? Like USA mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's so good. good. That's good. So good. I believe well, did you take the did Casey have this? Was this Casey? Was this Casey's phone <laughs> yeah. case? Yeah, it's his personal personal phone personal case. case. Alright. Well, I have a guest that I'm gonna speak Wonderful. to. And uh we will uh, check back with you in just a couple of minutes, Mike. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be joined by David Sparks, my co-host on Mac Power Users and the host uh, also of Focused and Automators on Relay FM, Mr. Mac Sparky himself. David Sparks. Hello, sir. Hey, hey Steven. I love the jacket, man. I think Thank that you. should be your new look, honestly. Really? Yeah. I think you should podcast in that jacket at all times. It's kind of loud. Like, can you hear this? Oh, uh, yeah. You don't want that love in, it, though. In, in your audio. Well, we do. We do. We <laughs> want that in. <laughs> uh, well, well, David, uh, last night we recorded an episode of MPU about the Apple event. Uh, but I yeah. kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it, particularly as someone who is a Californian and, uh, and not only in location but also in spirit in heart and spirit you know right. i didn't think about it much as a kid but uh casey list did write a thing on twitter that texans and californians are alike and that we're super proud of our states and i honestly have to agree with them as i've got older i just i just love california i love living here and um you know the weather is amazing you know uh, this morning i went to disneyland tomorrow if i want i could be surfing it's just it's just it's a, it's a really great place to Wait, live. And, hang on, uh, do you surf? What? Yeah, poorly. I did not know this. How do yeah, I boogie know boarding? You were a surfer. Boogie boarding is more my thing, really, because I've okay. got old. But the uh, but yeah, it, it's hard yeah. to stand up when you get older. But uh, yeah, <laughs> in general or just specifically? No, on on a board. The ocean? On the board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my thing is uh, getting one of those big. Uh, inflatables it was like a swan and climbing in there. sure that's that's my yeah. scene yeah the, the california surf would would have fun with you if you did yeah that. we call it swanning uh <laughs> that's where the, the name comes from uh so, so not bad you know I, I don't know i can see why apple did the thing in california because if you live here you do kind of become you do identify with it and become sure. proud of it and um you know we're all i think you know i guess some of those californians are leaving and all the people in Seattle are mad of the Californians going to Seattle and uh, some of the, you know, uh, states where it's less expensive. I get it. But, you know, for those of us that decide to stick around with the high cost of living and the earthquakes and the occasional wildfires, we still <laughs> dig it, baby. <laughs> uh, so, so let's talk a little bit uh, about the event. We got a couple new iPads. We got new Apple Watch iPhone 13 lineup, uh, which went for pre-order this morning. So I did that before yeah. coming down to the studio. Yeah. Uh, what sort of your, so you, your takeaway? Which color did you get? Did you already tell? Uh, yeah, uh, I went with Sierra Blue. My wife ah, talked me man, into, into you're being... You're crazy, man. You're crazy, she, man. She talked me into it. She said, look, Stephen, right. you got this jacket that you wear all the time. And, yeah, sure. you know, you're a new person, so... It's going to go good with that jacket. It is going to, I'm never going to wear this jacket again after today. Just like it's, it's going to hang in the back of my closet for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, so, so what, uh, what do you think about this event? What's your kind of takeaway? I, you know, I feel like, uh, Apple is continuing to make excellent iPhones. I mean, you know, the, uh, I was reading some of the, 
the folks saying, well, you know, they didn't, you know, revolutionize enough this year. But the, the iPhone is a great product and it got better this year. Um, I, I Because California, Disneyland, my wife and I go there at least once a week. And I'm really excited about this new cinematic video feature. I think it's going to be something we use a lot. And, um, you know, I was surprised that we got iPads. Um, I guess my biggest disappointment is I am so eager to see that new MacBook Pro. And, uh, you know, part yeah. of me was hoping maybe we'd get that, but we didn't. But that's okay. Um, I think uh, Apple is doing remarkable work given what's going on in the world right now. Yeah, I was thinking about that uh, after the event. You know, we don't, we don't really have a good insight into how long these things take but you you have to imagine that at some point the the pandemic is is affecting the products they're putting out whether it be sure. today or maybe you know it could even be a year from now or two years from now it may be a delayed effect it, yeah. it does seem like apple is weathering the current chip shortage situation better than other companies but uh even that may you know catch up with them at some point it's just a very interesting time to, to follow this industry it's it's so interesting. You know, Apple as a company is so interesting to me because um, my parents grew up in the depression, and it like changed the way they thought about money and life. Uh, and you saw it throughout their life. And I feel like uh, Apple going through you know that period in the '90s where they were almost on the chopping block every other week. I feel like it put like this. It's there's a mentality at Apple, and that's the reason why they have so much money, and the reason why they buy. You know, they're so obsessed with controlling the whole widget themselves and, and even the fact that they went and like bought up all the the world chips you know uh and as a result are weathering the storm better than a lot of other folks i mean mm -hmm. that's not something new i remember back in the days of the ipod how you would read that apple bought all of the um solid state storage in the world yeah, at one point I remember that. you know yeah so you know that that's just the kind of the way they think and that's been good for them and they've been able to uh, leverage that so far so yeah yeah i remember that story you know it was when they moved to the you know the ipod nano and those things and they yeah I think they even had like a press release or something like, yes, we have bought, you know, this amount of NAND yeah. flash and, and people in the industry were like, that's all of it. Like there is no more yeah. NAND flash. And, yeah. you know, I, I do think you're right. Apple has that sort of baked into them. And in some ways that's a, a good thing. But I think the longer we get from that period of 1995, 96, yeah. uh, I think there's also a lot of negative side effects sure. to it as well. It, and I don't know. I think it also de defines some of their squirrely behavior too, you know, like the way I, I like, I don't agree with some of the stuff they're doing with developers and, yeah. and, you know, some of the stuff going on, I feel like that a lot of that kind of stems back to this, you know, depression era concern of we have to protect the company at all costs. And right. I do think that does have an impact, you know, on the company culture and, and how decisions are made. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, the, the App Store has been so interesting to follow the last uh, couple of weeks, really. We've had this, uh, we had this settlement in the U.S., and then they were working with a, a trade commission in Japan, and then the yeah. court case with Epic. And none of this is easy or simple. None of it's going to be sorted out in the next 90 days, right? It's going to take a long time to... Yeah. to untangle it. But if you, oh, yeah. this, this is a question you ask our guests on MPU, so I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Uh, if you had, you know, if you were in charge, you had Tim Cook's ear, he's going to do what you say, uh, particularly about the App Store. 
what, you know, what would your position be? What would you do differently or would you do anything differently? I would look at the big picture, which I don't think they're doing. And uh, I think that uh, regulation, in my experience, regulators don't really want to be regulating. They don't want to be mixed up in all that. They can avoid it. And I think the way you avoid it is a question, and I, I use this when I talk to my legal clients, it's the F word, fairness. You know, Look for a way to be fair with the people mm-hmm. you work with. If you, And I, I just think there is a fairness imbalance right now with a lot of the developers in particular. And I think they just need to take a step back and say, what can we do that's fair? And they yeah. do it all the time. I mean, you look at like when we had the antenna gate, I mean, they gave everybody a case. They're like, let's mm-hmm. be fair, give them a case, you know, or I mean, if you look in Apple's history, they've done it many times where they got out on the ledge and then they realized it and they walked back. And sure, I don't know why they haven't done it yet. I, I hope they do. But if, if I was in that that office, first of all, I would get fired in like 30 minutes because <laughs> Uh, the other stuff I'd be telling him to do isn't probably in the company's best interest. But the um, but I, I think, you know, let's stop and look at these relationships from a tone of fairness. I mean, they clearly rely on these developers. And yeah. uh, let's find a way to make everybody rich, you know, because that is possible with this model. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much money that flows through the app yeah. store economy. It's It's astounding. I mean especially for something that hasn't been around really all that long. The app store launched yeah. in the summer of 08. That's yeah. not <laughs> that many years really. And, uh, or, but at the same time, as it's grown and changed, Apple has been unwilling or unable to change its policies around a lot of these things. Uh, you know, so well, I mean, much of the app store model came from iTunes, you know, and that's sort of the old world thinking. And I, I don't think a lot of that really fits anymore. Yeah, and I also really think that it's just a, you know, when when push comes to shove, they they are doing this out of a sense of momentum more than fairness. And right now, it is still within Apple's control. I mean, you know, right now, Apple can be the one that makes the policy choices and say this is what we're doing. Uh, but if the governments start getting more involved, and if they start dropping down regulations that say you are legally not allowed to do this anymore. It is no longer Apple's decision. This has right. been, you know, they've, they've given up control of their, of their business model at that point. And that's terrible, you know, and it's probably going to be way worse what happens to them if they let that happen. But um, so I hope that they, they are taking that seriously. And, um, and, but, you know, honestly, what I really want them to do is not be worried about regulation or getting, you know, their business model pulled out from underneath them, but just like, hey, you know what? Let's just be fair to people. That's what Apple, that's what I've always known the company for. And um, that's in my heart what I want them to be thinking. And and I hope they are. Yeah. Spoken like a true Californian, my friend. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> Woo! Uh, well, David, thank you for uh, joining us in the podcast-a-thon. Uh, People can hear you all over the place on Relay FM. What do you have? Uh, what do you have coming up? Uh, Monday, I'm releasing the new Devon Think Field Guide. I've been working awesome. on it for four months, so check that out. Go to learn.maxsparky.com. But more importantly, give some money to St. Jude. I mean, yep. I can't believe how you guys are crushing it with these numbers. But uh, the, the people I would like to talk to real quick before I leave are just the people who haven't been able because of the pandemic or whatever. You can't give a big 
contribution. I know you guys have been calling out all day these people giving these super generous contributions, but there are people out there that just can't afford it. But you know what? If if all of those people gave five dollars, we would hit that goal, that next goal easily, you know. And um so I'm hoping that folks out there that can't even give a lot, just give a little. It really does feel great and it feels a lot better than buying a Starbucks. So, you know, sign up, give a few bucks. Absolutely. Well, David, thank you. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, I will speak to you soon, my friend. Hang loose, bro. (laughs) All right. We are at $465,400 for the kids of St. Jude. That money goes to fund research and treatment and pay for travel and food for these families who are dealing with a cancer diagnosis uh, with their children. And that is a, a really scary, trying thing. I know it certainly was for my family. And this support means that those families can focus on what's important and not worry about receiving a bill from the hospital that's treating their child. So uh, please, I echo what David said, uh, please give stjude.org slash relay. $465,000 was the next stop on the, the mustache hype train. So if we can bring uh, Mike back in, I will get rid of the chops and uh, we will go from there in our last 30 minutes of the podcast-a-thon. Hey, buddy. Mike, we can't hear you, bud. The balloon, the balloon ate, ate the audio. I was muted. I was muted not any longer. Hello, everyone. Mike here, surrounded by balloons. It's looking uh, good, thank man. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this whole time, this whole evening, afternoon, whatever it is for you. We greatly appreciate your support <laughs> uh, and your money, which goes to help the wonderful work of St. Jude. Stephen, I think you need to go and uh, shave your biker mustache off, right? Yes, I'm going to go do that, and then... Uh, All right. We're going to have a party. Sounds good to me. Okay, I can stand up again now. So I want to call out some people that have made some donations recently. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Josh. Thank you to Ben and Chloe. Thank you to Jared and Jacqueline and Aaron, TJ, everyone. No matter, as David was saying, no matter how much you were able to give, it doesn't matter. But we seriously, seriously thank you all. For everything that you've done today, whether you have donated, even if you've just been watching, or if you shared this with some people, maybe you've been sharing it on Twitter, maybe you've made some gifts. I'd like to thank Bolero for, is that like the dance? Incredible. $500. Adam for $101. Seriously, everyone, thank you so much. I hope that you have enjoyed the podcast-a-thon, the third annual podcast-a-thon to support St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. This has obviously been the biggest, the longest uh, that we have done so far. Uh, you'll see now in the corner here, save or shave. So as you donate, every dollar that you donate counts as one vote. And you have to choose this when you're going to donate. And, the, and that will basically mean whether Stephen has to shave or save his mustache. So I think we'll run that poll probably for the next day or so, maybe. Maybe we'll cut it off today. We'll see how Stephen feels when he comes back. But this will make the deciding factor as to whether Stephen 
will live out his September dream as he has every single year of a incredible, just luscious mustache. I think everyone in his family hates it, but he loves it. So give Stephen that ability to have an excuse to have the mustache that he truly wants. We have just passed $467,000 raised for the kids of St. Jude. It is a truly astounding number that we've been able to reach here together today. I think that's nearly, I think it's nearly $100,000 raised, which is just incredible uh, in just one day for the kids of St. Jude, adding to our overall total is astounding and so we you know we really want to try and meet that half a million now uh by the end of september and i know that as a, a gang as a group uh we can do it here over at relay fm but we still have more wheels to spin because as those donations keep coming in uh it keeps adding on to our wheel of adventure and board of peril spins and drops so we'll have more of those coming up uh really shortly uh, we are, I've just been told that we're $6,000 away from having raised $100,000 over the last eight hours. Uh, and so we'll see if we're able to reach that together today. But as we said before, we're going to be having more streams and events running throughout September. Uh, one stream that we're going to be doing, which it was unlocked when we hit our previous goal, is Stephen is going to be teaching me how to break open repair and replace the guts of a classic ipod i have a video ipod and we're going to put a new battery and an ssd in it and uh, no i think it's an sd card in it but that's going to be something that i've got going on steve thank, thank you. you so much for the 500 donation there so that's one thing we're doing uh we are hoping that before the end of september as well Stephen will be taking delivery of a Keychron keyboard, and I'm going to be returning the favor and helping him build that. And then I'm going to build one on the same stream that will be uh, sent to Jason Snell. So lots of uh, Relay family keyboard activities there as well. And uh, I know that Stephen's working on some other streams that he's going to be doing as well uh, with some other Relay FM hosts as we round out the month, because we really want to make sure that we are continuing to thank you with additional content uh, as we're asking you to continue to donate throughout the rest of the month. So we, uh, we really, really appreciate that. Um, you know, this has been, uh, we've now hit $468,000. That makes us 94% towards our goal now of half a million dollars. So thank you so much to everyone who continues to donate. This really means so much. Now, one of the passionate ones there is $101, like the $1 thing in honor of our friend, Casey Liss. Uh, but yeah, thank you again. Like I, I just don't have enough thank yous to give uh, as I'm just watching this donation count. I just tick up now. Again, it, it really does mean the absolute world to us that you will come along on this incredible journey with us every single year. Uh, and giving your money towards such an incredible and worthy cause. Uh, you know, we we want to support and we choose to support St. Jude because it means so much to us and does so so much good. Um, and we're able to give a little bit back and we hope uh, that you join us in doing that as well. Uh, I believe that Mr. Mustache uh, has returned to his desk. Uh, I will, uh, I'm going to descend now and allow Stephen to have his moment. Thank you. Beautiful. Look at it. Wow. Joe, Joe has donated, donated $500. <laughs>
Oh, Joe, that's Timery Joe. My favorite app, Timery. Uh, I don't hear Steven at the moment. Has Steven turned his microphone off again? I don't know why you would say that. Yeah. You're a professional, right? You know what? I need judgment from y'all. You ready? Wow. Save okay. is currently in the lead, which is good because the moustache should always stay. I think it should be a permanent save, but that's, that seems to not be how it works. I think Steven looks great with a moustache. But... Thank you. You ready for this? I'm ready for this. Okay. Here we go. We got some wheels to pay out. Here we go. Round and round. That is number, whoop, oh, we're, oh, hang on, 10. Number 10. What is 10? Is the that PC. PC Junior? Yeah. What a surprise that it landed on 10. I know, it's like it was meant to be. Really incredible how it lands on 10 okay. like that. So Here's often. the thing. Here's yeah. what I've been using all night. Baseball mm -hmm. bat. It's got some good nicks in it. It's got a crack yep. in it, I think, from when Rick hit it earlier. Um, There's a GIF. I think I think that was posted to the Relay FM Twitter account, yeah. which I recommend everybody just like you know uses yeah. forever because that is very good. Uh, but Stephen, we've thing. hit four hundred and sixty-nine thousand. Oh, that's really cool. Thank you all so really much. Nice. Four hundred sixty-nine thousand at four hundred and seventy-five thousand. That's very menacing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> four hundred seventy-five thousand. Uh, the second game what is it called bald bald or dash bald or dash bald or dash bald or dash will uh be published but you know this is a youtube channel this is wimpy yeah i'm definitely gonna need safety goggles for this though because i have a second option Oh my God! Here it is. Uh, thank you, you. eleven hundred dollars from Anonymous. Thank you, uh, Anonymous. Uh, oh God, I don't like this. I think or, I'm gonna need safety. Goggles. I think Mike's gonna be. It's an eight-pound sledgehammer. They're running around hiding, hiding you know equipment behind panels. Here you go. I don't like this. That would be fine. Okay. I would just like to state for the record, Stephen always wanted to use the sledgehammer constantly from the beginning, and I was really against it. So he appeased me with a baseball bat. Uh, he didn't tell me he was also bringing the... Uh... Oh, this is very good. $100 from His Majesty Jinglebeard, the Consolidated Chairman. <laughs> All right. Oh, God, here we go. I need to get closer so I can see this. Oh, this is so scary. Here he goes. Walkman. <laughs> Look at him with his moustache and his sledgehammer. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh! <laughs> Therefore proving why you had to have the baseball bat before the sledgehammer, because the sledgehammer ends PC Jr. completely in one shot. Oh, he's going in for another one, I think. Yeah, he's going in for another one. Please be careful. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, he's, he's racking it up. Oh, here we go. With the keyboard on top. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
I feel like a worried parent or something. <laughs> Joe, the computer's broken. <laughs> this is Joe repair. Joe PC repair. Here we go. Oh my god. I think I saw a piece fly towards the camera. Are we done now? I think that's it for PC Junior. Goodbye. This is a uh, series wrap for PC Junior. Poor PC Junior. We're at $470,000. I have a chair in here somewhere. We have about 20 minutes. We have about 20 minutes left until we're supposed to wrap this up. We would love. See how he said that again? Supposed to wrap this up? We would love to be close. 500,000. Oh, We'd love to be at 500,000. If you have not given stjude.org slash relay, it's the time. Do it. I'm sitting down. I'm trying to sit down. There we go. Okay. I'm going to spin the wheel again, okay? Go for it, buddy. It won't land on 10 again. Because, well, if, I mean, there's can, literally nothing but there's left to nothing do with left. that. <laughs> so if it lands on 10, it's an automatic respin. Ooh, this is pretty tough. Here we go. 11. Ooh, what's 11? Board of Peril. Okay. So you can see on your screen, each one of these numbers represents something that we don't want to do. And so we have to do it when the chip tells us to. Really, the chip has all the control in this situation. All the power. Unless the chip is forced into position. That has never happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, five. five. What is five? Onesie. Oh, man. Okay. We'll okay. get the onesies out. I think we should finish the show in the onesies. Oh, the onesie oh, for me. onesie for Steven? Excellent. That's brilliant. Because you've only worn yours once. Come on. Pika Pika! This is a dumb game. Pika Pika! $470,959. As we get Stephen Hackett-Chew up there. Oh. Thank all of these balloons. Also, your donations. This is the highest the balloon room has ever been. Look at it. Incredible. I would like to thank everyone for helping me once again live out a dream of mine to be surrounded by balloons. I don't know why I like this so much, but I do. So I appreciate it. If you can still even see me here. Look at Steven. Look at that. Look at look how graceful he is putting on his... He's got it backwards in the moment. It's just how little he knows about Pikachu. It's backwards. Oh, it is. Yeah, I know it's backwards. You don't have to tell me. I think Pikachu should put on the jacket and use that uh, to get going. Look at him go. Oh, he's laying it out. Oh, that makes it look like, like you know, like we know those like rugs for bear, like bear rugs, but just like a like a Pikachu one. I don't like that at all. That's very upsetting. I don't know why he's sitting down to put it on. 
Steven, I don't think you understand how to put a onesie on. I don't think this is going to help you at all, really, to just lay in it. But hey, whatever it takes for a man to very begrudgingly put on a uh, Pikachu onesie. As we pass $471,000, RIP PC Junior. Oh, Steven, come on. You can do it, buddy. You can do it. He's having a moment. This is Steven having a little bit of a... uh, I don't know what, the, what you would call it in America. We call it like a strop here. You know, like he's, he's a tantrum. There you go. He's having a tantrum. Which I imagine there's probably been quite a lot of tantrums in uh, Pikachu onesies throughout history. Feels like those things might go together pretty well. Tends to not be adults, though, I would expect. Come on, bud. This is taking you such a long time now. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> needed to hurry up. Yeah, I know. But if you weren't laying down for so long, we wouldn't have this problem. So gonna need you to speed. Gonna need you to speed this one up just a little bit. Why don't you spin the wheel and then continue itchy? buttoning? Why is it? Itchy? Well, I don't know. Probably it's probably full of the hair from your face that's been cut off. You know. Oh, my Apple Watch is going into power reserve mode. That's not a surprise, really, considering the time. Let's do this thing. All right. Do you think you can put the jacket on over that? No. Okay. (laughs) Okay, round and around it goes. It's coming around, coming around, number 13. Onto the board of peril. Will 13 be the unlucky number for us? Eight. Eight. What is that? Another TikTok challenge. Oh. That's four that a youth has to tell us how to do. Well, look forward to that coming your way. All right. I think you need to eat a bamboozle bean. I think maybe yeah. I need to do the Lego walk or hula hoop or something. Hula hoop. And, I'll and then I'm going to sit down and bean. have a chat with the people. All right. That sounds great. I'm going to eat a bamboozle bean. Okay. And you know, you want to spin it for me and then just pass me the one? I'm going to hula hoop with the Pikachu outfit. Oh, look at you. Look how beautiful you are on the camera there. Anybody oh, know the sign? Where did it go? Birthday cake or dirty dishwater is what we're at now. Thank you. Okay, here it goes. Oh. Oh, it tastes like bad soap. Right? I guess that's the dirty dishwater part. Ooh, it's rough. Ooh. I'll give Stephen, I'm being told to just give Stephen a compliment, which I can do. All of this stuff, uh, I show up and uh, do what I got to do, but it only happens because Stephen makes it happen. Are you listening to me right now? Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, I'm going to assume you can hear me. Uh, Stephen's organizational skills are bar none. When he decides he wants something to happen, he makes it happen. 
because that's just what he does. And uh, it's one of the reasons that we work so well together because I don't really have organizational skills and he has all of them. And <laughs> he completes me. Steven, you complete me. There you go. Look at him. Look at that. Look at that Pikachu running away with a hula hoop around him. What are we doing? What is this? I hope that you've enjoyed it, everybody. Oh, 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 he's doing it. You did it. See, you did get better at it. Oh, that's so good, bud. The power of the Pikachu. Exactly. You, that was electrifying. Wow. Oh, dear. Well, Apologize you had one moment of glory the, before the you destroyed everything. All sack, I just broke a microphone. bad okay god it's so hot in this thing uh we're at four hundred and seventy one thousand nine hundred and thirty one dollars it is uh 650 central time so we got 10 minutes left and uh I've, i realized a moment ago when i was easy <laughs> like pulling a cable and there's stuff like ooching across the floor uh I realized earlier that I haven't really told my story. Uh, we've kind of talked around it a little bit today, uh, but I'd like to, to maybe end with that and why we do this. And uh, we talked about some of this uh, with Rick when he was here earlier. Uh, but we have been, my, my wife and I have been part of St. Jude community for uh, going on 12 years now. And when we were much younger uh first married we had our first son and when he was six months old he was diagnosed with a brain tumor uh we had a pediatrician checkup and this is how this is how it often goes uh, it often starts with a concern or a pediatrician or a nurse noticing and that was the case for us our pediatrician had some concerns and within a couple of days we were um at the local children's hospital that uh uh really facing down some pretty scary conversation uh conversations like you know we don't know what this is it's really big on the mri we don't know what really what we're facing but he needs surgery and that was uh mother's day weekend it was my wife's first mother's day and um that sucked there's no way around it um they had surgery on a monday and uh, a few days later, you know, word came back officially that it was cancer. And we uh, were told that we would be treated at St. Jude. Now, I'm from Memphis, born and raised. I live, you know, 15 minutes from the house I grew up in. And, and so St. Jude has always been in my backyard. It's always been in uh, sort of the background for me my whole life. But until you need it, you don't, you can't really understand what it's like. Uh, and we, that's something that we're actively trying to change through campaigns like this. And I know, I know so many great people uh, at St. Jude and Allsack who are working really hard to change that, to, to show what it means to be at St. Jude through media, through events like this, through events that are much better than this. Um, 
but it is uh it's it's just a special place you know rick and i talked about that uh, earlier in our interview we didn't know what it was going to entail though and um like mike very graciously said i'm a an organizer i'm a planner uh, i want to know what's coming and this was the ultimate you can't see it coming situation you you can't you can't see something like this coming down the pike uh, you know sometimes in life you can see something coming you can see the train light the distance you can hear its horn this was getting hit by a train out of nowhere out of the clear blue sky and we didn't know what it was going to mean to transition from the children's hospital to saint jude and we tried calling and getting in touch with people we got a call back from someone here and they said you know we already know all about your son we know all about his case and your family and uh we're ready for you and when uh when everyone's ready you'll come over and we'll get started and what that Thank you. meant was when we showed up on day one you know, and, and i guess this would have been late may 2009 it meant that we were not only stepping into a hospital uh, we were stepping into a new life and uh, without this journey i would not be um, who i am today i would not be the, the man i am the father i am without uh, the blessing that i've been shown here because when we came to saint jude all of that was true that was left on our voicemail they knew all about him they had all of his information but they also knew what they were going to do uh, they had a plan our son had 18 rounds of chemotherapy. Uh, you can see some pictures of him on screen now. And um, when you've got a seven-month-old and they're saying, yeah, you're going to do a year and a half of chemotherapy, it's scary. And they walked with us through this. Uh, our medical team, some of which are still here and some aren't, uh, they really partnered with us in his care. We've all, I'm sure, had experiences with doctors that are less than stellar. I've never had that case here. Uh, our medical team was unbelievably kind and gracious to our entire, not just our son. They weren't just concerned about his chemotherapy and his tumor. They were concerned about him as a, as a whole person and our family as a whole family. And it's not the case everywhere, y'all. It's just not. It should be but it's not. And I could tell you a hundred stories of different ways that that manifested, but I'll, I'll share one. I'm not sure I've ever shared this before and um, hopefully it's okay with my spouse that I am. But uh, when our second child came along, uh, Josiah was still in treatment and we told our oncologist that we were having a little girl, uh, Josiah's little sister. And what he he congratulated us, but then he says something to me that I didn't know I needed to hear, but he knew that it needed to be said. And he said, you don't have to worry about this with your daughter. I wasn't even fully conscious of the fact that I was concerned that lightning would strike my family twice, but I was. And as soon as he said it, it was the relief that I didn't know I needed. And, and from that point on, we really had 
uh, sort of a, a, a renewed relationship with our doctor and our team. And it, it means everything to us. Uh, today, our son is getting ready to be 13 here in just a few weeks. Uh, he's at a fantastic school. He has friends. He loves music. He loves dancing. He loves pizza. He's a, he's a 12-year-old that you want to hang out with. And that was never promised to us. You know, in those really scary conversations in the early days, and I've, I've written some about this on 512. You can go find it. Really scary things were laid out. In things that I can't even really repeat because it was no family should ever hear it uh, about the dangers that were in front of us with this diagnosis. And he's here, and it's because of St. Jude. And that's why we do this. That's why I'm dressed in this ridiculous Pikachu suit and why Mike is standing in a room of bouncy balls. Okay, I smashed the PC Juniors because I wanted to. That's not for kids. That was for me. But we we do this not just for my son, but for the thousands of kids that come through those doors. You know, the hospital's right across the for all those families and all of those kids that come through the door, that's who we do it. I've gotten to know a lot of them over the years. Uh, because we're a local Memphis family and most St. Jude families aren't, we've gotten to meet just tons of families. Got to know a lot of kids with, with brain tumors and with chemia and bone cancer and all these different things that St. Jude treats. And they're, to the final one, amazing people. Kids that go through this are special. Families that go through this are special, and it's an honor to serve them by doing our ridiculous stuff like we did for eight hours. You know, we're not doing this because I'm not doing this because I have a, a debt to pay. I'm not doing this because I feel guilty. I do this because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to support work like, and I can't do anything. It's the decision that we have to make do this together. So that's why we do this. That's why we talk about St. Jude every September. Um, that's why we do these ridiculous things. And that's why we ask you to give. That's why Mike and I give. And that's why our friends give. Because this is a place unlike any other. I've had the opportunity, Mike's had the opportunity to travel a lot through, the, through this job. And I'm telling you, there's no place that has something like St. Jude. It just doesn't exist. It's one of a kind. And it's only possible because all of us get and so that's what we're asking you to do. Uh, that's why we do this. And, and yeah, I'll get off my soapbox now, but thank you all for uh, supporting this campaign. We've talked about this before. It takes months of planning. Uh, I'm sure that somewhere in the back of our producer's mind, she's already wondering when our first meeting for next year will be. Uh, I need a little time off from this. So, you know, give me a few weeks and we can get back into it. But, um, it's just, it's just the right thing to do. So that's why we do it. Um, and maybe we can bring Mike back in and we can wrap this up. But I wanted to share that because I, I kind of realized throughout the day today, uh, between the fun events and everything we've been doing, that uh, I hadn't had the serious talk yet. So I thought we could end on a real upper. Uh, maybe we'll spin the wheel one more time. <laughs> um, and so anyways, that's where we are. Um, and uh, Mike, hello. How are you? Hi. Let me just add... Uh, are you going to tell a joke? Because that's really not the mood at the moment. No, there's no jokes. Okay, that's good. 
there's no jokes here. Uh, okay. I am jingling a lot, but ignore that. It's serious. Like, one, thank you for sharing all of that, because it's important. When we do an event like this, <laughs> you may hear us talking about and saying the kinds of things that lots of people say for charity fundraisers, right? Like, we, we talk and we ask you to give and we tell you why the place that you're donating to is special and it's great. But we choose this charity for a, but we chose this charity for one reason. And it's because of the personal connection that you have and I have through you and your family to St. Jude. Like, there are many incredible charities in the world. We choose this one because we are personally attached to it. And we have all seen firsthand not just the work that they do for and have done for Josiah, but for your entire family and the life that they have been able to have you all experience together. Like, that's why it was just so easy for us years ago to start every month, every September, every year saying, hey, you know, like at first, I think it was like you were doing the marathon, right? And we were just like, hey, give the, let me, let yep. me explain, let's, let's explain to you why you should give money to St. Jude and we talk about it and now we're here. And we do all this stuff and we try and make this entertaining and we really want people to come by and have a good time. And I, I also see it now as like, this is like a thank you that me and Steven get to put on for the money that we receive. Uh, but ultimately we do this all, the whole thing, because of Josiah. Like I freaking love that kid. You know, and I miss him so much because I've been around in his life for like half of it, I think. Yeah. And, At least. you know, I, I, he's just the happiest kid. And I, you know, I, it warms my heart and breaks my heart at the same time because everything he has, he has been through more, more in his life than I have in mine. And he is just, happy and i know that so much of that comes from the fact that he had the best care and you know and, and so that's why we want we will continue raising money for this incredible institution for as long as we possibly can and as we have hit four hundred seventy-five thousand dollars and over one hundred thousand dollars raised today we can only thank you yeah, that's right. And I think that we're going to let y'all go. Before we do, I want to thank the crew at AllSAC who has been with us uh, all day and all day yesterday and part of the yep. day before uh, yep. putting the, the finishing touches to this. So for all of y'all, um, from the bottom of Mike and I's heart, thank you for, uh, for your support of what we're doing. Uh, I deeply apologize for the property damage. We'll, we'll deal with that after we hang up. Mm -hmm. um, but we are going to still do this throughout the rest of the month. We've hit $475,000. So we have our we have our, our next events uh, queued up. Keep an eye on the Twitter account and the Discord everywhere. We've got some more stuff coming. Um, and we are going to continue to raise money through the end of the month to hit that half million dollars. Thank you, dollars. Jason Lynch, for $500. Thank you, Jason. Um someone's we all have these 
What mm-hmm. I'm a little afraid of, there's just one of me, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven other people in the room, and I don't want to say they're aimed at me, but they're not not aimed at me. Um, you know. Don't shoot them at your pro display. That's what I learned the other day. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to fire these off in celebration of everything that the the Relay FM family has done. It's not me and Mike. It's the whole network. It's the whole listenership. Thank you all. And... Um, We'll see you soon. Ready? All right. Three, two, one, go. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. We did it. We got to 479. Yeah. Well, oh, are we still streaming? We should probably cut it. Yeah. yeah.